Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I want people to believe in me, and I want people to believe me when they taste my beer. That's what it's about. You mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his tongue up the bung? (laughs) I'd like to actually scoop up the yeast Uh and look at it. 7 o'clock came real early that next morning. Yeah, man. Thanks for dumbing that down for us. You did an awesome job. It's all about food and beer. Punch me in the junk. Man, that thing was thick. The point is just beat it like it's your dick. I like to smell it (laughs) afterwards. Are you being sarcastic right now? No. Bring your body armor. I ran into my jungle once on a ball valve on a kettle. That's a true happy now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Session. I'm in a good mood today, Warren. I'm excited for today. Why? Uh, well, I'm alive. Yeah, what makes that usually isn't enough. Both feet hit the floor when I woke up. And no, it usually <laughs> isn't. Uh, but we have a, uh, a, a really awesome uh, brewer and brewery in on the show. Yes, tonight. we do. We have uh, um, uh, Jace Marty from uh, August Shell Brewing in Minnesota. I'm, I'm very excited. You sound very excited. I'm I'm kind of a fanboy of this brewery. I can tell you're excited because your voice stays the exact same pitch the entire way through the words. The less it changes, the more excited I am. <laughs> is that how it goes? Yeah. So when you're bored, you're like, yes! Oh, oh this I is so this. great. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this about you. Yeah. Jace, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. I'm glad to be on. And you you flew out here for this thing, and I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of my good friends lives out here, so I took a couple extra days and uh, seeing the sights and visited a bunch of breweries. What did you you hit? Uh, I was at Rare Barrel, Fraction, um, Cellar Maker. Uh, what was the other field work? Field work. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Went and visit Anchor. That was the first one. First oh, you stop. did it. Yeah. Oh, Anchor was sweet. That was really cool. Man. Now, now, so your brewery, August Shell Brewing, is uh, is what's the second oldest 
Second oldest family-owned brewery. Second oldest family-owned brewery. Yep. How long have you guys been brewing? There? 1860. 1860. So for you to walk into Anchor Steam, who, you know, <laughs> and I think I was telling you at uh, at HomebrewCon, it was like, you know, when we walk into Anchor Steam, it's kind of like, oh, wow, it's this history, right? You can see it on the walls. Like, the, the concrete is worn out from the washing. Like, yeah. We think that. But... That, I mean, that predates Anchor by yeah. 100 years. He goes in, look at these new kids on the block. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You How, rascals. Yeah. Is it still kind of like, cool for you? Or yeah. I mean, they like get that, that, that brew house, that copper, the full, you know, three-vessel copper brew house is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, we retired our copper kettle 10 years ago, so, I mean, okay. they're, they're still using them. Uh, yeah. So, they definitely have that. Um, no, but, I mean, just seeing that some of the things, they're super traditional. Those open fermenters are amazing. <laughs> they really and, are, dude. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's weird is they're, they're extra clinical, too. It's just, here's a here's a room with fermenters, and that's it. Yeah. And I feel like if a modern-day brewery was putting that in, it would be, you know, reclaimed, you know, like, <laughs> wood from fucking whatever, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would be kind of some kitschy thing and uh and i think anchors is like you could either be in in some like biotech lab or a brewery or whatever it just it's very weird with like the lime green walls and like the off-white you know walls inside and just they don't care they're making beer and they've got the the white jumpsuits yeah (laughs) Yeah. those are amazing yeah Yeah. i don't know if i'd want to work in those every day but (laughs) well san francisco doesn't get too hot that's true i wouldn't want to wash them every day though oh you think they wash them (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it's part of the magic of Anchor's team. Yeah. The, the, the seller guys stay in the room. <laughs> That's right. That they, they live work there, in. actually. Yeah. yeah. That's the solution to the homeless problem. Bring everybody <laughs> in and position. Your, no, I don't know. Uh, well, that's cool. You got to see Anchor. That's, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was sweet. Yeah, you're going to go back home and be like, these guys, listen to these guys. <laughs> don't <laughs> believe what they do. Well, the craft brewery. I, okay, cool. Whatever. No, no, no. Anyway. No, yeah. nothing about respect. No, no, no. You wouldn't no, believe no, how they log are out there. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is uh, I don't know, man. It's interesting going to these breweries because, you know, as as Americans, we don't have that much history when compared to the rest of the world, right? So we're kind of like in our own little bubble mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of what has happened in our you know, timelines, mm-hmm. right? And beer obviously is one of them. So uh, it's cool to see these people that have been open longer than I don't know twenty years. I guess yeah. <laughs> I think that's our that's our you know historical benchmark of oh you're old dude twenty uh-huh. years that's a long fucking time man. Uh, before we get too far afield though, I do want to thank more beer. Our title sponsor of this show, our good handsome, good looking friends, except that one dude. That one dude needs like a rhinoplasty or something. Hmm, just one? I'm not going to mention names. Oh, okay. Warren, so don't, you know. No. I yeah. mean, Dave's nose is fine. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, go to morebeer.com and get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home. I'm going to uh, be meeting with Olin here in a couple of weeks about uh, talking about some new stuff that they're coming out with, man, on uh, on the more beer side. Um, it's a, they're, they're, I don't know, man. They're just innovating left and right. And I got a fucking fly in my beer. Get out of here. Drink it. Think I should? Yeah. It's protein. I don't think you can. Knowing you, <laughs> what does that mean? I'd be afraid that it was like gonna you, fly you might, out. Even if you got it down, it wouldn't stay there. No, and no, probably wouldn't. <laughs> no. I wonder if you got it down and if you burped, fly out. If it would fly out, because that would be that would creep me out and would be kind of amazing at the same time. If you were able to burp out um, a fruit fly that you felt that you swallowed, spider maybe. But sticking back up, sticking your dirty finger in your beer makes it worse. 
than if you just left the fly in My there. My finger's pristine, dude. I actually, look, being in the studio for as long as we have and the fruit fly problem that we have here, mm-hmm. I don't touch anything with this index finger. Just that one? Just this it, one. It's dark, only dark. for removing flies? It's only for removing flies, yeah. Oh, okay. So I type with like three fingers in my, you know, and, oh, and, then, all right. and then my 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 right hand. Then that is a good idea. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we do have a good show for you guys today. I'm, I'm very excited. Jace brought a bunch of beers out, um, including uh, a new project you guys are working on, our Berliner Weiss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've been uh, something we've been doing for five years now. Uh, oh, we man. just opened our new sour brewery um, this winter. So, yeah, pretty excited about that. And you did a talk at HomebrewCon. Yep. About Berliner Weiss. I did. And uh, that, that beer is... Man, those beers are good. <laughs> those beers are good. So I'm, I'm excited that we can get, we can get you this close to to HomebrewCon. You came out here for it, and uh, you know, being in the studio always helps out. So yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. We're also going to do a little beer news tonight, and uh, you know, just to tease it, I'm sure everyone's heard um, the flying dog pulling out of the Brewers Association debacle. There are some raging bitches out there. There are some. Ra- hey, that is not cool. TM. TM. That's right. <laughs> Have you read about the stock? Yeah, I've seen it too. Okay, good. We're going to uh, we're going to talk about that a little exploit bit. Exploit it. We're going to exploit it and you know right. just talk about it and argue about it like the good old days. I feel like <laughs> the uh, but, good old days. Yeah, I have a feeling that everyone here is going to have the same opinion though. Hmm. I don't know or no opinion. Or I no disagree. Opinion. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Uh, Nate Smith is slated to join us today, too. Whoa. Yeah. I told him we have a bona fide lager brewery coming in. He's like, I got to be there. I guess I'll drive up. <laughs> I got to be there. So uh, he'll be here a little bit. He's a little late, but, uh, you know, it's fine. The Silver Fox can be late, you know? What it's, are you going to do? Yeah. It's hot out there. He's also from Minnesota. That's right. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's coming. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's why. Maybe Jace owes him money. Oh. <laughs> maybe that's why he's coming. Got some debts to pay. Yeah. You ever ran into a Nate Smith or a Nathan Smith out there? Nope. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> never seen him. Never heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him. Long dude. blonde hair. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Death, death metal Nathan. Death metal Nathan, <laughs> man. Um, just real quick. So before the, the shows kind of start, every once in a while I'll play like terrible rap music. I, I really like it. It's called Trap. Oh, I know. I'm here. Yeah. And it is terrible. Okay. Um, so I was reading this article from, uh, let me see where, I think it was SF Weekly. Uh, let me scroll to find it. Yeah, it's sfweekly.com, and it's called, it's entitled Trap House. <laughs> it's about, it's about um, Shimei. It's about Trappist Breweries. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, God damn, that's good marketing. So it wasn't about rap music at all. No, it's it? about fucking Trappists. Hmm. Trappist monks in the monasteries and beers and how Chimay is, the quote, the finest beer to come out of Belgium, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it's really good. Sure. It's fine. Yeah. It's made by monks. Not it's really. Monks. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. That's the new frontier for craft beer. It's trap. Misleading article titles. <laughs> I just thought it was really great. I was like, wow, I feel like uh, legitimized now. Like my two worlds are colliding, beer and, and trap. Oh, so you're a part of the trap music world. Yeah. Warren? Oh, I mean, you don't seem like the normal uh First of all, person. hold on, hold on, because you're about to get really racist right now. I can feel it. I can feel what? it. From the whitest guy in the room. Yeah, the normal person, the the normal trap beat. Come on, Warren, you're better than this. Well, I mean, you're just really Greek. <laughs> <laughs> to be listening to that music. Just because you don't say he's really white doesn't mean it's not racist. Still. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding, Warren. And he's old, too. Wow, I'm 39. I'm not old. You're approaching. I'm approaching old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on a cruise for my 40th birthday, Doc. Oh, yeah? Disney yeah. cruise? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I asked the first time. <laughs> no, but I bought it from Costco, so I feel like I should be 60, because when you start buying travel <laughs> packages from Costco... I feel like you're you're an old person. Was it a bundle with a washing machine and a coffin? <laughs> it should have been. And solar panels. And solar panels. I did have to buy ten cruises, though. Where are you going? So, oh, that's not bad. Um, Do you have ten friends? No, I don't have ten friends. Uh, where the fuck am I? Casa... De... Cozumel. No. You're not going to Cozumel? No. Casa Nuestra? No. Ca- um, that's a it's not even a thing. Cabo San Lucas. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. So, Mexico. Yeah. So Mexico. Right, that's what I said. Yeah. Mexico. Okay. You'll like it. Are you getting off the boat? Yeah. It's like two days. So you get off the boat, and then you hang out for like eight hours, and then you get back on the boat so they can leave, and then open the casinos, and then okay. take, take more of your money, and then they come back, and then let you off the boat, and then you leave, and then you go home. Only two days? Yeah. You didn't win uh, when we went on the uh, Labruski cruise? I, I think I was ahead... I don't know that. I think I was ahead. No, what, what? we were all ahead, and then yeah. we pumped all of our money back yes. into that vending machine. That's what happened. Oh, see, I didn't do that part. I yeah. I, I cleaned the house. It got drunk out, so I don't remember. <laughs> I cleaned house at the poker table right. and then didn't put all that money into the vending machine. Well, you didn't have clearly as much fun as Beverly and I did. You sure didn't. I watched you guys, and that was fun. Remember when Natalie face-planted onto the glass? No. Oh, we were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when they unplugged the machine. They did. Yeah, they did do that. Hey, guys, you need to leave. Okay. <laughs> and I, I, see, I After the much. sixth time telling us you need to leave. Yeah, I forget what fucking show we talked about it on, but uh, I'm assuming it wasn't this one. And it was one of those machines where you put a quarter in, and it's like the, the rake, oh, right? The, or oh, the, yeah, the rake, pusher or rake whatever. pile of coins. And it pushes them out. And so you kind of like time it just right to add your coin to make the other ones fall off the thing. And they you know had like mean? wads of, tw- well, quote unquote, wads of 20s. They had a wad with a 20 in it. Well, no, it was a wad with a 20 wrapped around it, but everything inside were dollar bills. Oh. <laughs> False advertising. Sounds like you at least won one of those wads. Oh, we won several of those wads. Yeah. We probably spent 400 times more, but... It was good. <laughs> hey, at least you had fun. That's true. And then uh, I remember like distinctly putting money in, and the guy just came by and unplugged the thing. And it was like, my but my coin... Oh, shit. <laughs> they didn't yeah, get fucked. You're dude. cut off. There's Nate. What's going on, dude? What's up? Not much, man. You have to share with... uh, (laughs) We can hear you just fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You have to share with with Doc. Maybe maybe Doc can share with Tasty. Maybe all three you can share. I like sharing with Doc unless he has distilled things. Oh, yeah. That's true. Allegedly. Gets scary. (laughs) Allegedly, right. That's true. Theoretical distilled projects. For educational purposes. How you doing, Nate? I shouldn't ask you until you're near a microphone, but uh, I don't care. That was good, man. I'm doing all right. Yeah, you're doing good? Yeah, I went camping in Oakland the other day. Not like camping under the highway like you see. <laughs> yeah. You know, I haven't reached that level right. yet, but you can actually go camping in the in the parks <laughs> up in the hills in Oakland. There's Redwood Park went camping there for my friend's birthday the other day. It was pretty and sweet. And you won't get ran out? No, didn't get run out. I think maybe some people were scared of us, but that that's okay. <laughs> hmm. You don't seem like the camping type, but I think urban camping, as I'm just going to call it, no, no, no. Camping's great. I love yeah? it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a glamper? A glamper. Define. Like, like fancy camping. Glam camping. Oh, no, no, You're no, not no, roughing no. it. No, like the whole you... point is to be minimalist about it, right? Right. You know? well, well, not for some people. Bring good beer. That like, is 
Minimal. Cornerstone. You know, right. gotta, yeah. I gotta do that. Right. Yeah, if you're gonna be sitting out shivering in nature, you might as well be drunk. On good beer. Bring an yeah. acoustic guitar, pretend to play it, you know, all kind of stuff. Tell bad jokes, annoy your friends. Yeah. It's wonderful. Camping is awesome. Just strum we, should go, we should go sometime. We'd be on camping trip. I think that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. In, o- in Oakland. In Oakland. Because yeah. Oakland. Sure. you can go there. Because you can camp in Oakland. I had no idea. That. I didn't either. I was, like, kind of skeptical, actually, but it was pretty sweet. I, I think... would do it again. It was really hot, too. Like, on oh, God. Wow. And when it's hot in Oakland, it's, it's fucking way hot it's, out here, it's dude. It's kind of, like, co- closer to the... Um, to this side of the hill, the Concord side of the hill, the okay. Oakland side. Okay. So it was like beaten down. On you didn't have that protection. Like 100 degrees, you know. God. I'm too pasty white for that. I just have to go hide under a tree or something. I just melt. Yeah, you get yep. uh, you get stressed out. Yeah. You'd be like an animal. Out. You're like, uh, you need to crack the window for a Especially if you're a little hungover or something, you start freaking out. Like, you can't <laughs> hang. Like, you start dizzy and stuff. Oh, it's no good. Were you on a, were you on a lake? Isn't there a couple... Little lakes up there? There might be. No, we weren't near them. Oh, okay. No. Ur- Urine Lake and. Is <laughs> it more of a ditch? Fecal Mountain. No, that's downtown yeah. San Francisco. Don't mix it up <laughs> that's here. That's right. Yeah. I've always wanted to, to like learn how to strum sort of melodically on the on the guitar because the the acoustic guitar always sounds best when you're strumming and you're you're just like like about to play a song. You kind of just blah da Just make up chords. That's what Pink do- Floyd did. It worked out well. <clears throat> they, sound, they sound great. You know. It's called noodling. It's called noodling. Yeah. Isn't that catching fucking catfish with no, your? No, it's just noodling. Oh, that, that's too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just learned three chords and then say you play guitar. That's what I did. That's right. It, oh, it really? Oh, yeah. That yeah. works out great. Right. You know? A little side hustle. You for just you. pick three and play them over and over and over again. Great. No problem. <laughs> various intervals would be great. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, Nate. It's been a long time, dude. It's been a minute. Thanks. I miss all, and love all y'all. I expect at and least the audience as well. They're pretty good too. I expect at least ten questions from you today, tonight. I'll try to stay awake. At least. Okay, uh, let's do some uh, feedback. What do you think, Please. Doc? You still haven't emailed me the, the song, dude. I can't do feedback. Oh, I thought I tried and it didn't go through. I could try. It. All right, uh, His feedback dial-up didn't work. <laughs> feedback is brought to you today by the Beer Law Center. Go to beerlawcenter.com if you are having problems with a trademark, if you are opening a brewery or, or a winery or a distillery, or and you need help navigating that mountain of paperwork. Uh, Jace doesn't know about that because you know they were. I'm sure they were grandfathered in, right? I mean, they were. They probably hosted the uh, signing of the Declaration of Independence. For all I know, the TTV probably asked them. <laughs> so what do we, what do we need to regulate? You know, I, I actually I read uh, in, in their Wikipedia page that's exactly what happened. So if you have any problems or concerns about how the TTV regulates alcohol, uh-huh. it's. It's uh, Jace's family's fault. Oh. The head office in New Orleans, okay. Minnesota. They, yeah, they, they actually, they actually do trainings at Herbury. <laughs> <laughs> or they have Shit. in the past. Wow. They'll train in new people because like, we just have been doing it for so long. Wow. So they'll go through our books and you know teach them how to do it the right way, the audits. And wow. That's got to keep you guys That's unfortunate honest, for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we got a new still, class still coming wrecking, but Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, this one is about someone's first NEIPA brew day. Hey, there's the music. Oh, there Quit. you go. Throw it all away. <laughs> go yeah. buy a good beer. Right. No, I'm just kidding. They can be good. Right. Yeah. We can't um, digress just yet. That's what kitchen sinks are for. I've been listening to the BN for the last two years and have made it through all of the archives for the session, Dr. Homebrew, and Lunch Meat. This is, in my opinion, those are the only three shows you need to listen yeah. to. Uh, I've been brewing since 2001, but all the good shit I've learned about being a good home brewer has come from the BN. That is, if you don't count the three dozen or so books I've read on the topic. We don't. I don't. Yeah, we don't. Uh, you'll even be happy to hear that I've been donating 20 bucks a month to you jackasses. I have no idea what this makes me in the BN Army. 
makes you a hero. Yes, Thank right. you. It's very That's nice. right. Hero status. Nonetheless, even with all the wisdom you have imparted to my illustrious homebrewing career, I decided stupidly to try my hand at an N.E. Fuck Vermont style IPA this last weekend. Maybe what? See, this is what I hate about this this email, Warren. Is you and I are going to get tons of hate mail for the next three shows about how we crowbar <laughs> cloudy uh, IPAs in every show. I mean, yeah, I bring it up all the time. Right. Uh, it's the listener's fault this time. They it said is. It. it usually is. Maybe it was the fact that I hadn't brewed in four weeks. Uh, maybe it was because I started cleaning my equipment with Five Star four days before the brew. Maybe it was because I made a two-liter starter uh, prerequisite the 48 hours. I don't know. What the f- this guy's drunk. Maybe it's because I'm trying to redo everything by the book. Whatever. Uh, he says, this any style IPA brew day turned out to be the worst one in my 16 years of brewing. He goes on about... Garbage. I don't know. The whole mm-hmm. paragraph about bullshit. Well, it sounds like he deserved it. Um, he says, fast forward to my boil, the heat exchanger clog. He had a terrible brew day, which is, I feel you, dude. That sucks. Uh, he dropped ice in the cooling wort. His second pump died also. Um, moral of the story, I'm usually a process and detail-oriented brewer, but since any IPA says fuck it to that kind of thinking... <laughs> <laughs> this batch may turn out okay anyway, or at least it would be highly rated on Untapped. So if this fucker does turn out in the end, and since you, I know it's your favorite style, I'll make sure to send a shitload of it your way. Um, Only Ryan, if it's in a 16-ounce can. That's, otherwise, right. we don't want it. No. Uh, best to you and the bean crew, Ryan Beersneck. P.S. Suck it, JP. <clears throat> well, there you go, Ryan. I don't know why you, you tried to, to brew the beer, but uh, you did, and... And that's no one can take that away. He's trying to trick us into blaming the style again, so we're not going to take that bait. <laughs> I dude, I, I brewed a New England IPA. I've never had one. I heard about it. I turned it turned out fucking cloudy. I don't understand it. We all go through periods of self-loathing. It sounds like he is <laughs> right in the middle of one. Yeah, he's ready for it. Uh, this next one is from Blair. Says, uh, I was in the Dallas area over the weekend, and based on your recent discussion with Chad, remember we had Chad Mosier. Oh yeah, uh, on the. Yeah, that's enough of that. <laughs> I think you can fade that out. Thank you, Doc. Um, and based on your recent discussion with Chad, remember that Bankhead Brewing was nearby, and he put it in quotes, and he said, by Texas standards, I spent eight hours on the road Saturday, and two of those hours were the detour to visit Bankhead for lunch. It's a hell of a lunch, dude. It was worth every minute, he says. Everything, beer, food, service, and facilities were excellent. Since they offer four-ounce pours, I was able to try seven different beers without worrying about the four or drive ahead of me. <laughs> wow. I couldn't imagine going to a brewery and then have four hours sitting there waiting, like knowing I have four hours to do on the road. Oh, yeah. I couldn't deal with it. I'd be like, I'm That's just going to miss it. easy blow off. Just, I'll have another few beers and then I'll drive it anyway. <laughs> well, it's um, like a couple of pints. It's not like you're getting it. Yeah, but I get tired. Like if I don't, if I sure. stop drinking, if I get tired. tired drink, man. You're yeah, tired. but I guess Texas is flat as fuck. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> close your eyes and drive. Yeah. Set the cruise control. It's easy to drive forward. on flat ground. Right. Uh, in spite of most of these beers being just at or under five percent, I was blown away by how clean and flavorful they were. Everything from the hop character of the German pills to the malt character of the oatmeal stout was spot on, and the blue cheeseburger and Parmesan truffle fries, Bevo, were excellent as well. My only regret is that they ran out of the Hellas before I was able to try it. There's another one in the tank, so maybe we'll have to go back next weekend. Thanks for all the years of good advice and for steering me to a really great Texas brewery, even though you're 1,700 miles away. That's from Blair, who's a corporal in the BN Army. 
You're welcome, dude. I'm um, working with Chad, and by working with Chad, I'm waiting for Chad to get back to me on uh, on a date to come on the show. So we'll have uh, we'll learn more about his brewing career. Yeah, and um, then I can try the beers without having to drive two hours out of my way. <laughs> That's right, Blair. You're in the wrong industry. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, okay, here we go from Sam, who is apparently hop loader in the form, I guess. Uh, hi, BN crew, a.k.a. JP. It's Justin. We'll probably go on holiday as soon as the Colorado hop grenade is finished. Uh, you're probably right about that. Uh, I have a couple of questions about the live stream. I've been a long-time listener and private in the Army and am completely up to date with all of the shows. So I tend to listen to the live stream because my job, uh, because my job, and a little bit of laziness, as I don't really have the capacity, capability of downloading all the shows or searching and selecting shows. Blah 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 blah. Uh, what he says: Number one, what is the best way to let you guys know when the stream starts doing that weird glitch stop start thing? I don't know, Bev. I'm gonna tell him. It happens. Don't worry about it. Every hour and twelve minutes, there is. Is that the thing he's talking about? I can do about it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the best way to let me know is email Warren at thebrewingnetwork.com. And yes. Warren, is not you an can not address. forward that to me. That'd be cool. Yeah. It's a, my, that email address is set to auto-forward to Bevo <laughs> at thebrewingnetwork.com. <coughs> CC Doc at thebrewingnetwork.com. <laughs> um, number two, at the moment, the live stream only seems to include the shows from Martinez. Will the episodes before this be eventually added? Uh, no, because we didn't start doing live stream until Martinez. So there are no more shows because we didn't have shows on video on live stream. So kind of just got to picture it in your mind before that. <laughs> I mean, um, you see what we looked like in Martinez. Right. So just imagine that. But yeah. And, and no one but needs in to a see, garage. Right. But in a, a garage. And no one needs to see, yes, in the bedroom. That's right. No one needs to see those images because the studios look terrible. Yeah. I mean, Martinez didn't really look that better. And either, everyone but. was sweating balls. Oh, my God. It was so fucking hot. Um, Sitting in ball soup. How much fun? <laughs> uh, three, are the new shows being added to the rotation on the stream? As far as I can tell, this is not the case, but not sure. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, are the new shows... Oh, on the stream. Uh, I don't know. You can send that email to Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com because I don't know that. Anyway, keep up the awesome work. That includes you, JP. Uh, that's from Sam. Uh, the next one is from Tom. He says, this is for Warren. Uh oh! But I'm too lazy to find his email address. I was listening to the session at work today and noticed that your name that you named your Vienna logger middle out. And Warren, you're gonna love this one too, by the way. Great name, but unfortunately, field work may have beat you to the punch. And then he gave you the uh, field work uh, URL. He says, if it makes you feel any better, it's not a hazy IPA. Well, it doesn't, and <laughs> and they didn't. Um, mine came out in March of this year. Theirs came out in June. And they're actually working on on finding a new name for theirs. All right. So, yes. See, Tom, not everything in the beer world ends in tragedy and lawsuits. Yeah. I didn't even have to call uh, John from the Beer Law Center because I just uh, tweeted out or texted Alex. Yeah. So it worked out. It it did work out, man. It did work out. Um, This is from Daniel in New Zealand. It's our last one, Doc, unfortunately. It says, uh, Kia Ora. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if that's his car or... Some sort of greeting, I guess. I'm driving the new Kia Aura with first-in-class handling. Uh, Stop I'm, it. I'm a few <laughs> weeks behind, so hopefully Justin is still alive when you read this. 
I just finished listening to the Basque Land show and very much enjoyed Justin's roid-induced rant about the asshat who bitched and moaned about the software glitch in the live stream. This rant, along with the asshat not donating, was the impetus that I needed to get my fat thumbs working and sign up as a donor. I signed up at the $10 level. There you go. Congratulations. Thank you. Daniel, uh, your site says this is corporal, but PayPal says it's a sergeant. Of Uh-oh. course it does. Of course. Whichever one is higher, that's which one you is are. It, yeah. I think, is yeah. it sergeant corporal a thing? No. Sure. It is now. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to tell Daniel that he's wrong? <laughs> Stuff? Yeah, I will. All right. Uh, anyway, keep up the good work and don't stop the ranting. P.S. Thanks, JP, for pointing me in the direction of Wheeler Walker Jr. Well, you're welcome. That's a life changer. It is a life changer. Uh, Wheeler Walker is great, and you're great for listening to him, Daniel. And that was feedback brought to you by BeerLawCenter.com. I, I need a, I, I'll email John at the break. Maybe we'll get back to me. I want to know when his book's coming out. You mean your book? <laughs> yes, uh, that's right. My book. My book is really a forward, and then John backfilled all the all the shit. It's nice that he wrote the afterward, right, to your book. I think so too. I think you're right, Warren. It is my book now. Thank you very much. Yeah, your your words come first. That's that's true. Nobody can deny that. Yeah. Well, they can now, but maybe. Uh, do we have a Twitter game, my friend? We do. All right, tw- today's Twitter game is brought to you by Wine and Hop Shop. Go to wineandhopshop.com. If you're making wine, if you're making beer, uh, which really you probably should be doing both at the same time, to be honest with you. It takes the same ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Or the equipment, rather. Not ingredients. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think um, there's a difference. Wineandhopshop.com will help you out. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if you've noticed, but Justin has been gone recently. I have not noticed. Um, <laughs> I think he's in Colorado okay. uh, opening up another bar called the hop grenade okay um Never in fort collins it. It sounds like a and terrible i name. believe that that grand open is actually uh this su- saturday is that still happening sunday sunday saturday, isn't it? i th- i heard saturday the 22nd okay i thought he was gonna postpone it all weekend long apparently it's all weekend long okay um anyway Everyone gets real busy in the lead up to opening of a business like that sure and so something always gets left off the to-do list so I'm wondering what Justin is going to forget to check off his to-do list for the grand opening party. Okay. What's Justin going to forget to check off of his to-do list? That's a good, that's a good, that's a good question. I mean, cause it, and then if he reads the Twitter responses, he might remember it for Saturday. <laughs> I'm pretty sure reading the Twitter responses will not be on his to-do list. <laughs> All right, you just won Twitter, but we can. <laughs> and also, he'll just screenshot the Twitter responses Email and send them to me. the Brewing Network. What's that, Beth? Cue the credits. Yeah, I said he'll also just screenshot the Twitter responses and email them to me and tell me to do them. <laughs> Delegation. I was texting him photos for some project they're doing, and uh, I texted like three photos, and he goes, "Can you email these to me?" Hmm. Bitch, you can't download them on your phone and email them to yourself, you motherfucker. So I got to sit there like thumbing through all the photos again because I couldn't download them and email them to myself because then I would have copies of the same photos I already have. Oh, that'd be the worst. I know. You know how much digital garbage I have on my phone? Your phone is probably mostly digital garbage. It's true. Get rid of some of the porn. Porn is not garbage. (laughs) Porn is, it's art. Thank you, Doc. Yeah, but you can keep that shit in the cloud. I don't care how many legs the people have in it. It's... <laughs> Why? What, Beth? You got to speak into your microphone. Stop it. I, my microphone was turned off. She didn't need it. She, yeah, apparently she didn't need it. She got some lungs, man. 
Okay, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. I think it's probably the wisest Great. thing to do. <laughs> yes. Um, My glass is broke. Because the faster we get to break, the faster we come back and drink lagers. With Jace Marty from August Shell Brewing. It's the session, everyone. Stay tuned. And uh, if you're lucky, we'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus. And Radical Brewing, Recipes, Tales, and World-Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. 
MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brendan Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larksburg, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. This is Corey King from Side Project Brewing, and you're listening to The Session on The Brewing Network. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. Bev is pouring some uh, some tasty beers for us, and uh, I, I want to tell you guys about what time it is. Warren, do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time to replace that old dog-eared copy of John Palmer's How to Brew. Unless, of course, he signed it, and then you should you know, never replace it and just uh, you know, get another one. Our friends at Brewers Publications have just published the fourth edition of How to Brew, and it's essentially a totally new book. The fourth edition clocks in at 600 pages, pages and every chapter has been updated and expanded. My dentures are showing. Yes. Uh, and our five, there are five totally new chapters. Whether you want simple, surefire instructions for making your first beer, or you're a seasoned home brewer working with all-grain batches, this book has something for you. From ingredients and methods to recipes and equipment for brewing at home, How to Brew is loaded with valuable information on brewing techniques and recipe formulation. Grab your copy at brewerspublications.com. My favorite home brewing book, hands down. Hands down. Hands up. I haven't read the new one. Hands up. So I haven't read the new pages, but the old pages... We're really good. If uh, if the old pages are any reflection of what the new pages are going to be, then it's going to be great. Even better. Mm-hmm. Still your favorite? Yep. I'll make it my favorite preemptively. <laughs> okay. I'm really glad to hear this, Warren. Yeah. I really am. All right, Jace, my man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, good. I'm really uh, happy, number one, that you <laughs> came out for the show. Yeah. Like that you're here in the studio, that you take us seriously. Never mind that your friend lives in... T- don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but that you take us seriously enough and, and uh, to, to be here. Jace yeah. didn't listen, that's why. Right, he's <laughs> never listened <laughs> to the show. <laughs> he just thought he had to come out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Well, I, I respect that. <clears throat> so welcome to the studio. Welcome to Concord. Thank you. How's the, uh, the, the, the hotness treating you? Uh, are you, no, are you, no. Are you surviving? <laughs> I, I am a Minnesotan through and through, and we don't deal with this. No. This, no. Yesterday was 105 in Concord. It was 103 in the car over here. Oh, but they, no. but, God <laughs> damn. Wrong. What, but what? there's no humidity, though. <laughs> That may, that helps a little dry bit, right? Heat. Yeah, okay. but it's a dry. Yeah, it's a dry. What does it get out there? What's the like the uh, like the top? I mean, nineties maybe. Jesus, like for, for a day, paradise. really, yeah. and that's it. I mean, like high eighties is kind of like a and everyone's just overheating high. everywhere. Right? Yeah, yeah we don't we don't deal with heat. <laughs> but you're a young enough guy we'll, where you we'll can take handle. Winter, it. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, six months of that, no problem. Jeez, man, jeez. Okay, well, you are uh, brewing at uh, August Shell, right? Yeah, and you're not only brewing it. See, I didn't know this when, I, when we were kind of emailing, but uh, you're you are you you own it. Your family owns the brewery. Yes, correct. We are the we're the second oldest family owned brewery in the country. Um, <laughs> my dad is is the president right now, so I would uh, I'm the sixth generation of the family. Wow, is there? A second oldest non-family owned brewery that's older. Mm-hmm. I mean, why is there a distinction? Fam- or does it matter? Family owned versus are you, not. Are you asking me or Jace? Well, I didn't think you would well, know. Like, I guess, <laughs> well, you're looking at me. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like technically, AB and Bev, you know, uh, is is older. Oh, really? Okay. Um, okay. I believe like uh, Minhas in Monroe is older. Point. Oh, okay. But they've all you know changed ownerships many times. So, so many gotcha. times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The point of distinction that we've. Remain sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I like, and I think it's especially in, in in this industry in the last twenty years or whatever. I think it's an important distinction. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So you guys bought it from from the shelves. No, Does that no, it's, no okay. it's always been always been family owned. The name just changed from Shell to Marty. So August oh, Shell, okay. August Shell founded the company. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. He left Germany. He was born in Durbach, Germany, uh, in eighteen twenty eight. Um, left Germany when he was twenty years old. Moved to the U.S. Um, joined up with a, a group called the Turner Society, which was like this uh, group of German immigrants that didn't want to be bound by a religion. Um, so they just believed in education, physical fitness, and they wanted to build frontiers out west, uh, kind of based on those principles. So. Um, Got in, in contact one of those one of those groups and went to Minnesota. Went west um, and founded a city called New Ulm. Okay. And uh, that the the city today, the Turner Hall is still there, and that's kind of like the city center. Um, but he was a part of that group. He was originally a miller, and uh, he worked at the uh, the Eagle Roller Mill. And quickly realized a town full of Germans needs a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, yeah. uh, and if you don't like religion, you like you like it high. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so he started a brewery uh, a couple years later in 1860. Um, and so he he founded it, ran it, um, kind of you know explosive growth. There was seven breweries in New Ulm, a, a very small town, um, and he passed it on to his son Otto. Um, Otto uh, really expanded the brewery a lot. A lot of the buildings that we have today still at the brewery are uh, were built by him, including our old brew house. Um, but he got pneumonia and died kind of suddenly in 1911, and that's when it shifted from Shell to Marty. And that was August's son-in-law George Marty that took over. Okay, the in-law side took yep. over. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's been Marty ever since. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah. So, so it, it, there's a ton of history if you go there too. Oh really yeah, cool. it's I really, really cool want to go yeah. there, dude. Yeah. Grounds is like have a, a 
like a museum kind of side of it set up, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Yeah. And the story of them, how they survived prohibition is really interesting. I don't know if you yeah, want to talk so about that a little bit. I, yeah. did, I want to chat about that, but I want to talk about just the grounds for a second, like, like Nate was talking about. So there's like, they lived on the, on the grounds. Yeah. So Do the you reason live he, on the grounds? Uh, we don't. Um, okay. Is that a stupid uh, question? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so my grandparents were the last one to live there. And that's kind of okay. where I grew up was in, in grandma, grandpa's house is the mansion there. So you, um, you grew up on the property that you're working. Well, we, we lived out, out Side, um, yeah. but my grandparents were still living there, right? And it's a little bit like living in a fishbowl. Kind sure, of thing. we get a lot of tourists, and um, I mean, we'd be having dinner, and people just walk in the house. And, <laughs> really, I, you know, walking so, in the house. Yeah, wow. Thinking it's just part of the, you know, it's the grounds or tours. Oh, okay. This is another lovely brick building. Yeah. Let's go and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So peacocks have, uh, scare them away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, look at these actors eating a meal just like they would, <laughs> just like they would, you know, as if it was yesterday, yeah, twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Right. Oh, funny. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, we don't uh, we don't live on the brewery grounds, but it's uh, the reason they picked the spot. Um, and if you get to come see it, is it is really beautiful. We're on a wooded hillside right on the Cottonwood River banks, and um, picked that spot because of a natural stream coming out of the out of the hillside. Um, and then obviously the hillside, we could dig tunnels into the into the hillside. Um, so we had natural lagering caves, and then all winter long, um, they would harvest ice from the river, and that's how we oh wow uh, extended our brewing season into the summertime. Jeez. How many how many months would that allow for brewing to happen? All year, or would it be just maybe it was eight or nine months? At the end, they had a pretty big um, ice house, and mm-hmm. they would pack it full of sawdust, and that, I think that was enough to get through the summertime. Wow, uh, I wasn't there, so I guess. I, well, okay, <laughs> I don't really remember. What do you know then? Yeah, yeah. he but was we born got, during refrigeration. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we got our. Uh, he might know. <laughs> That's true. We got our first uh, ammonia compressor, and it's still at the brewery. If you see it, it's part of the tour in 1898. So ammonia compressor, wow. yeah, and that was for chilling. So then, oh, okay. Uh, prior to that, that was our, that allowed us to brew year round. But before then, it was probably seasonal. Is that what they were? Is that compressed ammonia? Is a, a, a chilling agent? I'm looking yep. at the doc. It's now, an old refrigerant. Yeah. yeah, it's an open system. I think. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. A, that's what they used to chill. Uh, we still use crazy. ammonia. Oh really? Not oh, safest thing. Yeah. See, well, I meant old because yeah, it's not the safest thing. Yeah. Right. There are safer options yeah. now. So we use ammonia to chill the glycol. It's more efficient, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a trade-off. Yeah. What's uh, dangerous. what's dangerous about it? It uh, can kill you. Okay. Right. It's, it's <laughs> not ammonia gas. Okay. You don't yeah. you don't survive very long no. in a very ammonia-rich <laughs> environment. No, it's like Venus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why do you? What's what's the it seems like a terrible trade-off. I don't not to like not to, not to slag it's, you. It's guys more off, efficient, okay. And because we're old and we've just always had it, we've continued to use it. All right, it's um, quaint. <laughs> we don't use ammonia compressors in the cellars now, okay. which is a safety That's thing. safer. Yeah, yeah. 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 four years so, ago we stopped. So it's fine. Not much longer than that. Actually. <laughs> Hey, they've been around since 1860. Yeah, if survive. it ain't broke, right. don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy to me. That's yeah. crazy, man. But uh, it, it clearly works, and mm-hmm. you guys clearly know how to deal with it safely. So yeah. that's not an issue. Yeah. Yep. We have a full-time boilerman working all the time that wow. runs the compressors. And the stream still uh, flows freely, and you have enough water for yeah, that? Yeah, we, we outgrew the, the well source, um, so we get it from the city now. Uh, that was probably mid-'90s when we switched over, but it, it all comes from the same source, so it's just more of a it's a consistency thing. Right. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So so growing up at the brewery, did you have aspirations to to do to to make beer to brew beer, or did you not give a shit about it because you were no? Like, I mean, it was. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I was you know there every day. I mean, this is where we wind up for school and go 
play on malt bags and, and climb on equipment that we shouldn't have. So it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, um, and then playing in the gardens and in the in the in the brewery grounds. So it was kind of you know. I don't know. It was just a natural thing. I, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Like, is it a no-brainer? Like, this, of course, this is what I'm going to do? Or, or or was it a family like, hey, look, Jace, we got to keep it in the family. Let's, you know, come on, let's get real for a No, it was, it was always something I enjoyed doing. It was never okay. really, uh, I mean, I wanted to be an astronaut, you know, when I was little, little. But, uh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, so it was something that uh, just kind of grew up in. And, and my dad said, you know, if you want to work here, you're going to start at the bottom. And he would always give us the the worst jobs, you know, the cleanest, cleaning the darkest corners and doing all the the shit work that you wouldn't make anyone else do. So, mm-hmm. um, but I appreciate that, and it was, uh, yeah. and still to this day, I would never make anyone do something I wouldn't do myself or haven't done myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's how you can wield a lot of power, is what you're saying. It's good leadership. <laughs> yeah. No, so okay, so you want to be a brewer? Yeah. What happens? What, what, did, what did you do? Go to school? Yeah. I um, I mean, I, I started in high school. I was uh, right after high school. I had to be 18, whatever. Um, but started in the bottle house. Uh, we were doing a lot of contract brewing at the time. So every day was closing a different box, and that was always interesting. Uh, and we did returnables as well. Um, so Returnables? Oh, returnable bottles. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. We were one of the last breweries to still do that. Um, so at the beginning of the line, you get the, the pallets of, you know, empty beer bottles in and <laughs> Open up, cigarette butts. Yeah, oh my god! Was it really okay. pine and bottles? Was, was, butts, oh, yeah. Really, just a bunch, bunch of shit in there. <laughs> yeah, were there yeah, incentives? I mean, hygiene products. Yeah, just be glad one-way bottles took over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> were there incentives, incentives to still do that? There, there is. I know Straub still does it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean reusing, and then and then you kind of get into the debate of you know chemicals and, and water usage and energy usage versus you know new bottles. So it's well, but savings for, wise, but ener- uh, environmentally, it, it kind of you know right. I mean, environmentally, it can make sense, but uh, from a brewery's perspective, like their cost and and the and the, yeah, the and effort you're, you're, to go through cleaning those reused bottles and everything. Probably now. I mean, Germany, it's still commonplace to yeah. they all do returnables. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, so there's not, you know, if you had a pool of other breweries doing it that you'd kind of share bottles, it would probably make more sense. But oh, okay. uh, we were glad to get out of it. I, <laughs> yeah. Much more hassle than it's worth. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the okay. retailer hated it, too. Oh, yeah. It was it was a hassle around. Because then you gotta, you got to store them at the, at the liquor store you gotta pay and for then them. get them back. Yeah. And, Jeez. Mm-hmm. you got to strip them probably and relabel them and do all that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. a pain in the ass, dude. Yeah. Yikes. Forget about it. <laughs> Some tradition should die, Warren. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a landfill for that. <laughs> right. That's well, true. Well, we, we we're uh, guilt-free because we have to recycle it. So. That's yeah. correct. Right. Yeah. None of it goes to the landfill. Right. We and put it in the green bin before it goes to the landfill. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, the it's green bin is for yard waste. I put it in the green bin. <laughs> Somewhere at the, the yard waste facility or whatever. Right, yeah. a bunch of fucking bottles like Warren drank. Yeah. yeah. Way to go, Warren. You screwed the whole chain that's up. That's how you recycle, right? Yes. Just don't put it in the same bin twice. You right, put coffee tough. grounds in it first. Oh, well, I'm just being efficient. <laughs> right. Space management. Break right. that glass down. So you worked in the bottle shop. Yeah. Um, did all that kind of stuff. Yep, and then I was going to college. I went to the Minnesota Duluth. Um and I went for graphic design. I was doing, like, advertising. Um, so when I graduated, I was kind of doing that, working with um, – did our package redesign, uh, a lot of advertising. Did that a couple years and then and wanted to ultimately get into brewing. Yeah. Um, so I switched, worked in the brew house fermenters for a little bit, and then went off to brewing school. I went to oh, okay. the BLB in Berlin. Okay. Um, 
that was a it's a six month course. Um, so I spent six months in Berlin. Then I worked at two different breweries. One. Um, just north of Bamberg in Kemmern, called Wagnerbräu, and then at the Trumer Brewery in Austria. Ah, okay. We have their the, sister, the sister brewery. brewery. Yeah. 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 So, have you had the Trumer uh, pills from over here? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. So my classmate is Josef Siegel the Eighth. Oh, cool. So he is now running the Trumer Brewery in Austria. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got the to go work there so, for a little bit. So which Trumer Brewery makes better Pilsner? Oh. Austria. Austria. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good here. But yeah. the Trumer one, they have open fermenters that are absolutely badass. I mean, if, okay. you, if you go look online, those those open fermenters are those are pretty sweet. And they, you know, they top crop and in uh, it. I I don't think they have them here. No, they're not. Um, I don't think they're not open yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're both excellent. I'm not uh, not sure. trying to take anything away. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. I just give a yeah. slight edge to. to Austria. <laughs> well, it's those little subtleties that can kind of give that deeper. Yeah, the, 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 flavors, the, right? the, the one of the coolest thing I took back from there it was a it was an old brewery that closed. The the guy died when I was in Bomberg. Um, I went and visited him, and he said, "In you know, and I was just trying to barely catch along with this German. He's taking me through this old brew house, and he's probably ninety, and uh, and he goes, it's it's all the little things that make the difference. It's yeah, the littlest things mm-hmm. that all add up to big things. And, okay, and just stuff like that. Those little little differences, they all add up." That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you can get, I think, 60 to 80% there in any beer, mm-hmm. but it's the little stuff that, that pushes it over from a good beer to a great yeah. beer. And that's why the the weights of grains you use and the, the amounts of mo- or hops that you add, you can give that to anybody and the beer's not going to taste the same. Right, because they don't brewery. do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, like, it's all the little things, fermenter shapes, open fermenters versus closed. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they source three different Pilsner malts, two from Austria, one from Germany. And they blend them. Um, and it's just that, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, stuff no one thinks of doing here. No. Um, right. That seems like too much work for me. <laughs> right. You mean I have to order three malts instead of one? Well, and it's not even that, but it's finding the ratio. How many beers do you have to make to you find out this is the ratio that I want right here? A third, a third, and a third. Or you're constantly adjusting it because you kind of know yeah. what those three components can do, perhaps. like. Right. Do you do a single malt beer version to taste each one and then start... Combining them or doing a beer that's blended because your whole point is to make it consistent. I, I would just well, but otherwise, how would you know what when you adjust the ratio, what's going to happen? No, so you get some rhythm iron flash. You could do a hundred malt tests in one day. Put your mind to it. I mean, you, you can do it. That's the thing is, I don't want to do that. I have I have, <laughs> yeah. I have Destiny Two to play tomorrow. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that. But that's remarkable that people can do that and do that, and then that's their. That's their thing. That will make me. A, that makes me a terrible home brewer because I don't give a shit. It's one of those little things that make a difference. Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So okay. So while you're over there, if I remember correctly, while you're over there is when you kind of got the Berliner Weiss. Yeah, I mean, I was home brewing before that, okay. um, and I, it was something that was kind of a, in the back of my mind. I wanted to learn as much as I could about Berliner Weiss uh, while I was over there. Why that? Why that style? What spoke to you we, about that? Uh, so we're you know in Berlin, in old. <laughs> that was mm. one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Looking for a longer winded answer. Yeah. Yeah. I can give you that one too. Thank you. Uh, we we focus <laughs> specifically on German style beers. Yeah, and in a you know you an that. era when there's seven thousand breweries in the country. I think you got to specialize, and, and you have to be known for something. And so we we focus specifically on, you know, our heritage and, and American lagers, but also uh, just German style beers in general. And we had these old wooden tanks, and, and we can talk about it later when we're drinking them. But um, it's kind of like, all right, how you know how do we use these wooden tanks, um, and we and use them to make something unique? And sour beers was kind of a natural progression. And then reading, uh, you know, Randy Mosier's book, the the 
Odd Brews or Wild. It's the Randy Moser. Which one? Jeff oh. Sparrow was a Wild Brews, but Randy Moser was. Um, Come on, Nate. You I read it. his tasting beer. It's a homebrewing show. Come on. Fuck, I know, but we're illiterate dicks. Um, uh, extreme brewing or something. Radical beer. Radical, Radical beers. beers. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then uh, and Berliner Weiss was in there. It was German sour beers. I'm like, oh, okay. well, hey, it's German beers. And it's, that would fit. It makes uh, sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I was started homebrewing sours uh, kind of based off that. And Did, when, did you tell your dad? And like, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. When, did you, when you told the family, like, hey, I want to start doing sour beers and your clean lager <laughs> did you get like kicked off the dinner table or something or what? Uh, that took a long time to convince the convince my dad to do that yeah. did it um but one of the 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 cool things about that um where these two wooden tanks were it was in a, it was an abandoned cellar basically so okay. it was already separated from the rest of production yeah. Uh, okay. We kind of had that. Right. So they yeah. sent you to the, the black one, mold yeah, like, right. city. Of, okay, got <laughs> yeah. it. Right. Yeah, more or less. Like, if he survives, yeah. then he is truly risen. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be drinkable if he comes out. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they shipped you up, which is cool that you have abandoned parts of the of the facilities. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty neat, man. Um, so they sh- they shipped you off there, and they said, okay, you can have this area of... Yeah, but um, I mean, I went to school to learn how to make lockers. You went to school, yeah. right. Yeah. So, okay. so you This was my own little do. side pet project that okay. I, was, yeah. I, I wanted to So you came back, about. and they were like, that's cool, we'll let you do this? But, you know, we're, we're an old brewery, yeah. and uh, we have a lot of things that can use some improvement. So I kind of... That was one of my goals, was just... just Make a lot of improvements and, and bring the brewery up to speed in some certain things. So that like, was that's like not using a mo- not killing your entire brewery <laughs> staff. Or, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't want to like air dirty laundry, but it, no, was it just no. it just quality control stuff yeah, and just I mean, general yeah. stuff that every brewery you know, has to deal there's with. There's tips and tricks. I mean, natural carbonation was one of the first things that we did. Uh, mm. Getting spooning valves, we hadn't done that before. Um, and you know, those little things again that I think make a, a big difference. Um, okay. That was one of the first things we did. Mm. Um, working with malts, uh, we switch switch our malt, our base malt, to a different variety uh, that we think is is more European, even though it's an American malt. Um, just uh, little just things little like, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so okay. a lot of lot of little things, and then and then cleaning up the brewery too is, is kind of. Did they problem. also let you use those uh, tanks because they couldn't get them out? <laughs> well, they're out the now. Um, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, it was like, well, I guess if you can make it hold. Whole beer. <laughs> so when so when you came back and you said, "Hey, well, how do I ask this question?" Um, were the problems known to you beforehand, and you went over there to solve some of these, or was no, it? No, I, I we were making good beer. Uh, that was yeah, yeah. And I don't thing. I don't want to say but that you were. Was, I don't um, mean to say that. But like like the little changes, right? Yeah, I mean, when you're in Oldbury, I think in an era when everybody is, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, less than twenty years old or less yeah. than five years old. Everybody wants what's new. Right. And if you're not constantly trying to improve and better your product, then you're just going to you're going to fall by the wayside and no one's going to care anymore. And so it was all right, let's we got to keep we got to keep moving forward. Sure. Getting better. Okay. And and so I I guess the 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 point was, you know, you coming back from brewing school into the family business and saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I have some ideas. How were those received? Is that kind of what I'm you you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. 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 it's fine. It sounds like so we, we like no one cared. There's a there's a saying that goes at the brewery. It's new hurts. Okay, okay. uh huh. There's sounds a very, lot of people that have German. worked there longer than I've been alive. Okay, okay. Um, and, and change doesn't come easy, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, and I'll say that. So, um, but yeah, it just takes time. And and, and you know, I, this is why we have to do this. All right, let's you know, we got it. We have to start doing this. We have to change this. I know we've always done this, but 
not anymore. You okay. know, so so mm-hmm. those kinds of things and working with you know that's that kind of stuff just fascinates me about about how people change and, and why they change and what the catalyst is and especially mm-hmm. in a long established uh, you know brewery such as yours I would imagine that would be a difficult kind of thing to 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 do any any sort of change like yeah. give us a sense of the yeah. scale like how many people are are on like the brewing staff on the hot side in, yeah in, so we um we I think last year we did about 130,000 barrels of beer yep. 130 135 wow um I think full time we have yeah. 60 people <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and so 60 people, and like you were saying, of those 60 people, some of them may have been there quite some time. And you have oh, to yeah. think about new mm-hmm. ideas and retrain that, that can take a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, not trying to, you know, turn the ship, you know, completely no, wrong, exactly. but just, no, no. just little tweaks here and there. And we want yeah. to do all IPAs now. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. overhop. Process it's modernization. A, it's a new German, yeah. new German style. Yeah. We're automating everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly things like, you know, capturing CO2 and, and some savings associated with that. Yeah, absolutely. People would buy into that, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But even then, it, you know, it was like, all right, we'd do a trial and, and do tasting tests side like by side. And, them, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was... Okay. How long uh, it been, nothing happens quickly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How long had it been since the brewery introduced, like, a, a new branded beer at that point when well, you were I mean, getting we'd, involved? We'd always been introducing new beers. New I mean, we, coming, we yeah. started, you know, we were at the forefront of, of craft brewing, Um you know, we started in the early '80s making our pilsner and our wheat beer, and um, so that was nothing new. It was just it was just other little things that uh, production, yeah, yeah, process efficiency yeah. kind of things, and looking yeah. at things with a different critical eye. Probably. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so you, you make those changes. Mm-hmm. When do you get to start your Berliner Weiss project? Um, so we brewed the first one. Um, and I can get in this when we're, we're drinking them. But, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that now or, or save it for later. Let's save it for yeah, later. Okay. Yeah, put yeah. it in context. Yeah, because then it will make more sense when with we're, the we're drinking them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we do have a couple beers yes. in front so, of us right yeah, now. Let's, and, let's iconic, one, iconic ones. Yeah. 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 And we'll, we'll still talk about the brewery and all that kind of stuff, but we have beers open, and I don't want to. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to start with these beers just because it's a big part of us. So we're, you know, like What are we drinking? We are an old American lager brewery. Part of the Midwest, you know, Minnesota, Grain Belt, uh, mm-hmm. you know, American lagers through and through. And so in front of us, we have uh, the two American lagers that we make, um, depending on how they got inside of the, on the one on the left or the slightly more it's golden either, one. Yeah, yeah. It's either yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the more light golden. yellow or the <laughs> yeah. light one on yellow. the left should be Grain Belt, I think, for most, most of us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would have guessed. I would have guessed the other way. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. The one on the right is the red can. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the one on the right was the grain I'm belt. Yeah. Okay. So um, we are a beer we introduced in uh, 1912 was called Shell's Deer Brand, and we've made it ever since. This is the uh, the, the blue can we have in front of here. Uh, this was our American lager that we've always made. Deer um, brand. Deer brand. Yep. Why, why deer brand? <laughs> um, the August Shell family crest has a deer on it. Okay. August Shell's dad was a forester, and we still have deer on the brewery grounds to this day. And so that was just kind of our mascot. And The, the, the whole state yeah. of Minnesota has deer on it. <laughs> yeah. The tag says, the True. taste that tells. Yeah, so that's a retro can, though, from the 50s. We Did you, is this one of your designs? Did you re- no, you said it was from the 50s. Yeah, it was a, it was a rebrand. <laughs> you designed it back in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> in utero. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we we've always made deer brand. That's kind of what we were always known for uh, prior to deer being brand. craft beer. And then in 2002, we um, a another Minnesota brewery that was uh, pretty iconic and big uh, went out of business, um, and we bought the rights to that brand. That's called Grain Belt, Grain Belt Premium. Um, so the two beers I brought today that we're gonna uh, I want to talk about is deer brand and premium. And the reason I wanted to do that the, to have you guys try these side by side is. Um, 
Greg Casey. If you're Troy Casey's dad from Casey Brewing and Blending, mm-hmm. he was a uh, a brewing scientist at um, Molson back in the 80s. And okay. he did this research project where he genetically identified and was able to trace back every single lager strain in the world back to two original strains. And that was the Carlsberg strain and the Tuborg strain. And that goes back to, you know, Christian Hansen. Um, yeah. You guys all know the story about him yeah. isolating the first pure lager strain. And, you know, Tuborg being right next door and, and they're friendly people. Uh, okay. Hey, can you do that same thing with our, our yeast? And right. Sure. So he makes a pure strain and now, the, now you have these two pure lager strains, one from the Carlsberg Brewery, one from the Tuborg and Tuborg Brewery. Everything came from those. Every single lager strain can be traced back to those two original strains. This is the Adam and Eve of lager strains. Pretty much. Wow. Yep. And, and he determined that they were different? Yes. Okay. They were genetically different. And through his research, he was able to determine um, kind of some characteristics of each strain. Each strain. He said that the Carlsberg strain was a little less refi- re- refined, uh, a little rougher in character, produces a little more sulfur, um, and it's kind of a hardworking strain. Uh, if it gets too hot, too cold, it doesn't really matter. It just keeps doing its thing, and it's going to produce its thing. Uh, you get, you're going to get what you get. The Tuborg strain, uh, what he said was the more refined strain, but it's also a bit of a p- prima donna. Um, it only likes a certain temperature. If it gets too hot or too cold, it's going to stop. It's a hmm. cleaner fermentation, not as not as sulfur. <laughs> um, and the two beers we have in front of you are examples of one of each strain. Oh, and, wow. Wow. Interesting. We know. We're the only brewery that's using them both. Wow. And, and okay. the way we got them from, the Deer Brand strain came from the Schaefer Brewery in New York. Okay. Um, our old brewmaster would have gotten it from them sometime back in like the 60s, I think. Wow. And we just kept repitching and repitching and repitching it. And eventually, once yeast banks came around, uh, banked it. <laughs> yeah, and it, God. You know, it had kind of mutated towards what it is now. Um, the Grain Belt strain we got uh, when we took the, the Grain Belt brand on. That came from the Christian Schmidt Brewery, which came from the Tuborg Brewery. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wow. Um, God, I love that. I, see, I knew this show would be fucking rad <laughs> yeah. because I think we were so, to use a phrase from Sully, we're so close to the, the windshield or the dashboard or whatever his fucking phrase is that you kind of, you need to look back and be like, it's, the whole industry is a lot bigger than what you think it is. Oh, yeah, and it's been around for a while. Right, just a little bit. The yeast I use came from White Labs. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, before yeast banks, for God's <laughs> right, sake. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we literally pitched our strain like 40 years. Thousands of yeah. times, yeah. like over and over. Yeah, and actually to this day, that our deer brand strain, once it gets above like ten generations, that's kind of when it hits its stride. I think that's when interesting. The sulfur character kind of gets hits its groove. We think, okay. uh, and we'll let that one go longer. Like contrary to conventional wisdom, yeah, that's yeah. where the, really the grain belt one right? starts to. You that's know. cool. And so, it, how long? How many generations will you go? We'll still. I mean, we'll cut it under twenty. You know, oh, okay. 20, but it just seems like those later generations. Uh, and we don't have a, if we had like a good yeast propagation system, I think we we treat it a little differently yet. But okay, um, yeah. So that one we'll we'll let go a little longer, and then um, we like the results of it. Better. Okay. So uh, something you know, I'm just passionate, you know, because it's such a big part of our business. And, yeah. You know, this is just two examples side by side of you know two beers that are more or less the same recipe, but you can just taste how the lager yeast uh, makes a difference in the flavor profile. And then well, if you ever it. wanted to do a, like a you know, expand it out more. If you got a yes. Liney's original, um, mm-hmm. Liney Google, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, pretty Chippewa much have to go Falls. to Chippewa Falls oh, to get it. To get it. Yeah. The other way, yeah. That's also a Tuborg strain. I don't know where they got theirs, but it's kind of like the Grain Belt. And then if you get a Stevens Point Special, 
that would be like our deer brand with the Carlsberg strain. And then you okay. could really see that's like a, a four beer snapshot into what how diverse American lagers would have been a long time ago. Right. In, 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 and now, the now they kind of get you know, yeah. shit on because they're just you know watery beers, but <laughs> right. <laughs> there, there, there would have been some pretty big flavor differences because all these breweries would have just gotten yeast yeah. from some other brewery and just kept repitching it, and it would have gone. So, so these two beers in the brew house are treated the same on the fermentation side from a ge- fermenter geometry perspective and that kind of stuff. Or we, is it different? No, I mean they're they're different recipes, but I mean more or less same yeah. tanks used for primary type yeah grain belt producers. grain belt's a larger brand for us so they're made in bigger tanks okay. uh, deer brand is a smaller got it. smaller mm-hmm. vessels but um it's but yeah. more of like a, a volume or a market difference than it is a brew house yeah choice, it, right? and, the, and the recipes are slightly different mm-hmm. um but like i said you know stepping back a step they're more or less the same but right uh treat them the same with with fermentation temperatures and all that stuff but you can really get a sense where like the deer brand is a lot more sulfur character to it definitely the grain belt's a lot cleaner and let's so the, uh let's taste them sorry warren go oh, ask the question while the, i drink beer the uh the american lager strain from white labs i believe is attributed to you guys <clears throat> do you know which yeah strain you guys were talking about that last week with drake's on uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah because drake's used, used, used it for a while strain for a while yeah, yeah. I would have to uh, see which one it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would guess it's probably the grain belt strain. Okay. Um, I know they talked about it kicking diacetyl. And all lager mm, strains yeah. are going to kick sure. diacetyl. Sure, yeah. Right. And that would, to me, like the, with the more finicky strain, Okay. Um, you know, you need your, your diacetyl rest. And yeah. it, it's, it's, it needs to be kind of a perfect scenario yeah. for it to behave how it should. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I did get some yeast from Drake's. To do a lager because I heard it was from you guys, mm-hmm. and it was very diacetyl. It was very sensitive to the temperature and kicked out a lot of diacetyl during fermentation. What'd you pitch it at? Uh, this was probably five years ago. Oh, I, it was a homebrew batch. I probably pitched it at forty-eight, and okay. then let it free rise up to fifty-two, okay. and then let it sit there. Um, and then I also it was just after I talked with Dan Gordon, and he name drop. Yeah, right. Well, he was on the show and we talked about it. Oh, that's right. Um, about not doing a warm diacetyl rest, doing just gradual, slow drops, and that did not help the diacetyl go away in that year. <laughs> well, over time it would, but how much time you got? Well, yeah. It, right. cold, it cold lagered for probably a month, and it was still there. Yeah, once it's cold, it's good. Yeah, nice. right. You got to get it out Locked while it's fermenting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that that beer didn't turn out. Diacetyl. You're saving yeah. diacetyl. So do you guys do a, a warm diacetyl rest? Yeah, we'll, so we'll pitch colder and we'll free rise. Okay, depending on the beer. So like um, these will will free rise up to 59 actually. Okay, um, and then we'll hold it there till it clears. Okay, and then uh, start chilling it. Yep, and then we do you guys do, do a fast chill or do you step it down gradually? It takes usually about. I would say two to three days, depending on the fermenter. Some are better at others. Oh, okay. <laughs> better than better cooling than others. But you'd go faster <laughs> if you could? Are you um, trying to knock the yeast out, or you want it to stay in so you can... Well, yeah. we do a full lagering, so it will... Right. So you want some yeast in it. Well, because some people like to do gradually like five degrees a day, yeah. and right. then drag right. it out. Um, this is how we treat our American lagers, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is pretty cool, yeah. though. I like this. You get two different strains for... like a beer. This is like a 16-ounce can you could buy... 
for fairly inexpensive yeah. in Minnesota, you just want two beers, you would figure they're coming from the same brewery. It's a lager. It's the same lager yeast. Yeah. But no, actually, nope. there's this difference, and you consciously chose that for flavor profile yeah. for yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, we had a shell strain. Uh, you know, that was always our strain, and when we brought this other brand on, we we had the brewing staff come down and, and teach us how to make that beer, and with that came the lager strain. Mm-hmm. So, and we've used it ever since. That's dope. Well, let's talk. And, let's talk yeah. about the flavors that we're that we're tasting here with the, with the Deer brand and the um, and the Grain Belt. Mm-hmm. Can I get the Grain Belt again? Yes, please? you can. I'll give you the belt, baby. Uh, Nate, what do you think, man? You haven't been here in a while. Let's uh, let's let's. I definitely where, get let's, what, let's you what's at. going on in conversation around the sulfur. A little bit of more sulfur in Deer Grand mm-hmm. is definitely there, but it. Also locks in a certain complexity of the malt flavor in, in a way too. It's it's kind of cool. It's not just sulfur for sulfur's sake. There's you know it's working with the beer so to speak. And and grain belt is is simpler, cleaner, but it's also got just more of a brightness in terms of all the the flavor profile is because of that. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think the the grain belt is is almost it's simpler, smoother, it's, it's simpler in many aspects. The deer brand? No, grain belt. Oh really? Yeah, I think. Yeah, it doesn't mm. have as much pilsner character I no. think, as the uh, deer. Interesting. It's probably corn or something. Or, uh, yeah, these are, these are both uh, American lagers. Uh, adjunct so. American lagers, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's corn or flake corn or, or cooked, depending on their process, and probably each of these. But the grain belt seems to be, uh, proportion-wise, I would guess maybe even slightly larger. Or that just seems to dominate a little bit more. It is sweeter, Yeah, I think, a little bit in that regard. Or like, like slightly a full less, less yeah. IBU, too, maybe. But not much. I mean, there's not a ton of IBU in either of these beers. No. What, you, what you think the grain belt sweeter? Is that, is that just, what you're saying? But there's different things going on. Oh, well, sure, right, the, the yeah. Perception. Perception. Right, right, yeah. Perceived sweetness yes. is sweeter, yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Jace, what is the IBU? What are the IBU? What and be the IBUs on these? Um, I think the deer brand's around 18, and the grain belt's probably a little lower. So, yeah. <sighs> Look at so Nate. You're, you're right on there. Just guessing. You know, it seems yeah. like about there, like, you know, maybe yeah. mid-teens or something like that. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. 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 I know you're not. Uh, <laughs> all the beers I have today are like sub twenty five. I God, <laughs> perfect. Oh, this is beautiful. My, Nothing wrong with that. I love it. Yeah, this so is much, the best dude. Monday I've had in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I couldn't wait for yeah. it. Uh, couldn't wait for it, man. I'm sitting there uh, this week and I'm like, God, I can't wait for Monday. Oh yeah, and drink some beers and yes. fucking good. I, ha- I won't have anything to complain about. It'll be great. How long has <laughs> the sixteen ounce can been part of the? The product, like packaged portfolios, and when I was growing up in Minnesota, I remember with bottles. It's like you'd see bottles everywhere. And yeah, yeah. Like the um, sixteen ounce can is that within the last ten years or longer? Yeah, than that? I, I don't know exactly when we started the sixteen ounce cans. We've been canning since probably the fifties. Um, right. But yeah, the the sixteen ounce can is more a more recent thing. So a new format. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and really the only thing that has changed with these beers is we've switched from six row to two row malt. Six row mm-hmm. is more or less getting phased out of all brewing in the U.S. now. Um, you all just the can't re- find it anymore. It's still available, but all the research has stopped. Uh, it's all been switched to two row. Got it. And huh. um, just an industry wide change. Yeah, and, and two row is actually it's a better brewing malt anyway. <laughs> okay. um, it's a, it's a smoother. It's just more refined. But the re- the reason American lagers became to be was because of six row six row barley. Right. Um, that was all that was grown in North America. That was what NATO's here native, and it was super high in protein, super high in and you know. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, so you needed to cut that somehow, and that's where that's why corn came to be. Is that was a way of cutting down that protein and the the diastatic hmm. part. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. And so, do you guys use flaked corn? What kind of what version of corn uh, do you guys corn use? Syrup. Corn syrup. Okay, yep. and that came from Grain Belt. Okay. I uh, not high fructose. Is is, is the uh, <laughs> deer brand 
got some adjuncts in it also? Yeah, they both are. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which, which, which one do you like best, Warren? I think I prefer the Deer brand a little bit more. Really? Yes. See, I, 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 I agree with Nate. I think that uh, whatever Nate says is pretty much I agree. So with. I'm wrong. Is so that you're what you're wrong. Saying? Yeah. Okay. But no, I mean, the, the, for me, the Dearborn does have like in like the mid palette. There's like a, I don't want to call it an effervescence because it's not an effervescence, but it's like uh, it has like a little more kind of lighter flavors in the mid palette. It's hard to describe for mm-hmm. me because I'm stupid. Uh, but the grain belt is is kind of that has that sweeter perceptive, you know, mm-hmm. kind of malt thing happening. And it, so it's, I don't want to call it like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it because there's just so different because I don't taste these beers often enough. Yeah. I have no frame of reference for these because what we have out here, maybe you can get a hams that's fresh <laughs> right, or right. maybe you can get like, you know, like a Coors banquet is kind of what I drink. But even then it's yeah. nine times out of 10, I'll open it and it's fucking, uh, you know, green apple bombs. Yeah. And it's, so I just, I don't have like a big frame of reference for these kind of beers, but I, I think I would, I, I like the grain belt better. Because it uh, reminds me more of what I guess I would call a craft lager, a craft pilsner. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. Um, because it just there's a little bit more flavor there. I, I like the Deer brand because there is the little hint of sulfur, and it is lighter, crisper, drier malt feel. Um, but compared to the Grain Belt, kind of the amount, the little hint of sulfur that's in uh, the Deer brand. I get a little hint, that, and maybe it's kind of reinforced by the the a little bit more residual sweetness or just a perceived sweetness, but like a hint of acetaldehyde. Yes. And yes, so absolutely. I prefer yes. the hint of sulfur to the hint of acetaldehyde. Yeah, I would see I would which, drink, which way yeast, each yeast leans exactly. a bit in terms of what it would kick yeah. out if you, you and, and so it in different I, ways. So that the Tuborg strain, which you're talking about with the the, the hint of green apple, yeah. that's what Budweiser uses. Right. And those right, are exactly. green apple yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Right. Yep. Now, now everything makes sense. And, and so I just prefer, I'd prefer the, the drier sulfur flavors, subtle flavors, compared to the subtle uh, green apple flavors okay. in the green belt. Tasty, what about you? You've been quiet. Well, they're both excellent beers. I hate, yeah. I, I hate to say it like one over the other. They're both really good. Right. Uh, have you ever, ever entered both in a competition to see how they go against each other? <laughs> Not, no. We should. Um, we did some data. Yeah. <laughs> some data. But what's your preference? If you had, if you had oh, five I, bucks. I like the deer. No, I, like I said earlier, I'd like the deer better. You like, oh, I'm I sorry. Like I didn't, didn't hear you Pils- 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 Okay. But I don't know whether yeah. it's a malt bill thing. Or the, the yeast is letting it come through, or it's accentuating it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I do like the, uh, the malt character and the uh, deer. Okay. Doc, what about you, man? Uh, You're a lager, dude. Yeah. Uh, they're both clean. Which would you drink? Uh, What's your Desert Island beer? Uh, probably the deer brand. Really? Yeah. Uh, just kind of got a little more to it. Yeah. Um, I like the other one, too. Um, yeah, they're my both al- My allergies are pretty <laughs> no. bad today, so uh-huh. it's... Almost cutting out any kind of aroma for me. For a genetic superhuman, you have so many <laughs> allergies. It's just getting worse and worse. But today, with the high heat out there and everything, and I yeah. can't smell either one of them. And it just it really makes them really similar to me. Yeah, really mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, sure. and that was kind of the point. Is I, I wanted to bring two American lagers to actually, you know, do a side by side to see them yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. But if you can't smell, then I that it's That's it's kinda... amazing because usually I can tell. At least if they're similar, but side by side especially, it's that's it's yeah. mouth it's mouthfeel yeah. for me. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's subtle. It's going to be subtle. The deer brand's got more mouthfeel to it. So. This is dope. 
Yeah, this is a great test. Oh, hang Both on. of these beers are really good. We have a phone call. I need to go click on my clickety-clacker. And so, uh, Mark from New Zealand. Okay, we're going to take a, a phone call real oh. fast. <clears throat> this will be Mark from New Zealand. How you doing? Good. How you doing, man? I'm all right. Hey, I was just wondering if they uh, quick query for the kids. Um, the, you said that the American Live Yeast was uh, one example of the two different strains. You wouldn't happen to know what the other, an example of the other strain is? Mark, do me a favor. Did you, if you threw your phone down the hallway and stood there, uh, would you mind walking to your phone? Because you sound you're like twelve feet away from your phone. Oh, perfect. The tra- yeah, the tractor is yeah. very loud. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead, go ahead and ask your question again, please. So um, you gave an example that the American Lager strain um, was an example of uh, one of the two Lager strains. Um, you wouldn't happen to know a homebrewer available version of the, is it the Tuborg, the other one? Yeah, I, I don't know which one Y East has banked, but I can I can tell you like the Budweiser strain they use the Tuborg strain, and that was part of actually uh-huh. uh, Greg Casey's research was he was he was you know this is eighties and they're they're talking about light beer specifically that's kind of the basis of his project uh, his project and he his he determined that for light beers the Carlsberg strain which kicks the more flavored you know kind of that rougher strain mm-hmm. was better for light beers than what the Tuborg strain was better for like full strength. Um, American lagers, huh? Like the the right. the more flavor, I guess, like the sulfur and stuff that uh, kind of made up for the lack of it in a light beer. Okay, okay. And so they, you got to like the full so strength. They using, so they should actually be using a different strain for Bud Light than they would for the full strength Bud. Uh, I can't speak specifically for them, but he was that was just kind of his, you know, Molson had him doing this project to, I, I don't know if they were looking to introduce a light beer or something like that, but mm-hmm. that's kind of where that project came from. Fascinating. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, thanks for that. All right. Thanks, Mark. Cool. Thank you. All right. Bye. Do you guys use the same uh, yeast in Grain Belt's Nordeast, the amber yes. version? Yeah. Okay. Same Grain Belt yeast. Yeah, are those good. are those the only two beers that you use that yeast in, and all the other shells lagers are the Deer Brand yeast, or uh, what do we you do for that? The Grain Belt strain now, the Tuborg. Oh, oh really? Okay, yeah. Firebrick and, uh, <laughs> and yep. for Firebrick, okay. yep. Tuborg strain mm-hmm. as well. Got it. Cool. Well, I just blend them together, and I think it's the best beer I've ever had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes sense. So you got the lager history in one glass. <laughs> right. Yeah, real fast. Um, real quick, let me uh, take a break here. But before we do. Great Fermentations, everybody. We talk about them on the show all the time. They have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business on using the Blickman products. So if you have a problem, just call up the folks at Great Fermentations. They will help you out. They offer top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on many items. They are at uh, greatfermentations.com. They're also all over social media at GR8 Fermentations, so t- Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So greatfermentations.com. Check them out. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Jace from August Shell Brewing. We're going to talk more lagers. We're going to talk a little bit about the prohibition history. Um, and then we're going to keep drinking some beers. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the thebrewingnetwork.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with 
color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hi, this is Tyler from Libertine Brewing Company in the central coast of California. You're listening to Brewing Network, The Session. It sucks. Is it suck? It sucks. But that's what's good about it, is that it sucks, right? Hey, thanks for hanging out, everybody. I want to tell you guys about the free Brew Guru app. It's much easier to use than it is for me to say for some reason. Uh, built for home brewers and beer lovers, the Brew Guru app delivers sage brewing knowledge and money-saving deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. The American Homebrewers Association designed this powerful mobile app to help homebrewers and craft beer lovers explore the wide world of beer that we all share. With Brew Guru, you can find deals and save money on beer, food, and brewing supplies. You can check out hand-picked articles proven recipes and trusted resources from the American Home Brewers Association and Zymergy Magazine. And the most important part, Warren, is the powerful brewery locator to find those nearby breweries, tap rooms, beer bars, homebrew supply shops, and all those other kind of johns. Wherever you are, Brew Guru will lead you to good beer. It's also free for the iPhone, iPad, Android devices. Learn more, homebrewersassociation.org. You know, you, I, I, I use that to get to work. First of all, John's happens. Uh, John's is a thing already. Second of yeah. all, I watched Rocky this weekend. It was a, okay. uh, we were up in uh, like Shelter Cove, which is like north of Fort Bragg on the coast of California. So the only thing there's to do is watch Rocky. <laughs> the only Rocky. thing there's to do is fucking watch Rocky, man. And was um, it on the only black and white TV that was in the house. <laughs> <laughs> it was on DVDs, but not Blu-rays. Not in the house, in the bar. Right. right. There was well, one in TV the bar, in the yeah. town. Yeah. 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 Put quarters in to watch it. Different kind of TV, different kind of booth uh-huh. to be in, but. Uh, but, you know, and Rocky's from Philadelphia. Yeah. That's the John. There's, yeah. there, that's where the word John is from. There was no use of the word John. That's it, not a real word. Well, Rocky because, one through four, no John at all. And I was fucking pissed. That's because the, the word John came from New York. No. Philadelphia appropriated it from New York, <laughs> That's not true. and then you appropriated it from Philadelphia. Uh, I appropriated it from my friend Jim. Right. <laughs> I yeah. stole his culture. Yeah. He's like, my culture is not a costume. Guess well, what? Yeah. Yes, it is. I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it right now. All right, we're back with Jace here, and we're pouring some beer. The lovely Beverly, the the I want to call you a beer wench because that's a stupid, it's a stupid joke. Uh, what are you pouring us right now? Uh, what? This is our Fort Road Hellas. What are you doing awkwardly in uh, Fort Road Hellas? Okay, nothing. <laughs> Everything is fine. Uh, I think this was the first beer that I actually had in Minnesota at HomebrewCon. Yeah, because we went to that lager festival. Yes. Went to the, the unbeknownst to us, <laughs> yeah, um, some like nice restaurant. It was like fifty dollar, you know, like five inch high fucking steaks. Yes. Yeah, butcher the boar. That's yes, what it was that called. Was it, yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh my god, I didn't have any because I'm broke. But right. uh, the food looked amazing, and yeah. we walk in, and there was a, like a long sheet. And it's Lager Fest 2017, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I've landed in the motherland, dude. Yeah. I can't get it. And it was just every fucking lager, every style represented, all yeah. done perfectly well. Well, J- Justin said, hey, Beardy, you've been to Minnesota before. Where are we going? 
And so I just saw Lagerfest, and that's where I decided we <laughs> oh, were really? going. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you very much for You're letting welcome. us be there. I mean, I also wanted to drink beer, <laughs> so we're going to Lagerfest. Oh, man, that's all I could talk about, man. And then even on the uh, even in the, in, in the airport, I was drinking a Hellas on the way back. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I might be hitting my point, but I don't care because I'm going to go back to the land of IPAs. There won't be any when you get <laughs> home. Uh, tell us about this beer, Jim. Yeah, so this beer uh, is something we're super proud about, um, and it's been kind of, it's four years in the making now. Um, wow. You've been working on the recipe four years? Well, it's kind of a, a longer story. I, I okay. talked about base malt a little bit and how we switch switch varieties. Yes. Um, we were getting the, the normal blend that you, uh, we get our base malt from RAR. Um, there's, they're 45 minutes away from the brewery, so it's a, <laughs> our, our local maltster. Chocopee. Yeah. Yeah. But you know we don't do a lot of hoppy beers, and so malt is very important to us as far as you know. It, well, that's a big part of the flavor. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and I think you know that blend was kind of geared towards American lagers, which we do make, but we also make you know craft beers, which is what we're going to start drinking now here. And so yeah. we just felt that it, it kind of lacked the flavor that we were looking for, and especially compared if you compare it to like German malts or you know European malts that have so much. You know, those Pilsner malts are just wonderful. And so we, we worked with them on, on, like, trying to identify a, a variety of barley that offers a little more flavor. And we settled on Pinnacle. Uh, Pinnacle was hmm. um, developed from the North Dakota State uh, Barley Breeding Program. It was introduced probably about four years ago. And it just has a cooler enzyme package, a low protein, and it just lends itself to a, uh, a lower modification. Uh, and it's a lot more traditionally European. Um, and that's something we, we strive for. Okay. Um, so we started, we switched, switched our base malt to that. And then um, one of the things that we're facing as well is barley is getting pushed out of the United States. It's getting pushed north and west with corn and soybeans. Um, all the barley acreage really? is leaving the United States. And in favor of alcohol production. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we're we're in an agriculture area. I mean, if you come visit us, you'll you'll drive through cornfields for two hours, and then you'll just drop down in River Valley, and there we are. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> pretty. So it was like, well, in Minnesota, we are right there. I'm fine. <laughs> here, first of all, she does, she does, this, it, it, she does this every week. It's fine. <laughs> So yeah. you you mentioned that you're looking for a lower modified malt leverage. Do you guys uh, do step mashing in order to yes. convert yes, that? Yes, we do. Okay. Yep. Um, but so kind of Minnesota used to be a major barley growing uh, area, probably you know kind of mid mid uh, 1900s. Um, Minnesota is where it was all grown, and now okay. if you come see us now, it's all corn and soybeans. It's, wow. it's pretty much all gone. You have a little bit in northwestern Minnesota, but otherwise, it's because that's the cache. That's where the cache is. Exactly. Yeah. I think it keeps them doing that move northwest. Like it's yeah. what was there is now in North Dakota, South yeah. Dakota. And it's and it's Dakota becoming probably. a big problem um, yeah. for the industry just because the acreage, the acres aren't there anymore. What's grown is grown in Canada or, yeah. or mm-hmm. North yeah. Dakota. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, well, how do we bring barley back back to Minnesota? And had this kind of very random chance meeting with the what I found out to be the lead uh, small grains agronomist from the University of Minnesota. I was at a sampling, it was a tap takeover, and uh, here's this semi drunk. Uh, <laughs> you were sober. <laughs> I was giving out the samples. Yeah, he's actually a teetotaler. Uh, he never drinks. <laughs> yeah. um, the guy from the Netherlands, and he made some smart-ass comment about American beers. And, yeah. and you punched of, him in the face, right? <laughs> in, in the throat. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, Literally, you are. Unbeknownst <laughs> to me, like, I kind of 
came back and, and gave him a little history about you know oh. barley and stuff like that. And he's like, oh. then he's just like, you can see that like Ugh. didn't know what to think. <laughs> you showed him out. And we sat there for the next four hours drinking beer and talking barley and all that stuff because he's that's he's the barley agronomist. He's the lead researcher for the University of Minnesota. Okay. And so it's like, all right, well, how do we let's grow it in New Ulm? Um, and it was like a challenge for him. Oh, and wow. so we worked with with Rar Malting and him. And one of my best friends who has been, their family farm has been around longer than the brewery has. Um, and they're just outside of New Ulm. And, uh, you know, for the longest time when corn was eight, nine, ten bucks a bushel, you would just kind of laugh at me. Okay. And then the bottom fell out in corn. And it's like, all right, let's, okay, now we can talk. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, the, the market changed. Yes. So uh, to make it a little bit more feasible yep, for you guys to do. Huge blood of corn. Uh, prices dropped, and, and now he's. He, they needs to diversify. Okay. And barley has always been a risk because it's not it's not an insured crop and it's not GMO. Um, and so the, the yields are much lower. Okay. And and one of the big problems was too is that it hadn't been grown in southern Minnesota for so long that all that knowledge, that you know, experience knowledge, you know, like you know how to do it. Just hands on. between your yeah, hands. Right. Yep. Yeah. Farming's the same way. It's all gone. You know, so he they had to relearn it. Uh, he had to get equipment for it and everything. But uh, four years in now, we've been growing. Um, and this beer that we just introduced is brewed with 100% locally grown barley within 10 miles of the brewery. Wow. Jeez. That RAR has malted for you. Um, it didn't work out with RAR, unfortunately. Oh. Oh. RAR is uh, a large company, and we would love to work with them because they're so close to us. But... Um, we just didn't grow enough pounds for them to even do a, a single mm-hmm. match. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we grew, huh. So they're, this, they're, they're a scale size. They want you to have to fill the dryer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So we Weird. grew 350,000 pounds, and that was... And they and it was too small. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Um, what do you have to... How much do you have to grow... Four hundred thousand pounds is like okay. a oh, you can almost yeah. there. But then it's yeah. like, all right, that fills one silo for them. But it's like, right, yeah. get it out, take it out. It's like, well, exactly. Right, yeah, <laughs> what are that facility is massive. So, wait, it's so, massive you're, yeah. so your grain silo is not that big? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. We're actually our, our silos are massively undersized because they're you know way back in the day kind of thing. So mm. yeah, um, so who is we'll your, get, who is your malter? Yeah, can you give a shout out to who malted it for you guys? Yeah, Breeze, Breeze did it. Breeze did it. Yep. And so this this can is from our our latest brew and this is the third maltings with Breeze. And they've, you know, it's been a learning process for them too because now they're getting a new product that they're not used to working with. And this one um, is extremely low in protein. I was going to say protein mm. content is probably yeah. one of the main so things that they're looking for. The, you're looking for, they're looking the for. The malt protein content was 9.1%. Whoa. Um, which what is that you're normal? lucky to get a, a barley or a malt protein under single 11. Digit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, single digits. Okay. Nine is almost uh, just almost like unheard of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we like it. And, you know, obviously the, the product's going to vary. We had two different fields this year uh, or last year. Um, one was a 10% barley protein, one was at 11. And so this was the first one that we blended the two fields. The, the one field with the higher protein was a smaller smaller field, so we wanted to kind of save that and for them to kind of figure out how they're going to start malting it. So this was this is one we're, we're really excited about, um, and it's got a really cool start. We get to work with, um, you know, a family farm that's works with us, and yeah. um, they get our spent grain back. They feed their cattle, and starting in November, now we're going to have shells, spent grain, raised beef cattle, Beef available in wow! Oh man, so double it's, double loop. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So as many variables as there are in on the brewery side of things, how was getting accustomed to? Okay, now I get to determine how my malt is malted. 
Yeah, so uh, Breeze has been really cool. Of they, they did, uh, we sent them a bunch of samples, and they did some some pilot maltings, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of their gold pills, which is like their Vienna malt. Okay, I was like, all right, can you can you try and make it like a gold pills? And obviously, they're they the barley variety that they're using for their gold pills is different than than this one. Okay, so that was a new thing for them. They're using a, a little higher protein one where this is a lower, so you do, you get different. Um, Mylar reactions going on, so it's it's going to be a different, and we'll do, we'll taste them side by side, and they're they're very different, um, and that's something we're gonna, you know, for with each year with each crop year, you know, this last year we had a lot, and we're gonna have to blend it in with next year's because we just got hit with a hailstorm and it wiped out fifty percent of our barley field for this year. So. Oh no. God. Golf ball size hail. Yeah, it, was right, yeah, it was right before the homebrew conflict, like yeah. about a week before. Like just really, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god! If, if I had if, seen if that the, in the news, I wouldn't have gone. I couldn't the, have made it. I was no sitting. Way. I was sitting on my in-laws' porch watching that hail. That was yeah. a nice show. If Too bad it ruined your was, field. Yeah. <laughs> It was really pretty, though. It was really pretty. It shows it you why there's no crop insurance on barley. Yeah, yeah. right. You can get decimated like that probably yeah. pretty so, easily. Yeah. So how come with not, like, that wouldn't happen with corn? The way, oh, yeah, so uh, corn also got just massacred. Okay. Uh, and if that field was a mile west, they got softball size hail. Wow. Oh, 100% loss. Wow. So we'll, we'll still get something. Yeah. But if it would have been west a little bit, it was Does that happen gone. from time to time? Is that normal, it's, or is this the first time you've the ever The weather seen it? seems to be changing, you know, okay. and I don't want to get political on it. But, no, no. Uh, they'll, they'll, even the farmers will tell you the first thing. Like, this, these types of storms never used to happen. So. Okay. Well, and isn't the, the whole crop insurance thing, and also, uh, well, it kind of goes into subsidizing, too, in terms of whether farmers want to grow corn versus barley? Does 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 uh, the subsidizing affect whether a crop gets insured? Um, one of the things that, and I've learned a lot about farming too, is in the specific county where it's grown, that crop has to be grown for three years in a row before okay. it qualifies for insurance. Oh, okay. This is the the third year in that county. So, so soon, he had, so he he had hail insurance, but he didn't <laughs> ah. have crop insurance. Oh, okay. so he got saved on that. My end, God, but, yeah. Um, wow, but. I mean, you, you know, got something out of it. Yes, and we'll okay. we'll get some barley, and and we we are really happy with the product. What was the barley varietal? That's you pinnacle. Pinnacle. That yep. was what it was. Thank you. And uh, you make just this one beer with that. That, that yeah. Small? So actually, and actually, the God, first so good. Yeah, <laughs> the first batch that Brees malted, uh, they overkilled a little bit. Um, so we call it our Salzburger malt. It's oh. Not quite Munich. <laughs> not quite Vienna. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like all in between. <laughs> um, so we've been using that in some other beers. So we got fifty thousand pounds of this. Overkill, Overkill yeah. Overkill. But they, did they give you a discount? Nice. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're kind of doing us a favor. No. I mean, they are doing yeah, us so a favor funny. by yeah. you know jumping through all these hoops to malt our sure. barley. You hear so a small yeah. batch of barley. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh fuck! Here we go. Here's uh, Jason. Here <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this beer is rad, and I, I'm going to just say it. Like, if if you're an American craft brewer and you want to make a Hellas, go to August Shell first, please, and drink the beer to know how it's supposed to taste. Mm-hmm. Tell me about. Tell me a little bit more about this beer. What um, what I've used. Let, let's pretend that I know what I'm talking about. Uh, Twenty, you know, uh, okay. keeping it super low. <laughs> okay. um, we wanted to, to showcase the malt and also and definitely the story about bringing barley back and and we know this is going to be a learning process on, on you know growing it, brewing with it, and malting it. So um, yeah, it's got a little bit of malt sweetness to it, but uh, hops are you know takes a backseat. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. A little bit of sulfur in the nose, which I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the malt sweet is there, but it kind of fades away, and uh, it's delicious, man. Yeah. God damn. Do you guys use uh, 
traditional German hops across the board? Or are you mixing up some new school German hops or even American hops? Yeah, I, I'm, I really like the new German ones, but mm-hmm. I, I love old noble, noble varieties as well. So Okay. What's the ABV on this one? As I get a as I get a beer boner, five percent. God damn it! See, and and so I've had like cra- <laughs> like American craft version of the style. It's like six percent and like super malty, and I just yeah. and I don't understand. I no, I know, right. and I don't understand it. Like heavy I, body, uh, yeah, and and I don't know. Not to be like a style whore or whatever, well, but that, well, but if you call it a Hellas, it should be a Hellas. Yeah. If you call it a pale ale, it shouldn't be six percent. It's that kind right. of thing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a style whore. It's a well, yeah, but right. Stickler. Yeah, but I think that's that's part of beer today. It's you know we kind of came up defining ourselves, defining styles, like being very rigid on mm. styles, and mm. then now suddenly that's out the door and open to interpretation somehow. Right. And I and I don't know where I fall. I guess I, I don't feel see that like. as a good thing if it's if it's being you know uh, misrepresenting. Uh, because when it's yeah. a consumer, you want to go like, oh, it's a Hellas or it's a Bo Bills or it's a German Lager. I, I kind of wouldn't have some you know idea what I'll get. You know? Right, but if they're, if they're way out of style, then that's sort of a problem. For the yeah, consumer. and this beer's not that. Yeah, like if it's a it's lager, really it should take more than five weeks to make. <laughs> I agree. Otherwise, just call yeah. it. A pills. Otherwise, it's an ale. Otherwise, it's an ale. This beer's good, man. God damn. Thank you for, a, for bringing yeah. this beer. And, and, I wish you could have sent a cake down him. Yeah. Me too, yeah. dude. Me, we tried. Everybody, yeah. we tried. And and, and I, I keep pressing the matter, but but I, I don't know, man. You know. A lot of the beer fans that we have these days that we have, like I'm, like I own a fucking five breweries, right? And <laughs> each one of them is doing gangbusters, so I have a bunch of fans. Um, but on the West Coast, you know, a lot of the new craft beer fans, new in the last five years or whatever. Uh, oh man, West Coast, all the IPAs, you're so lucky. And all I want is this beer all the time. Yeah, and I can't get it. And that's, I guess, the... The grass is always greener. Yeah. I'm going to use a word that I don't really know the, the, the definition. That's the dichotomy of, of being... Did I use that right? Maybe not. Okay. Um, of, talking, of, <laughs> yeah, of being in the beer industry is because you can't... You know, the grass is always greener kind of a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want most of the beer that we have on tap. Actually, right. <laughs> one of the beers I, I would like is the the Russian River Pale Ale, which is a 5.8% yeah, Pale right. Ale, which is not That's really... Nice. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Everything else I, I could care less. This this is all I want. This Hellas. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, like this. we aren't normal. I know. And what is wrong with us? Jace, what's wrong with us? Nothing. That all we want <laughs> is, just, is just loggers. Oh. Yeah. Just well-made loggers. I think well, Jace is right. Jace is on to something. Nothing is wrong with Favorite us. Favorite guest. Yeah. yeah. Guest of the year right here. Tasty, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's right. I was going to say, there, I did, there is one. Uh, I have a collab up there. Uh, I did with Central Coast. It's a Bow Pills. Uh huh. So anyway, it's a it's ten to get a lager, but it's one of those eighteen days flame to glass beers. Oh, yeah. why? Because they wanted to make some money. <laughs> yeah. They had to put some else in the tank, I guess. I okay, yeah. all right. So, how do you feel about about loggers? So, right now, you're drinking loggers that are that been five five weeks and whatever. And so, what do you think the flavor difference, if oh, any? Much much better, but okay. the average consumer wouldn't know the difference, at least around here. Yeah. Do you think that's? And I, I don't. I almost don't want to ask this question because I don't want to seem like I'm picking on you. No, no, no. But in my world, you are like kind of like the the spokesman <laughs> for the kind of fast logger thing, right? That's spokesman. It's something I know about. Sure, I've passed it on. But I'm saying, in my mind, because I don't get out much. And the breweries that I've done it at, right? Uh, they're happy. They're glad. They, they're happy with it. It's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that is that 
Good. See, I don't want to say is that good. You know where I'm no, getting, no, and I don't no, want to. No, no. I don't want to phrase it like that because I don't. Do you wanna... like muddying the waters if like that? I was bringing it forward to like advance the craft beer. Yeah, the, and that was, I would be. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Pushing good beers in the wrong direction. Okay. Sure. Okay. But it's more about the practicalities of commercial brewing, and the fact that you like to do a pilsner. Yes. This customer is starting to ask for them, but you don't have the time, the tank time to make it. It's going to cost you money. You know. So if you well, turn, turn around at the same time as an ale. Then it, it's a boot point. That's all. Just an economy. It's a commercial thing. Only. Even though it's not. Even though it's not a pilsner, you're just calling it that in order to well, sell no, it a, as a pilsner. It's a pilsner because it's got, got all pilsner malt ingredients. It's not a lager. I would not want to put. It well, right, is but that a, the a same pilsner thing? is a lager. Well, lager talks more talks more about the technique, the, the brewing process. Yeah, but it's also but it's also part of the the style, right? The lagering method is part of the pilsner style, right? And I don't know, no. and I'm not, again, I'm not like criticizing. I'm just I'm literally asking because I don't really know for well, sure. I don't know. We could call Germany because they're doing this very much do the same thing. They're call Merkel. The, most of their beers are three weeks now. Most of the what? Yeah, are you they do a lot. About? They do a lot of that now. Sure, German. What do you What do you hmm. mean? That's what they said. That's what I'm reading. No, here. but like who? But I, well, who? I don't, don't know. Don't, don't dodge the question. What do you mean? Like when you say that's what the most of them are doing now? What do you What do you mean by that? Well, because, like I mean, most of the craft they there? Don't, they don't have to do an extension lagering. But who's who's? You see what I'm saying? Who's the, who's they? That's what I read. I don't, think, I don't have names. I'm just saying that it's homebrewers becoming or? a German practice. I've heard. Okay. okay. They can probably do it under pressure and do it under different different variables as well. Or? Well, sure. I mean, they make sure that the product is, you know, they, they have tastings and make sure that the beer right. is like, they're acceptable. Panels and all sure. mm-hmm. yeah, true, right. to, true to brand. It's not working, that. they wouldn't do it. I, right. I do know that a lot of uh, home brewing is kind of going to like the trying to brew under pressure. I know More Beer has a product that they're coming out with, or I think it's out now, where you're you're fermenting under pressure to kind of... Strain yeast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. There's right. Some, and there's some yeah. lager yeast in particular that apparently, you know, Will do really well under those circumstances. You can get that pressure exactly where you want it to get, and like mm-hmm. re- and suppress the esters. Have you, you get guys, that effect? You get ferment right? warmer and exactly. Pressure, you don't get the Have you guys messed around with trying to shorten lagering times at shells? Jeez. Um, our American lagers are a little shorter, and that's just more of the style. But our, our regular ones, that's we just kind of do it traditionally. So, so you, yeah. you never tried doing a, a short and, lager or pressurized fermentation well all of like ours that? all of them we naturally carbonate so they will they're under pressure the whole time they're lagering nice. okay yeah because we've we don't have pressurized tanks but they can hold you know right. 15 psi yeah. and, and so we'll be 12 psi the sure. entire lagering time right. and that helps with with settling and in brightening up the beer sure, it's good. Okay. and you also trap in um natural sulfur dioxide Whoa. <laughs> I just spazzed out. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, natural sulfur dioxide that's produced during fermentation, and that's a preservative, so you should have a better shelf life, actually. Okay. Uh, that's below the flavor threshold, or if, say it's not, that's okay. It's, it's yeah, if you, if you, the style. If you spoon them or cap the tanks uh-huh. too soon, then you'll have an absolute sulfur bomb. So yeah. you gotta, oh, wow. yeah, you want to keep it at, uh, you got to know when it's going to finish, and then we go a degree and a half to two degrees Plato back from that. Just okay. Cap the tank. You do a fermentation, okay. forced fermentation. Yep. So we do all rapid fermentations um, with the ward. With with sixty people on staff, is there always someone at the brewery to kind of keep keep tabs on where gravities are at in order to respond yeah, so at the right moment? Lab lab works seven days a week. Okay, and they, wow. they will monitor uh, fermenters over the weekends. Okay. Yep. Um, great, Hellas. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's excellent. That's really good. Uh, what's the next beer that we have? Next beer is our Firebrick. This is our Vienna Lager. Firebrick. Oh, yeah. Man, I had a bunch of this at that fucking dive yeah, bar. Yeah, beer's good. Yeah. What's the name of that place? It was like it has like a Scottish-sounding dive bar name. 
the dive bar. Where we met which the, one? The guy who was running for mayor of Minneapolis. Oh, there was this dude. He was like he, he had a he had a he had a um like a, a Where was box it? truck. Right, and we were just walking down the street, and I I look over and I see this box truck, and the 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 back was up, and there was like Christmas lights, like uh, tiny Christmas lights at the top, and a couch and a desk, and there's an American flag on the thing, and I'm like, let's go sit in the fucking yeah. box truck, and hey, let's climb like, in there. Yeah, and everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And and th- there was a guy leaving. Goes, yeah, go ahead, you can do it. And I'm like. Fuck it. Okay, so we go and sit in the in the box truck, and we're hanging out, and the guy comes back, and he's like, I'm running for mayor. I'm 26. I bought this box truck, and I just <laughs> I take it around Minneapolis at night, and I just park it for like five hours at a time and just talk to whoever comes up. When you and Sam climbed in there, I expected him to shut the door and hop in the cab and drive off, and we would never see you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Got two. We got two. Yeah, I was um, waiting for that to happen before I climbed in. Total nice dude. Don't know his name. Um, but there you go. If you're okay. driving around Minneapolis and you see a box truck, it's okay. It's safe to go in. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. It's the one that doesn't <laughs> say free candy truck. on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Firebrick is good, man. Yeah. So yes. This is our Vienna Lager. Uh, we've made it since 1998. 1998. This is kind of our flagship craft beer. This is it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, flagship. It yep. just won uh, gold. Yep. At the U.S. Open Beer Competition Championship. Yep. Oh, got, yeah. Uh, the U.S. Open Beer Competition Championship. Competition's not in there. It's that's championship. Fu- that's fucking, no. Oh, Sil- illustrious. Silver at the World Beer Cup last year. Gold the year before. Do medals mean anything? Do you care too much or? Um, we don't. Be honest. Get too hung up on it, I guess. Okay. I mean, it's right. obviously it's great to win. Um, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Just pumping right. too hard. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I mean, Fuck, I got my quad all. Oh, they're, they're listed as an example in the BJCP, so. For this style? Yeah. Wow. Our, our Vienna Lager tasted nothing like this. Well, no, that's why this one wins. No, this, one's <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> this one doesn't have that much Vienna character. We Most got one shot. Have way yeah, too much right. Vienna Lager character. Yeah, ours had uh, the one we did. We did a Vienna Lager for Sierra Nevada Beer Camp. Okay. And we used like Huel Melon. Yeah. You know, which is a nice hop. Fuck, it was so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the dark malt, I think it worked really well. Yeah. Uh, but this is much. Ours was, nice. was heavy it was, as fuck. It was man. chewy. It was chewier than it was too chewy. much Vienna character. Yeah. Yeah. Like McDowell's talking about. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. good. Don't get me wrong. No, yeah. it was good. But it wasn't this. It wasn't this. No, it wasn't this at all. This is right. stellar. Yeah. How, and this may be a totally stupid question, but how how traditional. To the German beers uh, are are your beers like how in the same ballpark? You know, we we do use so this one has um, we use Liberty hops, which is an American variety. I mean, not that a hop is a big character, but yeah, I, I do think there's a difference with noble hops, even if it's just bittering or, or mid edition hops. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll definitely lend something. And then the base malts. I mean, we're using all American malts versus all German malts or European malts. You're going to get differences, so this yeah. is going to be our American take on a European. Concept. But like you know, within you know twenty percent, right? Like if I went to Germany, if I could pretend I could travel that far, is this pretty much how a Vienna lager tastes? I have not been to Vienna, so I guess okay. uh, I couldn't tell you. Good answer. <laughs> I, wow. Uh, <laughs> but I hope so. I just did an experiment uh, at the brewery where. I've done a Vienna Lager twice, single infusion, and the current batch that's fermenting, I did a two-step, mm-hmm. and it is fermenting dry. It's fermented faster. The gravity was dropping faster, and it's going drier than the previous two batches. Yeah. And so I was kind of curious what steps you guys do, because at least based on this experiment, it seems like step mashing can lead to making a drier beer, where I actually, the, the uh, sacrification temperature 
at the infusion was 147. Okay. And with the step mash, I raised it up two degrees, and it's actually going drier for yeah, finishing gravity. We do step mashes in all of our beers. Okay. Um, oh, wow. And I learned it in Celsius, so... <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, is fine. Yeah, yeah, we can do the math. Yeah, no, 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 just give us give so uh sixty two we're gonna look this up. Okay. Sixty three five is one forty nine, I believe. That's a good beer, Nate. Right? So one forty four we'll mash in. Okay. Uh, My favorite channel's beer is we'll go about uh forty minutes. Okay. And then we'll raise it to Little calculations, yeah. beep boop, boop, boop. to 162. Oh, okay, and then we'll do a 20 minute rest there. 20 minute, okay, yep, and then we'll mash out. Okay, is it high? That feels it's high for not being a mash out, right? Well, for a second, out. yeah, he just took the mash out temperature. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just kind of well, locking in everything at that point. Yeah, like, everything is done. All the things you yeah. wanted to happen have happened. Once you get the the end, the conversion stops, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you still could have a little bit. Well, that's probably true. No? Yeah. Then we'll raise to 172. Right. Yeah. 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 Got it. Right. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. So what is okay. it? So, one, yeah. so 162 doesn't I thought seem like hot. Above one, one, 60. I thought 160 it's when you... Stopped. Right. It's, you're degrading them, but you're not shutting it down. No, it's not, no, it's no, not, no, like, no. A, it's not like a light switch where you just... Exactly. Are, you, you got beta amylase and alpha amylase. The right. ones that can survive are going to work yeah. hella fast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're getting yeah. shit done. So yeah. at the the lower temperature, we're at our beta, beta amylase. Sure. That's the mm-hmm. optimum temperature. Yeah, they're into at the higher one, you're at your alpha amylase. Right. right. And then we, we want to kind of stop that, but we're not denaturing with our sparge water. So we're okay. sparging with hotter water than that, but it's not 180. You know, one, at 180, everything stops. That's, right. that's your pasteurization mm-hmm. temperature. So it's whatever, 178 is what we're sparging with. Okay. So just a, a low sacrification temperature and then a really high one. Mm-hmm. So how long does it take the ram from 142 to 162? Uh, 144 to 162. I think we do 10 Ooh. minutes. 10. So it's pretty quick. It's not like it spends much yeah. time in between. Mm-hmm. So why the 162? That's how the Germans do it. So the Germans okay. <laughs> right. How long is a piece of string? That's the way we do. <laughs> I feel like they just wanted it 162 to be complicated. Yeah. No, you're, well, you're at the, it's the optimum. That's the your beta amylase and your alpha amylase. Those are where they're mm-hmm. most active. Okay. So you're mm-hmm. getting the fastest conversion. Both ends of yep. Yeah. Instead of picking some happy medium, yep. they just give optimum the for both. I was going to chop it right in the middle, like super fast at that point. Like, <laughs> right. That's like the optimal temp for it, apparently. How is this beer uh, received? Uh, like Pretty said, good, it's right? Our flagship, yeah. It's your flagship, right? Wow, really, really good. So, yeah. the, so the base malt in this is the raw. Uh, yeah, malt. and then we obviously use especially malts. Um, and the one thing, uh, you know, steer clear of crystal malts. You know, use kiln malts. Crystal malts is where you get that heavy kind of talking about the sugar. Okay, yeah. we mm-hmm. use a lot of those, I think. Yep. And then, uh, <laughs> so you use a little bit of roasted sort of malts to get the color in this beer. Kilns like Vienna's and in Munich's, <clears throat> steering clear of caramels. But yeah. uh, U.S. produced, not using any European nope. versions all, of those. All ah, yeah. Nice. One. What's your boil like? Uh, we everything's sixty minutes. We have an internal calandria, um, so we get a, a good evaporation. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you get the darker? I mean, because it's you know it's a darker yeah an amber and, and color use, or whatever. We use right? Kiln malts. Yeah. yeah. So we use Vienna's and, and, and Munich. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting color from there. Okay. Nothing darker than a Munich. Uh, I would have to go and look exactly, oh, okay. but yeah, it's probably like a dark Munich. And, Which is well, like, I mean, like nothing like a. a, a like a chocolate malt or, or like a carafa or something like that. No, okay. <laughs> you're looking at me like I, like you're like fuck. That's where we messed up. We did all of the things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we only used a little bit. Yeah. 
That's all. No, it was we still did. good. It just wasn't a Vienna. It was something else. Yeah. Was something in between. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're when you're making a, a Vienna lager at a American, you know, yeah. craft brewery known for you know hop forward beers. <laughs> They had gonna, a killer baseball, though. One of those. Oh one man, those it was. That thing was. Amazing. Fuck! Yeah. It was so good. I forget what it was called. Uh, let me. Let's go back here a little bit, Jason. Talk about how you guys survived prohibition. Yeah. Um, I noticed. Uh, I was reading an article, or an interview with. Uh, well, it, was, it was. It was your dad, Tom. Right? Is his name? Ted. Ted. There you go. Same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is a quote from the from the uh, from the from the article, and then a, a, a quote from from Ted as well. He says the brewery also got a license to brew non-alcoholic beer or near beer, as it was known. Marty remembers his father telling him that the mark of a good near beer was how good it tasted when spiked with liquor. Quote because that's what everybody did. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was a really awesome quote. It was, it was like a uh-huh. pretty, right, it, it really does. It just provided the mix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also mentioned the same article that, that you guys had still going on in, during Prohibition to uh-huh. keep everybody sane is what is what the, the if, quote said. Hmm. If you visit our museum, you can see our still. No, museum. really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, it was my great-grandpa's, and it, uh, towards the end he was getting nervous about getting busted. Because yeah. we did get raided in 1923. Oh, uh, we got raided. We had, uh, they found... You know, full strength beer, and we had to go to court, and we argued that it was during the winter time, and it was slow, and that the beer just naturally fermented higher. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Did you wink? We're, at me we're, we're not we're... good at what we do. <laughs> yeah. It just happened, uh, and they yeah. bought it. Yeah, they bought it. We stayed Suckers. in business. Yeah, well, yeah. but uh, yeah, the the still is there. So he, the... he chopped it in half with an axe because he was. You know, you start right. to get worried. Yeah. So, right. so the root beer story is not true. You guys just had a still, and that's how you guys. <laughs> no, got we, we made we made root beer, we made near beer, and we also made candy. Okay. Yep. And then we uh, just to keep everybody working, keep keep the machines going. And yeah. And then prior pro, prior to prohibition, you had tide houses, which is mm-hmm. common in Europe. Uh, we had a bunch of those, and we would sell you know a couple of those off every year just to make payroll, and then just more or less. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and wasn't there some sort like? Uh, a lot of wood. There were a lot of acres of, of some some nice trees that were sold off too. Um, that was during the seventies. Yeah, that was oh during the, 70s. Okay. the other time when we were struggling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of cyclical, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so so what he's around? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, things are going to change. Sure. So what he's referring to is it, you know late sixties into the seventies. That's kind of the we call it the consolidation period. Right. All the the regionals, the family-owned breweries were getting pushed out by Bud Bud Miller Coors. Um, and I know you guys have talked about it on the show, and I can I have my own opinions about that. <laughs> I'm of, glad you mentioned it. Yeah. I have another I have another note here to talk about <laughs> yeah, that. But yeah. go ahead. Um, and so we were struggling again, and to make payroll, uh, my grandpa cut down black walnut trees that were on the brewery grounds and sold them for veneer to make payroll. He hadn't taken a paycheck in years, and that was how he wow kept the lights on. That's amazing employees. That's yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So th- this article also mentions a uh, they say a wave of consolidation swept through the industry and all but wiped out small breweries starting in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And that kind of struck me because I feel like we're starting to see that now, where we're having consolidation in the marketplace, specifically Anheuser Busch buying small breweries and bringing them under their wing. And and how is that? And you're smiling now, yeah. uh, which makes me think that I'm not alone in thinking this, which clearly I'm not. Um, but you know what I mean? It, so, it, it seems like this is just, here we are. Here's another cycle of consolidation. So we started off with the two American lockers, right? Yeah. And subtle differences, right? I mean, they're, you know, big picture. They're, you know, craft brewing, especially today, they're, they're very similar, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so back then you had a commodity product, more or less. 
and their game plan to put everybody out of business was by undercutting on price. Because sure. when, when something becomes a commodity, it's it's 100% price-driven. That's their game plan again. They're yes. just mm-hmm. buying all these craft breweries that they can commodita- commodita- how do you commoditize. Commoditize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, IPAs and, and you know, yes, every IPAs. single no, style. Instead of brewing right. in a 250 uh, barrel fermenter, they're going to put it in a 1500 barrel fermenter. Yeah. And yeah. not get, kill you on price. And if, even if they lose money, they don't care. They got, they're bankrolled. They but they're lose. not losing money. That's the thing. <laughs> right. They buy these breweries to let them operate independently, their, their base brewery, right. to keep their credibility. But they outsource all of their main products and they take those national. And yeah. then they make the illusion of choice, undercut everybody by two, three bucks a six pack. Mm hmm. That's how you, there you go. crush craft beer again. It almost sounds like history is repeating itself. Absolutely. It's not a bad business strategy all the time. Yeah. But I think what's different now versus then is you have, you know, quality is, is a main driving point of craft beer and freshness. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much you can do by shipping beer when you're competing with the brewery down the street and you're, you're shipping that beer from mega factory, you know, five states away. You're still working on freshness, and you'll mm-hmm. always have mm-hmm. that advantage in craft brewing is, is locality and freshness. Right. So how big of a check have you guys turned down? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to ask one. Yeah. Yeah. You're we, subtle as all fuck. You have, a, you have a very visible brand, and you'd be a, quite a trophy in there. In but the that's case. not their game plan. We, we, have not, no. we haven't gotten anything. Um, as far as you know. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> they want less than 10 years old, explosive growth right, yeah, in a yeah. region that is they don't have an existing brewery already. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They want to have a local brewery in every major brewing region in the country right. that they can always have that local brewery there. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Fuckers. Business. <laughs> Business. It sucks. Uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting. I thought that yep. was an interesting point. And, uh, you know, kind of just because a lot of people go, well, why does it matter? Who cares? Just drink good beer. Well, and I well, would even say it that matters. a lot of small, like the small most that makes it small craft breweries that make up the majority would even look at you guys at making over 100,000 barrels a year and kind of it goes against what their marketing is in that you can't even compete with price. And we don't. On the shelf. I mean, we, they undercut us all the time on our American lockers for sure. And right. I mean, we're, we kind of battle both ends. Like, we're, we're battling the big guys and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and craft brewing because craft they, brewing. they look at us as like we're one of them. Exactly. Yeah, you get longer than they are. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So. So how do you deal with that? We are, we're in five states. We're in Minnesota and just the border states. We okay. want to keep it our market local. And, you know, the population of those states is <laughs> probably less than the Bay Area combined. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing everyone else is doing. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you make a good product and you sell it to your local market. Yeah. And you, you guys are, are fine with that. Do, yeah. you, do you have aspirations to expand distribution? No. Okay. I wish you would. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Hey, I'll, I'll ship a keg to you guys. That'd be good. Yeah. Fuck, that'd be good. I mean, but you guys have a, again, a, a beer, strong local following. Beer's best when it's fresh. Yeah. You know? What, That's true. What good does it do to us to send beer across Man, mountain ranges? Dude, I was, I, I was in, like I said, I was up in the, in the Pacific, well, in the Pacific, in Northern California uh, on the coast there. And uh, they had, I, I saw a 15-pack, the classic 15-pack of founders. And I'm not trying to poo-poo anybody. I'm just saying. There's was a brewery name. It was a 15-pack canned in uh, January, March. It was a okay. stack ca- canned in March of a 
blonde ale or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's fucking four or five months old, dude. I don't know about that. And there was a six-pack of um, Scrimshaw from North okay. Coast. Right, down the road. Bottled five weeks ago. Yeah. Which do you think I bought, man? <laughs> because it, it's it's the freshness, and that's really what it, 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 it is coming down to uh, for me also. If I find a beer that's in my ABV range, which is hard to do lately, mm-hmm. um, then it's it, then the next tick box to, to, to tick, the check box to tick is, is fucking freshness. Yeah. But how many people are going to do that? Well, I think more right. and more people there are doing was, that. But they, they, they're understanding it, it that like, that's what matters. a stack of, of yeah. 15 packs. I don't think anybody's buying them. I think more people are like, looking I like, at I like hoppy I don't know beer. that. Though. I like hoppy beer. But if I showed up and I looked at that same date code yeah. and there was no good fresh hoppy beer in the house, I would switch gears and think about something else. Like I, I would, I would whatever, whatever beer was, was well, fresh. Well, right. And right? I, think, I think the same so amount of people you, who... You'll who, even like, change what style of beer you were going to get if you find out everything else in the store was, was old. Yeah. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that the, the people who care about that the most, the date codes, care about who owns what. I don't think that those two people are very far apart. No, they're probably the same. They're the same uh, consumer. Yeah. yeah, they're basically in that same realm. They're, they're thinking critically about that. Like they maybe they want a local product just based on that idea alone. But above and beyond that, because it's probably the one that tastes better because it wasn't mistreated yeah. or stored warm or. And that consumer else, will know right? that. I think. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think the date code people is probably a larger pool because people also buy milk. And understand well, people freshness didn't think codes. about beer like that yet. I think we're well, starting right. to more and more. Hopefully, yes. And right? what about right. vegans? You dick. Uh, they don't have friends. <laughs> oh, shit. Or buy or buy anything. They're too weak to to make noises to speak to people. I thought they just barter. <laughs> Isn't that what they do? It's really yeah. It's, look, I got this natural patchouli oil. <laughs> How much gas can I biodiesel? Anyway, uh, what's the next beer that we have? It looks like it smells like a half of Yes, this is our half of Yeah, I'm so smart, Warren. <laughs> wow, you know beer styles. <laughs> At least one. <laughs> Doc, you're a big half guy, yeah. right? You used to brew a lot of these, right? Yep. What Love do you think about things. this one? Tell me about it. He also is allergic to everything right now. <laughs> yeah. I no. can't smell anything. Yeah. I, I, I went out and uh, used some nose spray, so I'm good now. Oh, some powdered nose spray. He's mm. <laughs> uh, uh, um, This is really uh, uh, S3. It's just what I look for. I mean, smelling it, it, it smells like the BJCP guidelines read. Mm-hmm. Like the bananas, cloves. Bananas, cloves. Yeah, they're both and, really and, subdued. They're right? both really subdued. They're in even amounts, kind of right. ready also. Yeah. And one doesn't overpower the other. And it's like, literally, I go, oh, there's banana, and then there's clove. And then there's some banana, and then there's some clove. It's the one you of the best the ones the I've ever had. Yes, absolutely. Banana cloves over it, it's yeah. a nice New England wheat beer. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired, Warren. Okay. Here, Warren's fired. I turned him off. Uh, no, Jace, tell me about this beer. Yes. Yeah, so How long have you been doing And uh, the reason I you know, broke up Lagerfest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, we're going to forgive you because the beer is, is pretty good. Um, so this was our... We have to. Uh, this beer was introduced in 1984. And if you go, uh, I can show you this picture. Uh, it's also on our Facebook page, Shellsbury. Um this beer was brewed for the first time 33 years ago today. Uh, and this oh, was the first, wow. first wheat beer brewed in America post-prohibition. Happy fucking birthday. <laughs> and if you look on the, on the recipe sheet, <laughs> so talking about New Hertz, the, our brewer <laughs> didn't want to brew this beer because he just, like, he just didn't want to do it. This is not how we make beer. <laughs> And uh, so we had to like scratch out standard malt and you put in wheat. <laughs> scratch it, yeah. <laughs> and then look at the hop addition on the bottom. Uh, let's see, hop pellets, two pounds of Cascade, 
And what what is that one? 16 pounds of oh, question mark. That's right. 20 pounds of cascade, 16 pounds of question mark. <laughs> I don't even care to look. I'm not even going <laughs> yeah. to walk over there. Scratched out salt and wrote Dexter malt. Scratched yeah. out caramel malt, wrote Munich. <laughs> and then he said, I quit at the bottom. Did you guys? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really cool story that I heard. And speaking about talking about Anchor Brewery, yeah. uh, I met Bob Brewer. I think he's been on the show. The, He's yes, yeah, absolutely. Guy. Yeah, uh, I met him in San Diego one year at a CBC, and he's like, hey, you know, I, we'd always kind of promoted that we made the first wheat beer in America, and I remember at the time you guys came out one of this at the same time, and I'm like, could you just do me a favor and go back and look at your brew sheets? When did you guys brew it? Right, and I snapped a picture and sent it to him. He's like, no way. <laughs> he's like, we brewed it the same day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. That's so cool. And uh, it's like crazy coincidence. And, and I was talking with my dad. This was my dad's recipe. Um, Brees had to make wheat malt. There just wasn't wheat malt available in the U.S. Wow. So it was a new product for them. Wow. And they also, he smuggled in German wheat beer yeast from Bavaria. Okay. Like on one of his trips, he brought it back and gave it to us. Wow. So that's how what we had to do to even make this beer. Wow. And it was originally a, a Crystal Weitz, and now it's it's we've moved it to a... An unfiltered version, but <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. So, so Brees had to make clandestine, wheat. right? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I wonder if Anchor got their wheat malt from Brees, and I wonder if Brees knew what the fuck was going on. I, like, I, dude, we got two customers now for yeah. this. Well, they, or if Brees made it for shells, and it was like, where are we going to sell the rest of this? <laughs> hey, Anchor Brees calls up. Yeah, because I mean, in '84, they're. You know, there wasn't many breweries, so no. And, like, and hey, Fritz, you like money, money losing stuff? You want to try, you want to try this yeah. idea? Yeah. yeah, we got this new grain. Yeah, sell a couple more dryers, dude, and fucking buy some wheat malt. Yeah. You dick. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Fritz is nice, dude. Well, happy birthday. Yeah. yeah, this is a, a so, dude. Pretty cool to have it on this day too. Yeah. This is yeah. a great. It almost smells like a wit beer. Um, Maybe we to need to. No, you used to know styles really no? well. Oh, okay. We need to give uh, Anchor a call. You know, have, let's, have get, party. Yeah, let's get him on the phone, man. I don't know. Am, am, am I wrong on that? I guess maybe I'm wrong on that. No coriander. Or yeah, there's no spices. No, no, cor- no, no spices. There's, there's but a, there's no mouthfeel thing. But in, in the I, I guess yeah. I guess it, it smells like a wood beer in as much as it's so um, floral and so pungent in the aroma that I wouldn't have. I mean, I don't. Grant, I don't have enough, uh, um, you know, history with these with the style, the German half. But um, for me, a wheat beer that smells like this is a wit beer because it's so in your face, not in your face, but it's pungent and it's and it's right there, and you don't have to work hard for the smells, and everything is is kind mm-hmm. of up up front like that. Like they're sourcing the the yeast and treating it really well to get yeah. the, this great aromatics out of it that balances with the rest of it. Is this one that you treat in the brew house in a similar way in terms of generations that going a long time? Or is this one, going to say, it's probably pretty short. Right? Two generations. Two, and that's it. Yep. See, that's what matters. completely different pitch rates. And they're, not, pi- and they're not pushing that to five mm. to like try and save cash. And it's obvious because it has a very specific ester female profile. Beer, man. Right? So a third generation would be completely different. The, the yeast would just Yeah, we, just, we start over. Mm-hmm. What happens on your third? It's just that that's a, there's a reason all the Germans top crop is that, that the yeast is very unstable. Okay. And this, mm-hmm. even in the, the shelf life of the, this bottled product, the yeast, the yeast just deteriorates so quickly. So mm-hmm. that's why they top crop. They're always getting that first generation every time. It just it just breaks down multiple generations. And so do you always uh, ferment it in the same uh shape of fermenters mm-hmm. because geometry would impact the flavor yep. also and it's just 100 barrel fermenter that's our, our normal fermenter oh, okay mm-hmm. what's your fermentation program like on this 
Um, it's quick. I mean, it, it wants to go fast, and we, uh, taxes are, are cooling. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know the exact exact temperature, but it's a quick, you know, it's it's probably four days, and it's done. Jesus. Yeah. In a hundred barrel. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then we, we still lager for two weeks. Wow. This beer would you probably me- sell more of this in the summer than yes, than it's, it's, it's a seasonal year. product. It's a seasonal okay. product, yep. it, yeah. seasonal, okay. How uh, stable is the uh, yeah, finish that yeast slash haze in the beer? Does it settle out pretty quickly on the shelf, or it, it does dry? Um, it flocks. Uh, okay. I brought the beers in in the suitcase so they got all shook up, so it's nice and cloudy. But yeah, it, you God. definitely get that compaction in the in the bottle. That okay, we, you know, you just got to rouse it a little yep, bit, swirl okay. it, rouse it, do it. The this would get me into drinking wheat beers, dude. I mean it. This is a great beer. That's a it's a solid beer, man. Well, thank you. You wow. wish you had it earlier when it was 103 <laughs> degrees outside. Really well, luckily it's yeah. still 99 degrees. <laughs> so we're good. And here it's 74. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice. It's kind of our little cocoon. Mm-hmm. It's our little John. Um, okay, we're going to take another break. Speaking of John, here. Speaking of Johns. <laughs> Uh, oh, I didn't know I had. Uh, oh shit! You have a live read. Read it fast. Yeah, I have ten. Oh, I wonder if Jace would read our Adam and Eve live read. Oh, <laughs> have you heard of Adam and Eve before? <laughs> if not, I'm we have a live read for yeah. you. Yeah, new hurts. Well, let me tell you about <laughs> Adam and Eve. Not with the new product line. They, they have a loop for that. It doesn't have to hurt. Yeah. yeah. New, new doesn't have new to new hurt. doesn't have to hurt. AdamandEve.com. Oh. <laughs> They're gonna drop their sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) They would be. They would. They would. uh, They would. They would go into business. Could that be a new uh, Stag Series beer? New doesn't have to hurt. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of things you didn't know, uh, uh, Tasty. If you didn't know, new hurts sometimes. No. Speaking of things you didn't know, did you know White Labs added 16 new strains to the vault for home brewers? Did you know that? I knew they, they were opening up the vault like, big time. But you didn't know they added 16 new ones. No, I didn't know that. Brand fucking new. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. Place a pre-order for one of the strains. And once it hits 150 orders, which I think is like down, wasn't it like 250 before? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're much more aggressive in that program. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you'll get the strain shipped right to your door. Uh, now you can purchase specialty strains from the vault straight from homebrew shops. Two different pre-selected strains will be available at retail locations every two months. This way there's no wait for pre-orders to hit. Just visit your local homebrew retailer and pick up the strains. Keep an eye out for WLP616 Funky Cider Blend and WLP059 the Melbourne Ale Yeast. Which will both be available during July and August. And they put an exclamation point in parentheses after that last part. So it could be exciting or it could not be. I think it's up to my interpretation. And which is it today? Um, Balanced. Oh. Yeah. Moderate excitement. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited for the funky cider, though. Funky. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Get, I'm excited about some Berliner Weiss. Get funky That's coming, excited. right? Sure, why not? It's the session, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters. Brewing Network. 
Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent pending mash and boil 110 volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110 volt plug. Double wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, Easy oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah! It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. got to try it on tap at Moylan's in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. <laughs> Army, have you heard the latest at Hop Tech? Since Hop Tech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, rye yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at hoptech.com. Hoptech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. 
That's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. This rejoinder sounds like just a very bad like intro to a rap song. Well, oh, no. to me, this is the Adam and Eve live read intro. <laughs> it should really, maybe that's what it's for. Oh, it's a reminder. Yeah, it's a reminder to do weird porn reads. Um, I was trying to find a segue for that, but I can't do it. Um, if there are, let's see, where is it? Do you like cooking with craft beer, Doc? I'm sure you do. Yes, you got to check do. out the recipes on craftbeer.com, which I did not know they have recipes. So this is news to me. You're, we're learning together, folks. Craftbeer.com, published by the Brewers Association, offers the most comprehensive collection of craft beer-based recipes on the web. It's really something to behold. You can search and sort by recipe, or excuse me, you can search and sort recipes by course and beer style to find the perfect menu item, such as breakfast stout French toast stuffed with bourbon cream cheese frosting. Wow, so you're drunk at breakfast? <laughs> so you're fucking Who's wasted <laughs> at breakfast, I think. <laughs> right. If you're doing it right, Warren, you're drunk during breakfast. Right. Yes. So uh, breakfast is for breakfast out French toast. That sounds pretty good, dude. Uh, head to craft and anything with bourbon. I mean, you had me at you know that's great. Uh, head to craftbeer.com to search the craft beer cooking recipes and pairing ideas. Uh, I'll be doing that. Let me make my note, Warren. What was your Twitter game? Just to remind everybody. Um. Oh, it was. Yeah. What is Justin going to forget to do for the grand opening at the Hop Grenade in Fort Collins on Saturday? <laughs> That's right. Some Did paper, we con- paper towels in their bathroom. Right. I think that they are. I heard that I they, are. they are. Oh, because they, because the, how about music? Are, are they going to have the uh, Dyson blade? I don't know. I think that, I think that's what uh, they may have both. Because the problem, I'll tell you what the problem here is. You get three or four dudes in the bathroom. You're each waiting you, with wet hands, yeah. and they're waiting for the single hand dryer. Yeah. 
If you're not going to have paper towels and a hand dryer, at least have uh-huh. ten hand dryers. You can go three wide doing your job. It's going to go one wide getting out of there. Right. What if you guys just put all three of your pairs of hands in the dryer at the same time? <laughs> and rub each other's hands. <laughs> It'll be like, what was that music video? Nate, you would know. It was like, uh, it was like some weird kind of rap thing where it was like some dude in a chair and like rope would get tied around his face and like hands would be all over oh, I don't know. I didn't see this one. No, it no, was no. like It could be like that like kind a of YouTube thing. YouTube video It could be that creepy. Something. Yeah, but you just like rub your, you know, on the on the hand, the, yeah. the blower where it gives you the the the, um, the diagram of how to like push your hands together to like rub your hands because you need instructions at that point, right? Yeah. yeah, it'd be like that, but like you and I would rub our hands together while me and Warren would rub our hands together. Wet, sweaty hands in the bathroom. Well, the, the friction is help. Doing Adam and Eve read. Oh yeah. man, Bev, you don't want to leave. You want to be in on this. Yep, she nope. does. She came back in. No, she did. That's right. All right. Well, no, she's then she, she left, left. She better. left again. All right, we're here with Jace from uh, Shells Brewing, and um, what are we drinking, Chase? Uh, Jay, I almost called you Nate for some reason. I'm wasted. Um, what are we drinking? Because these do not look like loggers to me, dude. <laughs> they are not loggers. Uh, shifting gears again. Uh, this is these are Berliner Weisses. This is our new new for us program. Uh, this is our Noble Star collection. Um, in what we like to try and do is obviously you know focus on German style beers. But we also yeah. like to use our history in new ways and try to incorporate that in, in different ways. And where this program started is actually in 1936, um, right after Prohibition. Um, we are broke, uh, but there's a huge demand for beer, and so we needed to add capacity quickly uh, and cheaply. And we did that by putting wooden tanks in the brewery instead of steel tanks. We'd already started uh, turn of the century converting everything over, okay. um, but couldn't afford to them. And we had the cellar that was two stories um, underground, and we had dunk tank works out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, build 10 cypress wood lagering tanks, 145-barrel capacity each. Uh, and wow. this was uh, a way for us to add a lot of capacity quickly. Right. And we used these tanks from 1936 until 1991. Um, part of our, our regular production process, we were making our, our deer brand beer. In it. How do you, how do you sanitize a wood <laughs> lagering tank? Jason's laughing before you, you even finish that. the question. <laughs> um, well, you serve it quick. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Turn around. Yeah. Um, I water is the answer. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, they were for one. They were cypress. Cypress is neutral flavor. Uh, it doesn't on. have that strong. You know. Um, flavors that you get from oak, those nice vanillins and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pitch lined them. So once a month or so, a brewer had to climb in there with a bucket of molten wax and a blowtorch oh, and God. we would torch oh, the wow. side of it, uh, scrape off the old pitch, and yeah. then paint and brush on new pitch. Oh. And that's how you reseal the tank. Wow. <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. But to answer your question, you can't. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, is that why they were lined? Because it was easier to... That was as good as you could get. Okay. Um, it, right. it minimized the contact with the wood and then, yeah, hot water, like you said, tasty. Okay. Um, but we were probably making sour beers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Unintentionally. Um, 90, you said till 91. Till 1991, yeah. Oh. So the... Yes. So how did you control temperatures around those those tanks? Th- to this day, our, our lagering tanks are all room-cooled. Okay, so you chill yep. the room. Yep, so the whole room is cold. Okay. And the beer would go in cold, and it would just stay cold, more or less. Um, not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, the last beers we were making in there, you guys remember Pete's Wicked Ale? Yeah. 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 So oh, you were making Pete's? You made Pete's? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were in the 80s and, and early 90s, we were doing a lot of contract brewing. That's so right. You said that was okay, our, yeah. our biggest contract, but we did like... Uh, 
SLO, Schlafly, Three Floyds. Um, really? Yeah. A lot of... A lot Some of, big names, man. Well, but... And at the lockering phase, it's not... There's not a lot of heat generated, right? No. So, nope. I mean, the, yeah. the fermentation stopped. It's cold, so it's it's more of just Pretty clarification. Pretty stable. Yeah. 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 Okay. At that point. Um, so, 1991, we stopped using them. Two years later, we pulled eight of these tanks out, um, put them in a dirt floor shed, and replaced with, you know, stainless steel tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were... Uh, my dad just couldn't bring himself to throw them away. Was the only reason we kept them. <laughs> okay. Um, and we left two in the brewery just in case. They were like backup tanks. Um, never had to use them. So they, they're the <laughs> same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank God. So <laughs> you, did you ever have to pitch, re-pitch one of those things? No, to, re- to, to, like, to, to, to paint? The, I, I the, never, you never, never had to do that? got to experience oh, okay. that, no. <laughs> <laughs> got a break there. Well, yeah. I, was, I was talking, All to, one less the, for you. talking <laughs> to one of the brewers one time. He's like, yeah, I remember going that. We'd go in there and you know, you'd finish. And then it's just kind of nice and warm in there, so I just lay down and take a nap. Because <laughs> you're in there by yourself and no one else is around. Like right. It took. I was very thorough with my pitching. <laughs> He's the best. Call Brad. He's yeah, the best. Right, yeah. He takes an hour, but God damn, it's good. Yeah. You've done it good. Uh, yeah. Um, Did you fire him? <laughs> when he no. told you that? No. Well, I mean, at that point, it's firing. 30 years after the fact. <laughs> yeah. Still, profit um, never sleeps. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, these two tanks that are sitting now in a cellar. Okay. Um, and then eventually that cellar becomes, we just stopped using it. We, we put shitty dairy tanks in there. Yeah. And uh, in kind of fast forward to 2008, and we're coming up on our 150th anniversary in 2010. And we thought it'd be really cool, like, hey, let's try and restore one of these tanks and make a brew with it again. Um, but at that point, they've been in a cold cellar dry for, you know, 20-some years. Okay. I can mm-hmm. stick my fingers through the gaps. <laughs> no, it shrunk uh, that much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the rings are all in, in tough shape. And, um, and, and the way it kind of got started was this uh, um, a barrel company, the, the barrel mill uh, okay. in, in Avon, Minnesota. They came down and they were selling laser-etched barrel heads. They're like, oh, these are cool, but uh, are, are you guys real coopers? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually yeah. do make barrels. I'm like, are you ready for the most challenging <laughs> exactly. yeah. 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 Not it's just like, real coopers, insane coopers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, can you come look at something? We got an idea. And then we take him down there, and we're like, whoa, you know, the guy just lights up, and he's loving it. And he's like, well, we want to use it. He's like, are you serious? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and he gives us some pointers. Like, all right, you got to level the rings, and you got to rehydrate and stuff like that. And, um, we have all the old tools. So we go in the museum and just pull the tools. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the museum. Uh, That's how old these things are. Yeah. Is the the tools to make them were on display. <laughs> yeah. so we get the hoop driver and and we'd start leveling them out and just stick a hose in the tank and, and you know we didn't know what we were doing so we right. just stuck a cold water hose in there and every couple of days like you know turn it back on again and just flood out and. After a couple of months, all of a sudden it starts holding water on the bottom, and then slowly starts creeping oh, wow. up. And, um, we would saran wrap, like we use pallet wrap to like hold the water in. Oh, okay, okay, um, yeah, all right. So okay. the outside, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, slowly but surely, like we closed the door finally, and it just and it. By the time it got full, we had kind of missed that window for the. I mean, it took like a year to get it three hundred. <laughs> okay. like, you closed right. the door to the room and just flooded the room. <laughs> yeah, right, that was easier. Yeah. No. Um, but we finally got to, to, to hold, um, and it was, you know, fully sealed. And, mm-hmm. and by that time, the 150th anniversary had happened. We kind of moved. You were talking about Hoffman Maltz. That oh, was yeah, our, yeah. Our right. anniversary beer instead. Um, and then I, I left for brewing school, and now we have this fully swelled tank. And it's like, well, 
hey, we can use these for something else. Like, we were just mm. going to make, like, a regular lager beer. And it was like, well, you know, Rodenbach's tanks look just like these. And there's this oh. old, weird, obscure German style of beer called a Berliner Weiss. And it's, right. you know, you kind of research it. And, like, well, these are kind of a similar thing. Like, sure. let's make Berliner Weiss instead of, you know, lager beer in it. Yeah. And um, so I kind of made that my little personal side project when I was in Berlin to learn as much as I could about that style. And it is more or less dead in Berlin as well. Now now mm. there's, you know, some crappers are doing it, but, but then nothing. Um, and Kurt Marshall was one of my teachers, and he's someone that helped me out immensely and someone I have absolute the most respect for. And he kind of really helped me along with learning how to make this style of beer and, and working on, on strains and stuff like that. And so when I came back... Um, Drained it, cleaned it, and we had to remove the the pitch somehow. Mm -hmm. And so we hired a dry ice blasting company, which is like sandblasting but with dry ice pellets. And (laughs) a crew of three people, uh, and it took them two days. They had to climb in there with a guy uh, tied to a rope (laughs) in like this (laughs) Arctic snowsuit because it's negative 117 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Wow. And it's all CO2. So if he breathes, oh, he has a a mask on, respirator. You know, a respirator suit. But if okay. he tips over, the other guy's got to drag him out of there. <laughs> got to drag him out. Yeah. Okay, all right. And they completely stripped all the wax out of there. Wow. And uh, so we got that done, and, and then I had to go in afterwards, and you know, because they were learning too, they'd never done anything like this. And, yeah, how the and, fuck do you find right. somebody like that? Like, how do you how do you go? How do we get this pitch out of here? Well, yeah, my great 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 grandpa <laughs> used to do this. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, he, no, like, it was. They're like, you want to use this tank for what? <laughs> yeah, um, I was just doing a bunch of research online and i saw like that you can rejuvenate wine barrels with this dry ice blasting process where they Hmm. will strip out the you know a thin layer of it now you get Mm -hmm. you know rejuvenate the wood yeah and so then i you know google and around and and there's this company in prior lake minnesota called midwest dry ice blasting of all (laughs) (laughs) wow okay all right and called them they came down they they specialize in like um Fire damage restoration. So it's a oh. really minimally abrasive process. They can oh, okay. restore old brick okay. and wood and stuff like that. And They'll do attics that have been. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that way it doesn't, it's not wet or it's Everything not. evaporates. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, they looked at it and were like, sure, we could do that. Take a challenge. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he, he bought some pieces of Cypress online and he waxed them himself and then he like blasted them and it just showed us, like, oh, I think it'll work. So, all right. Cool. Knock yourself wow. out. Yeah. Um, and so they, they stripped it down, but they, you know, had some rough spots. We sanded them down, and I got this nice, smooth, clean tank. Um, we went through, like, a winery sanitation program to kind of clean it as best we could. And then we brewed a sacrificial beer into that tank, and we let it sit there for four months, and nothing happened. It's like, perfect. All right. Drained it, cleaned it again. So, uh, no, like a test bad. Yeah. No, no fermentation it. happened or yeah. nothing bad happened? No, we happened. didn't know what was going to... You didn't... Nothing bad happened. Did uh, you pitch oh. into it? It was just wort or... It was a, it was a, just a regular beer. Okay. Um, and oh, okay. we let it age in there. Uh, we dumped it afterwards, but okay. it okay. was kind of one... Um, just get the newness out of the barrel. You were just yeah, we just see, wanted to see what happens. See yep. if it would sour, essentially. No, no, not even the sour. Just oh. what kind of flavor is going to get from it, like... Is it? Is the tank got so much contamination already that it's oh, going to okay. go bad on its own? Okay. So, what did it, it taste like? Nothing. Just, just like the same. And it was like a okay. beer that we had. It was, uh, it was screwed up, and so we were going to either dump it anyway. So we, we just put it in there, transferred to the tank, and, uh, why diluted not? it way down. We just okay. made it like a low okay. alcohol beer, and so it yeah. was bad going in anyway. But nothing happened. So okay. drained it, cleaned it again, and we brewed our first Berliner Weiss into it. And so we do mixed culture primary fermentation. Uh, Ale yeast and lacto, and then we go into the wood tank with Britannomyces, and okay. uh, 
the beers that we produce age anywhere from six months to two years. Wow. With bread. And so we started with that first original tank, um, introduced the first beer called Star of the North in 2013. That was a traditional take on a Berliner Weiss. Um, brewed a couple more beers, then we restored the second tank. We kind of learned a few things along the way, so we sped up that process. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, and we were making beers out of those two tanks. And the cellar that it was in, you said you were down there. It yeah. was a challenging cellar to work with. <laughs> sure. To put it nicely. <laughs> um, so we we built a off-site production facility, or it's called the Star Keller, and that is our new sour brewery. Um, and we pulled the other eight tanks out of storage and restored those. Oh, now we have ten tanks um, that are all being used for our, our sour production, all built in 1936. Wow. Is, is and there are 150 barrels apiece? 145 barrels each. Wow. And, and so primary fermentation happens in stainless at the main brewery? Yes. Yep. Okay. No, no, not at the main brewery. At our oh. new sour. So we, we brew everything at the, the, the brewery, mm-hmm. and we truck it over the wort, and we ferment. Uh, we do this modified split fermentation. Um, and I gave a talk at the, the NHC about mm-hmm. kind of our production process, but... Um, we do so. We do primary in two different vessels, and then we mm-hmm. uh, blend the two into our wood tanks, and that's where we pitch bread. Are the are the lacto and the Saccharomyces separate in the primary fermentation? When we first started, we were doing a split fifty fifty, um, one half just ale yeast, one half just lacto, and that was because of just the, what we had to work with. We didn't want mm-hmm. we had this abandoned cellar with one stainless tank that was still usable in the wood tanks, and so, but that tank couldn't do the full batch okay so we could do about half of it so we did a split half with the ale yeast half with the, the lacto blended the two and they would finish each other out the ale yeast would ferment out the lacto and the lacto would sour the ale yeast okay kind of thing mm-hmm. uh we've since kind of modified it to now we do an 80 20 like uh a mixed fermentation ale and lacto in the 80 percent of the batch the 20 percent is our like our, our acid booster as we call it we just okay. ferment that with lacto and, and you'll oh, kind okay. of blend it to taste to kind of or um to it's more the the strain we're using all our strains are from extinct east german berliner weissbergs and the, oh, wow. the lacto strain is a really it's a brevis strain that is wonderful but it's very slow and so we kind of treat that as a booster to kind of speed things along not mm. that it even does that but we're trying to build lacto cells because it's so hard to prop that okay okay um, it's stronger, so you don't have to wait for the other to eventually show up. Yep. Yeah. So we're going into the these wood tanks barely under four pH. Um, okay. So it's just starting to get sour, and then or it does its all of its souring happens in the wood, and then Brett is also okay. doing its thing where we're getting the aroma and, and the the dryness of you know the attenuation factor. Mm-hmm. And then how long do you age it in in the wood? Um, so the the first beer we can actually yeah, it's oh, sure. yeah. 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 so the one we have in front of us is Galactic Collision. This is an example of a traditional Berliner Weiss. Um, it's just different than the Star of the North, the first one we did. Um, this one is the first one that we did with that kind of modified eighty twenty process. Um, and this beer aged for ten months in wood. Um, we used, uh, like I said, our Brevis strain. Um, we also co pitched with a Picia strain, which is a Picia. Uh, non-saccharomyces wild yeast um, and it just produces a bunch of esters. We wanted to see if we could push the ester profile in a different direction. So okay. With this beer, I get a lot of uh, cider and pear. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, but very dry. Again, at age 10 months, uh, we used a Brett Glacenii strain, um, which I think gets more of that kind of tropical, but then with that picky, I think it morphed it more into like pear cider, like I said. Very um, but very dry, very fruity, like you said. Super um, pear. Yeah. Um, but not overly yeah. tart. This is, no, no. Uh, no. If, if you get like total acidity, uh, we're at a 0. 0.5. Um, 
um, in a three, four, five pH. So not wow. super tart. We we strive yeah. for balance in all of our sour beers. We don't want anything super acidic. It's it should be about drinkability. It's not supposed to be mm-hmm. right. This is a style that you shouldn't actually have all that. Right? No, no. It's using the acidity to enhance the flavor to make it more poppy. Right. Yeah. Right. Classic Berliner Weitz is not what you would associate with the common American sour or even level American of tart. acidity. So, yeah, it's barely tart. Yeah, and and that's something I talked about in my my NAC um, presentation, and I, I was looking at the old production methods and kettle souring was a method that was. Championed by one brewery in 1908 called the Franca Method. Okay, they were the only brewery to ever do it, and then they <laughs> stopped. But it got a lot of you know it was written about because it was a unique process. Yeah, yeah, uh, but never really took off. And uh, they even switched from doing it, <laughs> or, or went out of business. One of the oh, other. okay, yeah, or both. <laughs> um, so kettle souring. Only like is based- rolling the dice so many times. <laughs> <laughs> so kettle souring is based off of you know. U.S. production is based off this method, right? But they're trying to achieve the flavor profile of Berliner Kindle, which is they do a different method that is considered non-traditional. Um, this, hmm. this is Brock method where they do the split fermentations like what we do, but then they sterile filter or pasteurize it to lock lock in oh, the really? acidity, and they never ferment with Brettanomyces. Hmm. Right. So you have these two different. A method that was never used, <laughs> trying to achieve a profile that is not traditional, and that's become the de facto style of what Berliner Weiss should be. Uh, okay, sure. So the style is confused. Welcome to craft confused. beer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoy your stay. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason Berliner Kindle is like the survival, like the lowest common denominator is the one that is still around today. Okay. Like all these breweries, like, you know, consolidation, whatever. It came down to them, and they're the one that were doing it the untraditional way. <laughs> so, like the last wow. one that was doing it the traditional was was Schulteis, and they do this, you know, mixed fermentation, fermented with bread, aged for a year, bottle conditioned for four months afterwards. It was like a very wow. long process to make a three point two percent alcohol beer. Right, and then in Germany Probably they they, they add raspberries and, and Woodruff and a bunch of stuff to cover up all those flavors. Yeah, right? and, well, no, so that syrup that was kind of a touristy thing. And Berliner Kindle designed their beer to be drank with the syrup. Huh. So they make it over-the-top acidic without any aroma, so you can dump <laughs> syrup in it and get this sweet-sour thing wow. going on. So, you're, so essentially what we know as Berliner Weiss was not no. traditional at no. all and geared just to basically a syrup delivery machine. Yes. Elko Pop. Okay. Hmm. Ooh, the first fucking Zima, dude. <laughs> the first Bartles and James. Wow. Those Germans know how to do... They're forward-thinking. Yeah. They know how to do what they do. So you're... Would you say you're more the traditional way then, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we try to as much as possible when, and with aging in wood for long periods of time. Um, and if you go like on our, on our Facebook page, the Star Killer, um, it's our, our tap room that opened up in March. Um, you sit right in between all ten tanks, and it's really dimly lit. Wow. It's like, a, like a speakeasy kind of thing. We got to go. Let's uh, go right now. Yeah. I, I, I'm flying back with Jace. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'll be his check on. Yeah. Um, do you guys, if it's aged in ten months, do you guys do any temperature control in terms of the, the, the room? Yes, yeah, so we keep the room at 60 degrees. Oh, okay. And that was, I, I toured Rodenbach, and I asked uh-huh. them what temperature these tanks are, and they said 15 Celsius. I'm like, Perfect. <laughs> I can make so that happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So th- they don't see the summer to, to winter fluctuation. No. Even and even in bit. the old cellar, it was pretty constant. Okay. Um, and that we tried to. It was more heating it than cooling it because it was sure in the winter cold cellar. Yeah. Um, so when we went to this new place, we just we have a, a 
temperature room control okay. to keep it. What's your grain bill on this? Um, so we use, uh, again, lots of shout-outs to Breeze. Um, <laughs> we get a, uh, they custom malt a chit wheat malt for us. So uh, we get something that's super high in protein. It's mm-hmm. knocking around 14.5% protein. Wow. And they do a two-day malt. So it's highly under-modified. It's, it's bordering, it's the German Reinheitsko, right? you got to have mm-hmm. malted barley. Right. Um, you're trying to almost mimic what Lambic brewers are doing with raw wheat. But it's just malted oh, okay. for a very short period of time. Okay. So tons of tons of you know dextrins, a right. lot of protein left because uh, especially our lactose strain is highly protolytic. It just chomps through proteins. So we're trying to save as much for foam stability at the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we use a highly undermodified um, wheat malt, and then it's a super simple um, two thirds, one third, two thirds wheat malt, one third. Um, uh, we use chit chit barley malt as well. So what is what is chit bar, bar the, 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 under modified? Under modified. Okay, it's just starting to grow. Like it's just starting to sprout or whatever. Yeah, it's just starting okay. to sprout. Okay. I think it's cut essentially. Like, and because if okay. you had a, a lower protein content malt, then the Brett and the Saccharomyces would consume all that stuff, and there wouldn't be le- much left for the slow lacto that you guys yeah, use. Yeah, it, it's it's a thing. It's a common problem in sour beers. Is it like foam? You know, they pour yeah. them, and you just have like a soda pop foam where it's yeah. gone. It's gone, mm-hmm. right? And that's because depending on the strain you're using, it's really uh, protolytic, mm-hmm. and the temperatures like kettle souring, mm-hmm. and even like with us in fermentation, when you're above a certain pH range, that lacto or bread strain will just chomp through all that protein, and you have nothing left for foam stability. Oh, so the pH of the beer can affect what uh, proteins the Brettanomyces. Yeah, you have that you, a range on? of where it's highly active, and okay. you can get it below outside of that active range. Okay. So using other bacteria, you can affect how the Brettanomyces impacts. Yeah, and we could use a different strain, like Delbrachia. I don't think has that same uh, gene, you know, where it, it, the protolytic uh, enzyme. Sorry. Um, and I don't think you'd have the same problems. It's just that oh, okay. strain that we're using is highly protolytic, so we have to kind of jump through some other hoops. Interesting. Well, it's working. This beer is great. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, for just kind of, I don't know, Berliner Weiss, to me, it, it what am I trying to say? It tastes f- fruited. Mm-hmm. That's how big the pear is. Yeah. But there's a wood, too. That part that survived. There is, yeah. It's kind pretty of like cool. A, it's like subtle, but it's But it's like working. a normal, like a neutral tanniny kind yeah, of exactly. kind of a thing. It, it dries it dries it out. But I would swear like there's some sort of pear essence or some something Earth, like that in, in the yeah. Esther. Yeah. It's an ester, for sure. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So how many times has the, like, say, for instance, the barrel this one have been in? How, or, for, uh, yeah. How long? How many times has that been used? I mean, these are getting pretty. These have some turns on them. Now, so right? this specific beer was the first time brewed in one of the eight tanks that were we restored. Really? So it's a version. So I think that that little bit of wood oh, character you're getting, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. Is, we probably won't get the second time around because sure. it was freshly oh, okay. dry splashed. Yeah. But um, the flip side of that, you know, everybody wants craft brewing or. Consumers, they want to age sour beers, right? Right. You've got to sit on them for 10 years and bring them out and do a vertical. No. Um, <laughs> but when you're making Berliner Weiss and 3.5% alcohol, <laughs> right. that doesn't lend itself well for no, aging. No. So we whirlpool oak our sours for whirlpool tannin extraction. Oak. Okay, what do you mean? Because hmm. tannins build body and longevity. Sure. Right. It's okay. Like, yeah. Barring that from like winemaking, mm-hmm. where they. That structure, that long term. Yes. Kind of so they will primary ferment on oak chips or something like that. 
you get that oak extraction. All those mm-hmm. wood sugars are consumed by the yeast, but you're left with tannins, and that just is like an underlying structure that builds longevity. Because you're not getting it. these beers will last longer. Because you're not getting it from the cypress, so you're nope. adding it in the yep. beginning. Interesting. Correct. Crazy. I, he, he knows what he's doing with oak. No, but, wow. not then, but some older barrels have been had more turns on it. Than, yes. Yep. Are they are they developing more like character in terms of like? Uh, well, are they returning more more uh, acidic character. We over we time? clean every between each time. So you're, you're starting um, back mm-hmm. at bronze zero then. You're okay. Well, we knock it back. I, they're never never. They're 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 sour tanks okay. now. They're yeah. they're always going to make sour beer. Okay. But we. Because we do that modified split fermentation, we get a lot of yeast load going in there. And if we were to keep just like the the New Belgium method, you know, where they just kind of keep topping up on a Solera yeah. thing, um, eventually that yeast mass will just keep building and right. building and building. So you're and, draining it out completely. Yeah. yeah. So we, the big yeah. thing is we want to get that giant, you know, couple right. inches of yeast off the bottom. There's stuff yeah. that's in there that you don't want to. Yeah. Brett will, Brett will consume metallicis right. to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we clean them in between each time, um, but like I said, they're this stuff is in the wood. Yeah, and, so, and you're main, so you're maintaining the same pitching rates. Yes, yep. batch after batch. Yep, and yeah. and we're tweaking every time too, and that's something we're we're, we're learning as we go. Right. Or, what, okay. what year did the program start again? Um, we brewed the first one in 2012. 2012. Yep. Cool. So how many how many different uh, vintage or bottling or, or run have you done of? of this program, I think we've done fifteen different about fifteen version. Yeah, that's enough to dial it in. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, it, you know, a big thing for us was transitioning from everything in the brewery um, to this new facility. Now we're trucking wort. In those first three batches, we moved over. We've had to dump. Um, so that was <laughs> what? Uh, what they did lab didn't check out on the other end. Like no, I mean, or? so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to talk uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. squirming. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. yeah. No one likes dumping beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you really want to nail it out the gate. Yeah, why right, not? Right? Yeah. Well, if we look at, especially, I mean, we're in the Midwest, you know, in the North. Um, we're, we have to do a lot of education. And you... I don't know. You can't. You can't put out bad beer. I mean, you have, we treat it as you got one shot. To exactly. Make, you get one shot you to make a beer shot. like this because it's yes. not. Which it's not well understood to be. This is weird. I wish everybody knew to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Eminem. Like Eminem had one shot. You <laughs> only get one chance shot. to blow. Yeah. 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 But thank you for taking that seriously and not just being like, "Oh, it's craft." Each batch <laughs> exactly. is different. You'll like it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Like it also, because like, you know me. Re-educating us on what brilliant advice. Should is be. in the yeah. sense of like yeah. you know, here's the guys that survive, but it's not necessarily what mm-hmm. it could have been or what it was. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so we're using this bulk tanker truck that also hauls milk. There's a big butter oh. plant in Nome, okay. um, and you would think that the dairy industry has some pretty high hygienic standards. Oh, yeah. And I we watched we watched the truck getting cleaned, and they you know we checked out other chemicals, and it looks good. And so the first one. <laughs> First truck that we get in, um, you open up the cap and you see these little white specks coming out of the tank. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, we swab it with ATP and it's, yes, it says it's a zero, like it's all been fried. They like burn it up with like this super high, like chlorine, oh, okay. whatever. But uh, I think there's some shadows in the tank. And within like three days, that beer was just like horrible, rotten Parmesan cheese. Like, oh, God. Down the drain. Oh. Second one, uh, we told them about it, and they said, oh, okay, we're going to modify the, the process. Yeah, From do the, a full loop. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, the, the yeah. line, I guess. Yeah. Um, same thing. Like, 
no milk came out, but like it just it wasn't. It's not clean. So, like, so what, what do you? So do we you, started. They clean it there, and then we get it to brewery, and then we reclean it now. You reclean it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Do, what, what what do they say, or what do they, what do you do? What recourse do you have? I guess do they credit <laughs> again, like, you again, on that, like, or it's again, just kind like, of. They're doing us a favor, so yeah, it's like you can't. Yeah. You can stop asking people favors. You're in the photo on both right? sides. Yeah, there's a bunch of cops with big tits waiting for that truck. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's it's just it just it's cost of doing business, and it kind of is what it is. Learning curve, yeah. Okay. So we okay. chalk it up to that. For but both now we've now we've got it. You know, we we resanitize it once it gets to the brewery. But you're paying for their it. learning curve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're doing you a favor. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> what what about the uh, Cypress fermenter? Did you do anything extra to make sure that whatever made it Parmigiani didn't didn't uh, happen in the next Yeah, so we'll, pasta. yeah. Um, so we'll drain it, and then we'll put in a, a, a store... We'll run that winery sanitation thing, and then oh, we'll okay. fill it with a storage solution. We'll let that sit for a couple months. Oh, okay. And then it at least penetrates into the wood. To do a reset on that one? Okay. okay. Let's drink this next one. Yes. So that last one was very golden. Yep. <clears throat> this one is not. It's very uh, berry. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's got um, a really nice jammy aroma. Yeah. So kind of the tradition in Berliner Weiss that we talked about of, of adding the sweet syrup, we kind of um, made that, uh, took that tradition, modified it with you know the lambic of fermenting on fruit. So we'll take a base beer. Uh, this base aged for two years in one of our Cypress tanks. God damn. Uh, moved it back into stainless. We do all of our fruit beers on stainless um, in horizontal tanks. We want a lot of surface area. And uh, aged in blackberries for three months. 4,800 wow. pounds of blackberries, yes. according to the tag. For eight more months? <clears throat> three months. Three months, okay. Yep. Well, this is four, so oh. I call bullshit. Okay. Now wow. I, I call into question everything Jace has said now, because he doesn't... Uh, four months, I'm sorry. Um, this is the best Pilsner I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking love stouts. Stouts are great. <clears throat> so 3.9%. Um, super dry. Like I said, it yeah. aged a long time. Um, I'm, God. Looking back, I would have probably shortened that a little bit to leave a little residual um, body. Um, shortened which? The two years? The, the, yeah, the two years. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doc, I, put your nose in here, dude. Give me, uh, give me some flavor dis- or some aroma descriptor. Oh, well, you, you took your nose spray. You should be good at this. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, get the douche. <laughs> yeah, because definitely just heavy, heavy jam, heavy berries. It's like, uh, you know, almost conquered grapes. Almost, it's got that uh, Welch's Welch's right Welch's mm-hmm. jelly. But in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because there's still that there's tannin on the end. There's still body at the end. It's not just blah. The smell is a lot sweeter than what you're going to get in the flavor. Uh, it comes off really tart, not super tart, but just just it. Just, the sweetness isn't there to back up the smell. Yep, and again, it's right. maybe point eight total acidity. Uh, again, keeping our our acid profile very mm-hmm. much in check and in balance. Um, and we do that with with hopping rates. Just keeping that, uh, knowing how our, our bacteria strains and, and keeping the acidity in check. I mean, uh, it, it almost smells like there's an oak character to it, but I don't think it's the oak. I think it's the blackberries. Yeah, because they, they kind of have like depending on the size, they have tannins. Yeah, for sure. And and I wonder if it's just I don't know the extended aging and the the the, the blackberry tannins being on there for so long. I wonder if it just kind of the the sweetness. You know, is tricking my my brain into thinking it's it's oak sweetness, but it's not. I, I think, think it's the tannins are sweetness. tricking your brain that you're getting. Yeah, yeah. you're equating to oak. I think so too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it yeah, and that adds to that uh, 
tartness in the mouthfeel, that puckering. Yeah. Now, this, seems, mm-hmm. this is tartness is the one that uh, you said was 0.5 total acidity. Mm-hmm. It's just, just the way it's produced. Yep, it's a little like, more. Yeah. It seems, yeah. The tannins seem to like make it uh, show up better. Do you like macerate the blackberries? Or, or, uh, or we use puree. The, There's uh, puree, okay. not a lot of fruit grown in Minnesota, unfortunately. <laughs> so we have to look <laughs> elsewhere, especially in the wintertime. Okay. Um, so we use Oregon fruit products. Okay. Uh, it's okay. awesome stuff. That's great. Yep. We've... Uh, we found an elderberry source in Minnesota, so we're, we're messing around with that. And nice. There's some small, you know, like raspberries and blueberries, but it's just yeah. the, the volume that we need is tricky. <laughs> right. Right. When you're drinking 144 barrels at a time. Yeah. This is a really nice beer. Big yeah. fucking batches. <laughs> and I love, I love that it's under 4%. I know. Thank you, dude. I, I mean, uh, you know, tart beers... Under four percent, yeah. Under five percent, for God's sake, I'm all about. Yeah, I mean, you can taste the malt. Yeah, it's you don't you you can have an under four percent beer and still have malt flavor. It's malt, not just water, right? Right, yeah. exactly. It smells this great. Is great. God yeah. damn! Talk about cooking with beer, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, this uh, this is, where's my uh, blackberry pie? Right. So you brought beer. up that the really cooking with beer was at uh, which magazine? The craftbeer.com. Yeah. yeah. They have a, it was a while back, it was a recipe, it was like a um, raspberry lambic wings. And, Jesus, really? And it, okay. uh, mm. That sounds great. Essentially, you want to like boil down a bottle of Lindemann's, the. Okay. Frame, oh, okay. Frame, yeah, frame, yeah, yeah. Which is super back sweetened. Sure, of course. Um, right, yeah. yeah. And you you make like this like Asian like sauce stuff that you put on the way. Like, oh, okay, that's amazing. Really? <laughs> yeah. God, my mm-hmm. uh, my wife makes a uh, every once for for Christmas, do like a pie contest and uh, do like a tart cherry pie. Mm-hmm. But she'll take like a lambic, like um, I mean like a Dre Fontaine, but I, I don't know, like some like you know not like a Lindemans, right? But like an actual like sour cherry beer, mm-hmm. and um put that in there instead of like a water or whatever to mm-hmm. like make this and it's just fuck it's so good oh, yeah. but it doesn't taste like a beer anymore because those beers are super tart super tangy super sour this is definitely not yeah. you can taste it, it tastes like beer are you guys uh doing just every beer as a one-off through the star keller or do you have core lineups that are so available far we've done all one-offs we want to try and eventually come up with like a core lineup of beers but you know, they say, like, the hardest beer to brew is a light, you know, yeah. low-alcohol beer. Well, yeah. <laughs> make a light, low-alcohol sour beer, and it's really hard to reproduce. <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah. We've uh, we've failed four times on trying to re- reproduce our, our Star of the North, but I think okay. we wow. finally might have it, uh, you know, replicating it. So. Okay. What are the differences? Like, Well, what, part what? of it was, like, we were brewing those first ones, like, bringing it over to the Star Color and, like, dumping those batches. So. Oh, okay. okay. It was and it, Dairy it, Tank. Which had split fermentation. Ah. We have twenty percent now of the of the wort that doesn't ferment at, but we're holding it at eighty six degrees Fahrenheit for like a week. You know, so you just have bacteria. Bacteria doesn't really ferment anything. So, right, even the smallest amount of contamination is going to ferment like now. Hmm. Oh, okay, so yeah, because you're essentially you just have a propagator there. Yeah. So whatever's in yep. there is so going to grow. We're pitching yeah. bacteria in there, and like I said, it's a really slow bacteria strain on top yeah. of that. So you kind of have all this, you know, sweet wort, really warm. Right. You've like, yeah. you've like yeah. created a giant problem. Yeah, and then the but the end the, the the end of the problem is great, but you have to work through the problem each time, yeah. which sounds like it changes so on you. Been from time modifying to time. our process. Yeah, 
we got a steamer now that really helped. I think we were getting like the spore formation. You know, mm-hmm. the, the tank would check out clean, but you mm-hmm. have spores in here that, like, after a couple of days, those then start to grow. Oh, okay. Huh. Because now we have this, you know, sour facility with all kinds of wild bugs in the air. Sure. I don't know. That's our theory, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. And the to steamer me. seems to have helped take care of that. Probably. Hey. I've heard of ozone. Have you considered ozone? Yeah. We just start with the steamer. Steamer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got ammonia. We got enough things that keep us <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plenty of ways to die there. If we, if we can knock out a human, we can get some bacteria. Yeah. We actually blow shit up now. It's the, the easiest solution. And uh, yeah, But someone has to be in the room when it blows up. Yeah. That's how it works the best. Believe it or not, uh, Cypress tanks sanitize with fire. <laughs> yeah. Who would have known? Yeah. We light the pitch on fire and throw it in there. Uh, what's this third beer? Yeah, this is one uh, we have not released yet. I wanted God. to bring it for the show. Fucking, um, j- hold on a second. Just everyone smell this one real fast. Was this one at NHC? Be yes. an exclusive. Oh, okay. Yes. God. Like, it means smells like just you take a rose petal and you just kind of smash it lightly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It tastes like a fresh Very rose floral. petal, or smells like a fresh. What is this? Uh, this is Electric Empress. Um, this will be probably coming out um, September. We're thinking. Um, this is aged on plums. Plums. Um, yep. So we took a base that was aged just under a year mm. in one of our cypress tanks, moved it onto a lot of plums. Six thousand six hundred pounds of plums for five months. Yep. And uh, usually we don't wow. go that long on fruit, but yeah. um, it just seemed like the. The residual yeasts were a lot less than we're normally in, so it just it took that mm-hmm. much longer for it to ment. But why do I smell roses? It's roses. Yeah, it's very it's floral, right? Kind of a medicinal smell, like in a good way, like a mint kind of. Yeah, but roses are kind of really come through. I see what you mean, like a, like on on the back, it like cleans itself up, but like yeah. it kind of just comes clear at the end, like uh, crisp. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, like there's a theme in. in in most of these beers, there's the supporting like ester and phenol co- content, and I say yeah. that not like it's like intense esters and phenols, but enough to make it complex uh, and really interesting. I'll be honest; cool. these are unlike any American Berliner Weisses I've had. They're very, very unique because they're you taste the malt, like Warren was saying. Mm-hmm. The fruit flavors that you're getting are very different. Mm-hmm. They're very different. They finish even, clean, yeah. even in the beers that aren't fruited. Even the beers that aren't right, <laughs> right. You get the pear, which doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, literally every step of the process, we're we're doing something different because we're trying to achieve different results. Mm-hmm. And and going back to that, it's all the little things that make the difference. And that, right. I think yeah. that's, I don't know, that's what we try and strive for. And this so, color is crazy. I mean, it's fucking <laughs> right. It's fucking look, liquid cotton candy, dude. Looks like a rose petal. It does. <laughs> yeah, it's a pink rose. petal And maybe color. that's where I'm getting more a lot of the rose. But even tasting no, it, it's, it's perfumey. Like a, it smells mm-hmm. like a rose petal. It yeah. does. And I've never had a beer like I've never had a beer like this. That that the the aroma carries through. I guess when you're you know when you talk and you breathe out. You get that sensation, you get the flavor, but the aroma, I can smell my own breath, I guess, <laughs> yeah, right. and it's like coming back, and it's it's the aroma, and it's it, it it's that um, solid of uh, flavors that kind of continue through the beer that I've never experienced before yeah. in a beer. Cool. So are, are you, at this point, since it, it sounded like there's not a lot of the original Berliner Weitz breweries still around making beer? Mm-hmm. Are you just making it up now, <laughs> or are you talking? Are you talking to people that, that like historians, or like how, how are you going about? Uh, like I said, tweaking uh, the little things. Uh, my my 
teacher at, at the VLB, Kurt Marshall, mm-hmm. has done a lot of research on, on historical production methods, and he's got his own kind of ways that he does it. And we've been in contact a lot, um, and, and just trying to do my own research as well. Yeah. There's, there's, um, there was a professor that did a lot of research in the eighties. Um, it's all in German, but you got to translate it. But he's he, he researched a lot of the old historical methods, and okay. and the big thing is that they isolated all these Brett strains out of the beers. And his conclusion was that Brettanomyces was an absolute must for the traditional Berliner Weiss. Okay, and long aging, so it's not quick like yeah. A lot I mean, of American Brett, breweries Brett, try Brett to make it slow. Yeah, three week turnaround. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> Berliner Weiss. Yeah, what are your thoughts on three week Berliner Weiss? <laughs> <laughs> so the the interpretation, the modern interpretation of like what Brett strain or how the the Brett dosing is approached, like what's your opinion on that versus like what you can understand well, historically? It's, it's, is it it's there, but it's restrained. Yeah, you know they they talked about this like wine like bouquet or like cider like bouquet that was always written about in the old in, in, so aromatics. In, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. one component. And, and that, I think right? our our Bretts, you know, I mean. These all have Brett, uh, two different Brett strains in them. And it's not like a Lambicus type of Brett. Like, no, not like no. a really intense right. type yep, of it's Brett. It's a very, like, very subtle, subtle Brett. Yeah, yeah that's totally. exactly More where that fruity. Western phenol thing comes mm-hmm. in, like from the fruitiness, right? Mm-hmm. That's Brett driven. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Very cool, because it's not like what uh, I think a lot of um, modern homebrewers and craft brewers would interpret as like a big Brett character. Yep. They expect a lot more funk. Like it's, this is just more of like interesting clean fruit. Mm hmm. Cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes, they're mm-hmm. not they're not super funky. To me, it it, but, it's, but it's a, it but feels it's complex, more traditional, but it's complex, yes, mm-hmm. right? Which a, a lot of modern beers don't have in any sort of capacity. For, for you know anything you try to like rush out, especially with this, that's a lot of subtleties to it. You're not gonna you don't have time to get that stuff. Well, yeah, you think of bread as like a wild yeast. It's gonna kick out like a ton of kind of difficult esters and phenols, like stuff that's a little more offensive to you. Like these are really approachable. Yeah. yeah, really approachable and interesting and, and complex and tasty. Right? Yeah. yeah, right. And there and everything is bottle conditioned. That was another major component of Britannia, or mm. no, Berliner Weiss, is that these beers were bottle conditioned and they were meant to more or less be drunk fresh. But people that were you know into the style knew that if you aged them for a long time, that they would develop more and more of that fruity kind of you know aroma profile. Ben, have you had any of these? You should have. You should yeah. have this plum one. I think you would really like yeah. it. Are, are the beers allowed back at the brewery once they've been inoculated? <laughs> one job, or one way, is it, yeah, one it's a way, way out the door. Imagine, I don't ever want to see like you the again. The most modern piece of equipment is like a decontamination unit for Jake before he visits. You know, so, all right, yeah. you're clean. Come so on when, in. when we started this thing, right? So we have this abandoned cellar. So that's mm-hmm. for aging, but we still got to bottle it. Right. And we built this mobile bottling trailer that we would back up to the window and we hose it in there <laughs> and uh, <laughs> stuff six guys into this like short semi trailer with a uh-huh. uh, you know a pallet of glass um, a, a, a sink with like the two head like bottle sprayer from <laughs> <Marbier>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> a six head gravity filler a corker cager and then a guy like hand labeling them and then like someone putting up boxes and then stack them on a pallet no. it was like this like a whole little you know U strain with wow. six people and because this isn't like a standard 750. Like this is like a specialized bottle too. Like, yeah, it takes, yeah. Like, and that was know. it. Was another uh, like I saw a picture in, in one of the an old article that had that kind of shape, and like I wanted to try and replicate that as much as possible. Awesome. It's a cool shape. Try and be as traditional again. Did you have to hire all new employees to do this? Because <laughs> everyone else was like, uh, like "No, I'll refused. stay doing what yeah. I've been doing." Oh, here's the new kid. <laughs> right. yeah. I you think know? they're not allowed back into the other brewery. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Surprisingly, like people have really embraced it. Cool. Um, our okay. number one draft account is the local bar. Um, our number one sour account 
Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. In a, you know, a, a rural community with 13,000 people. Um, That's so, cool. Yeah. Did you ever think that this that, that would happen? Like you said, a rural community, 13,000 people, you know, built on, you know, grain belt. Yeah. And, you know, the other light loggers that you have that would ever, the, this would appeal to their palates. Yeah. I mean, what's what's really cool about New Almond, the reason we're still in business is because of that community. Mm-hmm. Um, they've supported us. Through thick and thin, in in the B and L bar, um, which if you come down, we we're definitely gonna I'm go going. There. Yes. Yes. Fuck, I'm going. Uh, yeah. He yes. was all about it. He's like, yes, absolutely. You know, okay. and, and and we get a lot of beer tourism. And one of the reason um, Minnesota laws changed now, where breweries can have tap rooms. Right. And the reason we did not open our own tap room is because of that, because of our community support. Wow. We didn't want to compete okay. with with the people yeah. that have that's, supported that's us. That's really that's cool. cool dude. And that's so really when we cool. we did open the Star Killer, we we're yeah. like, all right, this is going to be a sour only tap room. So our tap room now is sour only. Okay. And and we talked to the bars, all of them, like, hey, this is what we're thinking. They're just like, go for it. You know, They were like, cool with it. So, is, yeah, you have their blessing is, for the yeah, one this shells is, tasting. You know, one. this is not like what everyone's going to drink on a daily basis. You right. Know, yeah. This is going to be a tourist, you know, tourist beer sure. tourist-driven thing. And we're bringing people to the community. Yeah. So, hey, have some couple sour beers and then go downtown. Yeah, they're going to stop both places. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I love it, man. That's really cool. I think that's what, that's what a local brewery should be. Mm-hmm. So of and that's the small the, town mentality. Yeah. I mean, we all got to work together. Of the 130,000 barrels, 30,000 leave New Ulm? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> you could do that math. <laughs> um, <laughs> just hooked up to an IV. <laughs> right, yeah. Hey, well, you just moved in. Welcome. Here's 10 cases of beer. Your fridge uh, is full. Yeah. Uh, it's already stocked for you. And we'll be back next week. <laughs> Uh, no food. There's no market. <laughs> yeah, there's no room. No, no room for food. <laughs> yeah, you're just drinking Drink all day. all you won't get anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic beers. And man. the head yeah. retention Thank and you. all these beers have been great. Mission accomplished. Thank yes. you. I appreciate that. And then wanted to try and take you across a wide spectrum and, and oh, you did hopefully it. learn some things along the <laughs> That's way. That's for sure. It's of in all the beers. Like, Thank super you. Super enjoyable. And you could pair them with so many different foods, and it's very well done. Cool. I appreciate that. Speaking of enjoyable, Nate. <laughs> Time for uh, the new library. doesn't have to hurt. <laughs> yes. This is the new doesn't have to hurt segment. Uh, Nate, Adam and Eve is determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom. Now, really? Nicole's been, been emailing in. She's like, please, will you read Adam and Eve when Nate's on? And I go, yes. Nice, I'll, I'll do it. It's fine. Right. There's no, um, no longer hot tea allowed in Nate's bedroom. <laughs> that's right. That's the one we haven't thing. even <laughs> talked about that yet. So Nicole well, NHC spilled. injury, yeah. Very and, unfortunate. And she went to the emergency room. She did. And I remember walking back to the conference, and I saw an ambulance. And I saw Gary Glass standing outside of the ambulance. I'm right. like, wow, someone fucked up. <laughs> and, it, and it was probably... You're thinking maybe an alcohol-related injury. That's yeah. exactly what I thought. No, instead it was like the thing you're supposed to drink to feel healthy. Yeah. Tea. Tea. What happened? She just got overly excited about flavor contributions and beers. And I think she just wanted... A, it was really cold in that conference room. She just wanted something warm to drink. And <laughs> she wanted to warm up. No, and I mean, sure enough, it just accidentally so, got spilled. And so you spilled tea on her on her lap. Yeah. And it went to the ER. ER. Man. Wow. Ambulance, all that stuff. Yeah, it was but that when, bad? You're, when you're in the ER and you're in the ambulance and they have to take care of a burn, like it's extremely painful. So they yeah. give her the right drugs to deal with it. Yes, mm-hmm. we were there. No emergency room visit is short, right? No. So we were there a good eight hours or so, which is wow. pretty tedious. Hmm. Uh, but you know, it's what's got to be done. No problem, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
when we were done with it all, Nicole was like, I feel like I've been here about half an hour, no problem. They <laughs> <laughs> give you the right dilated, you know, give you the right IV drugs to yeah. get through it. But, Did uh, you get the right drugs to deal with it? Yeah, they should have given you a, like, There's half always dose. beer. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But she's good now. She's, she's okay. She's good now. Because okay, we did but... see her on club night. I think it was Friday night. Yeah. Um, she... And she was limping, but she was like high as a motherfucker. I was trying mm-hmm. to find a wheelchair for her originally. She was like, no, yeah. I think I can walk this. Let's just go through the skyways, downtown Minneapolis. You go through the skyways to get there. <laughs> like, I don't want to walk down the street. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Take our time, go over there. And she was able to walk through and like not drink much beer because she was on the, all the opiates mm-hmm. that they give you when you're in the, in the emergency room, essentially. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that sucked. It wasn't something that she'd planned on, obviously, and not a way to enjoy the conference. We kind of we kind of missed a good chunk of the conference because of that. But I mean, there's nothing else you can do That's at that bad. point. It's just a yeah, yeah. It's just a mishap. It was really unfortunate. But yeah, she's recovered from it now. Everything's well, good. okay. Glad to hear yeah, that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for asking. Good yeah. to hear. Good she's to hear. Great gal. Cheers. Well, on that note, <clears throat> Adam and Eve is determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom, Nate, and they're backing up that promise. Like a big old ass. Check this out. Go to adamandeve.com, and, f- and I just made that. They don't have wow. that in the copy. That's it, called, like, ad lib. Thank you. Yeah. If you need your lap heated up. <laughs> like, call Adam In a not ER way. First of all, turn like Warren's microphone of off. Courtesy <laughs> of. You might be going to the ER, but not for burns. <laughs> not for burns. Uh, go to adamandeve.com. Oh Maybe friction burns. Oh, but oh yeah. Adamine has burns. that. <laughs> Adamine has that solved. It'd be for impalement. <laughs> Go to adamandeve.com and you'll get 50% off almost any item when you enter offer code BNARMY at checkout. But now, back by popular demand and for a limited time only, you also get a free Big O kit. Adamine's Big O kit includes their exclusive Climax gel. Was, was, was Nicole's O pretty big when she's like, oh! <laughs> No, there's this process they call debriding the burn. Speaking uh, of speaking of something mildly interesting terminology wise. Anyways, yes. Tell me about it. They have to take the, the dead skin off. Oh. They gotta peel it. They gotta peel you gotta get that it's full of bacteria, it's full of stuff that's yeah. just gonna not be good. So De- yeah. debride some of like- the loudest noises. From Nicole, I've ever heard. Is that why it's called debriding? Because it's, it's super. It's essentially like scraping the dead skin off. Why so if you do it from a motorcycle accident, they have to get the road rash off there. Yeah. So it's yeah. even more brutal. Right. And get the gravel out. And exactly. All the dirt. Yeah. So oh. in this sense, it was just hot water. So it was yeah. okay. But yeah. not fun in any sense. Like you have to get that layer. Why don't they give there. you drugs before the doing yeah, that? Yeah, that's worked, what they did, anyways. But it was still extremely. They can't, wow. they can't stop her. When heart. I worked for the <laughs> eye doctor, people would come in with uh, like uh, shards of metal. That oh. would, like welders, mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. thing. Got to debride the cornea. Ooh. It was horrendous. Debride or debride? We call it debreeding. Debreeding, debriding. Like it was called a debridement. Because I'm hearing debride, and then I hear, and then I think of, oh well, you know, in the old ages, brides were virgins, and then was I was the paint. So that's what I'm thinking because of the Adam and Eve read. I thought that was more appropriate for the Adam and Eve reading. That's what I thought, mm. too. But I don't like Bev's way. version. I like your version better. <laughs> well, bre- breeding also happens. Ad- ad- ad-libbing once again. But debreeding like sounds like murder. We're continuing with the ad-libbing. <laughs> I'm guilty of five counts of debreeding. <laughs> I unbred them. <laughs> yeah, I did. You've been debreeding a long time. <laughs> That's true. Um, <clears throat> Adam and Eve's Big O kit includes their exclusive Climax gel and a mini vibrator, which always makes me laugh. So now you've got a new way to get her off, Warren. There you go. About damn time. I know, right? I'm tired of punching. Uh, what girl wouldn't love that? You also get your entire order sent to you for free. 
So hurry up. Take advantage of this limited time offer. You can choose a new adult toy, a naughty movie, or almost anything else. When you choose that one item at 50% off, you'll get free shipping plus the Big O kit, which includes the Climax gel. We're getting very clinical right now. And the mini vibrator. You won't find this deal anywhere else, Jace. Anywhere else. You won't You won't do it. It won't be in New Ulm, that's for sure. <laughs> Just use offer code BNARMY at checkout. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y B-N-A-R-M-Y at adamneve.com. Jace, thank you very much, dude. I appreciate thank you. you coming out here, number one. It shows a great yeah. level of respect for this show, which we, everybody should have. <laughs> right. um, tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, please to always. You know, Bev, from now on, it's in, in guest only. If you don't fucking have respect for the Brewing Network, you can't be you can't be online. We're not going to call you. It's yeah. in studio only. Got to fly five hours. Even, to yeah. Well, it's been fun, folks. See you later. Talk yeah. to Jace. That's yeah. what we're going to say. We're going to refer everybody to Jace. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just. Looking it sounds it up like it'll I'm, happen. It sounds like it'll happen. Yeah. I'll um, get right on that. August Shell, man. I, yeah. Come on, dude. How do you get better than this? It's the first thing I I look for when I'm back in Minnesota. I want to go. We need to go. We need to. We need to do this brewery tour. We need to go out there. I got a story. I got a like last minute. Tell like, me. Last thirty second story about getting a six pack of um, grain belt. Way back before September 11th, like when you used to be able to bring a six pack of beer on the airplane. Yeah. I almost forgot it at the security gate, and the security oh, check in person that came running. Hey, almost forgot your beer. Yeah, like, handing it to me as I was like about to board the plane. It's pretty rad. But, That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Like the beer you can't find back in California, had to bring it back yeah. right. from Minnesota. You know? We did a story last week about uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm sure you saw it online. The 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 Australian guy who checked one can <laughs> of export lager. He, he was like flying from Perth to fucking wherever the fuck Australians yeah. fly to. Nothing. They, they, they tagged it, that big, long extra tag. They wrapped it around the can. It had this big fucking tail on it, and it survived. And there's, like, pictures of the thing going circ- like Just all, like a just like pack of luggage. Just like, yes. On its own, though, I think they, they put it out first just, just yeah. because like rotating they around it was going to happen, and they put all the package on it. Like, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, okay, Jace, if you want to hang out for, for beer news, we're just going to chat about sure. the flying dog, Johns, real fast. <laughs> um... You know, nothing nothing super crazy. Right guys. now, or are we taking a break? No, that's it. We've taken all of our breaks. Oh, wow. Sure. Is there one more? No, that was it, dude. Huh. Oh. Bevo better have better the Twitter game ready. <laughs> <laughs> I know I got to pee also. I, I knew it was going to be a big, uh, a, a long show. Sorry I knew for that. Um, it depends. <laughs> 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 but, um, you know, I was prepared. I got to pee, but, you know, what are you going to do, right? Just pee. Right now. Just pee. Just pee. No. What about beer news? Let's do beer news. What do, you th- what do you think of that? Um, nobody. Okay. Do it. <laughs> Thanks, nobody, <laughs> for bringing us beer news. Um, here we go. This is a big. This is a big thing. If you're on Facebook at all. You've seen this before, but Flying Dog, we've had them on the show before. Um, they were in uh, Denver. They, they're back east somewhere. I don't know where they are. They're Maryland, sorry. Um, <laughs> known for its staunch support of freedom of expression, confirmed that it terminated its 26-year relationship with the Brewers Association on June 1st. Apparently, they had prepaid for the entire year, so they're paid out through 2018, <laughs> but they canceled their membership. Oh. Which, we don't want it. That's a minor tenant. For yeah, I guess it's that's a lot of cash. 
Well, but they that's already, they already right off. paid it. I know, but so know. that's stupid to me. But uh, the association's new marketing and advertising code, which Flying Dog CEO Jim Caruso calls a quote blatant attempt to bully and intimidate craft brewers into self censorship, prompted the decision. Here's the statement. I want to read the statement. Um, Flying Dog, the 32nd largest craft brewery in the country, terminated its membership in the Brewer Association. Freedom of expression and free enterprise are not only what created our vibrant and robust craft beer industry, they are also core principles for Flying Dog. It seems the BA does not share those values and wants to eliminate the, from the market any beer with labels they find disagreeable. The BA's new marketing and advertising code is nothing more than a blatant attempt to bully and intimidate craft brewers into self-censorship and to only create labels that are acceptable to the management and directors of the BA. By contrast, Flying Dog believes that consumers are intelligent enough to decide for themselves what choices are right for them, what books to read, movies to watch, music to listen to, or beers to consume, and whether or not they like the labeling. BA President Bob uh, Bob Pease's assurance to Flying Dog that the BA has no issue with any Flying Dog brand entirely misses the point. In a six-page letter to Pease, Flying Dog made its position clear. On principle, Flying Dog will never contribute to, support, or in any way sanction any organization that is so adverse to freedom of expression that it actively engages in any form of censorship. And with that letter, Flying Dog ended its 26-year relationship with the BA. Now, a lot of people on Facebook and Facebook um, are quick to call into play like censorship and freedom of of expression and the First Amendment. And I I, I don't know. I just don't think any of this bullshit applies. Um, I find it interesting that... uh, So basically, the marketing and advertising code is is this. If you have a label that's offensive to the Brewing Association, the Brewing Association they find offensive, you can't use their trademarks in your advertising. So if you win a medal at GABF for a beer called Suck My Own Dick... Pale Ale, which mm-hmm. would be a great beer name, by the way. You sound like you'd be good at it. I, I am. I'm very tall. I'm missing a rib. Okay. Yeah. Me and Marilyn Manson. And um, you can't. And if you win a gold, you can't use that gold medal in your marketing. Right. And it won't be. The name won't be red. The name won't be red at the at the award ceremony. That's it. Right. If so Flying then, Dog had actually been called out, I think it would be a more interesting thing for them to raise. It's almost like they're yeah. saying somebody's going to be called out, so we should we're going to do it first. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Right? We want to be we want to be relevant in this discussion, so we're going to bring it up now. Well, I could instead see of actually winning an award and having the <laughs> say no way. Yeah. Right. Well, and, that, they, and that side of it's sort of weird, but I mean, eventually this idea would come up in one way or another. The BA is essentially inserting themselves in a discussion that's going to get political at some point. Agreed. Not necessarily well, because they, of Flying Dog, though. They they were expecting Raging Bitch to win this year, and so that's what they were Maybe worried exactly. about. Exactly, and so that's what they were worried about. Okay, oh, so they, they didn't want to enter it. Flying Dog well, or BA Flying sport? Dog, right? Because because then if it won, they're worried about the BA then saying, "Hey, you can't actually tell anybody that it won an award." Fair point, Warren. Maybe they didn't want to spend the money to even enter it in the first but, place. Then. Well, but but then Flying Dog doesn't have to enter that beer in the GABF. Then that's why maybe that's why. But it's still why is, are we being? They're crucified? censored because then oh we can't enter the beer just because of what it's called. Yes, that's fine. It's it's the BA's trademark. 
You could make up some award ceremony. You could make up some award. Yeah. And be like, hey, Flying Dog won Flying Dog's uh, Flying Bitch Award. Yeah. Eat your own ass fucking brewery right. company, Pale Ale yeah. award winning brand. It's an association. He, in his letter, in his, he makes the claim that it's the board of directors who are making the decision. I would say that the, the membership in total would agree with the board's uh, position on it. Sure, 99.9% of the people don't want so exactly. lewd and, and so, explicit right. names. Exactly. So it's not the fine dog against the, the board. It's, it's against the Bruce Association as a membership, I think. I think that if somebody had that shitty of a name, if it, got, uh, if it won and got publicity this way, the market would shut it down. On its own. I don't know that it's the BA's responsibility to do that. Well, I think, if anything, the local labeling laws are probably going to stop right. stuff from even getting to the that TGB level. The TGB will stop it. The TGB will... Well, there is that, the, um, that cl- well, Cluster literally fuck. the clusterfuck that the TGB granted the term clusterfuck to a, a beer name. Okay. That is now a legally represented, like a legally allowed name, clusterfuck. Okay. What's offensive about that? It says the word fuck in it. Warren doesn't seem offended. I'm not offended either. Well, no. I'm just kidding. Is it, I know, well, but, no, but, no, but, but that's is a, it but, spelled properly? Yeah. Or is it, that's how they got around it? Cluster fuck. No, they okay. didn't get around shit. They just, the TTB fucked up because there's a cluster fuck. They have such a backlog right. shit going on that they. Somebody is like, oh, just rubber stamp it, whatever. They may have, you probably just missed it. Cluster great. Bam. Yeah. Bam. So I'm, and, and it's it's a very extreme example. Well, no, I understand but that, even but. still, if if the local market wherever that beer is made mm-hmm. is fine with it being called that, why is it the BA's decision to then be like, no, you cannot or well, you should not be able to have that beer well, and well, market the, the that? The BA's thinking about the overall impression of craft, right? Right. They're concerned about quality of craft beer. They're concerned about the imagery and the naming. That's They're, their the, job. That's their job. That's their that's association yeah. looking out for the big the big picture. Make sure things are going in the right direction. They're a lobbying. They're a lobbying organization. They, I, they I are literally. Yeah, in their statement, I mean, they say beer is meant to be enjoyed responsibly. Beer marketing should be representative of the values, ideals, and integrity of a diverse culture and free of any derogatory or discriminatory message messages or imagery. This document is intended to guide BA membership marketing efforts to uphold the industry's tradition of responsible corporate citizenship. So uh, they never had a well, they never had a policy like so this before. Is they're this okay. new? No, it's I think it's I think it's brand new. And it so, is right. new this year. So the line that they say is beer advertising and marketing materials should not. And then there's A B C D. Here's I. Contain sexually explicit, lewd, or demeaning brand names, language, text, graphics, photos, video. First of all, if your name contains video, you're a fucking marketing genius. Yeah. Or other images that reasonable adult consumers would find inappropriate for consumer products offered to the public. Well, we're fine with a diverse culture as long as, just as, for your example, fuck cannot be on the label. Yeah. What? It, what? It, like so? So that culture is not acceptable. What culture is that though? The fuck culture. Clusterfuck. Culture. The clusterfuck right. culture. <laughs> it, it's not very organized. You no. laughed at that. You're not a reasonable adult. <laughs> yeah. No one ever accused me of being reasonable. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. That's well, true. Those are more the nuances. We're really talking about the names and imagery associated with right. beer. Right. Sure. Like yeah, there are some. I've seen some pretty offensive uh, graphics. Yes. On on very, beer labels. Very, uh, demeaning to women. Sure. Yeah. But but. It, and, and the, to the BA's credit, they said, we don't have any issues with any of your beers, which includes bitch. Raging bitch. Raging bitch. Right. Which could be derogatory. Or I think they said they're not targeting any of their brands, because I think Flying Dogs feels very targeted. 
And yeah. to me, I think it, it, there's some guilt associated with that, too, because they understand raging bitch with this drawing of a dog with a big swollen vagina. Like, how is that, you know... Is that what's on the label? I don't yeah. even remember. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's weird, and I think it's only weird because uh, because they're making it weird, and I think it's only an issue because Flying Dog is making it an issue. Yeah. I don't think uh, you know the people who like Flying Dog, which I don't know who they are, but they're out there. Sure, there are some. Yes, um, will continue to buy their product, and that's fine. And I, I, I see what they're saying. The market will 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 decide. The market will let everything shake out. But in my opinion, the Brewers Association, they're not the market. They don't have to determine. It's not a free speech thing. It's not a, a censorship issue. They're not saying you no. need to change your labels. They're just saying you can't use our trademark if we don't like what you guys are marketing. Yeah. Because they want to protect their brand, too. The BA is a brand. Yeah, it's their is property. A brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't think they care to change Flying Dog. They just want to make sure the rest of the, everybody's aware that you need to be sensitive to some stuff. Sure. That way everything's going to be, you know, turn out great. In my opinion, a rising tide. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's. I, I, th- I think we don't need to have raging bitch as a fucking name yeah. with a dog's vagina on it. You might have an audience and all that. That's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, no. and and throughout Facebook, I've seen women reply. I love this beer. Yeah. I buy it all no, the time. They make great beer. And sure that, well, but but now, they make beer. but not, so if there clearly are people that are okay with that, are you okay with the BA now saying no? That's not an acceptable name. It's not acceptable to them. Well, but then also... What uh, the BA is saying is only if you want to use our our, exactly. our yeah. stuff. I'm okay with their With your stuff, that's fine. They're, what what people may misinterpret this discussion as, the BA is not saying you can never use that ever. They're not saying that. They're just saying you can't use right. it with our stuff. Yeah. That's the distinction. And people say it's a freedom of speech. Well, no, you can say... Yeah, they're still, you, you can, can say, still I, call the beer that, and if the TTB says it's cool, then whatever. Sure. I mean, really? the only thing you can do is say, hey, I want a GABF. That's all. That's right. All. You can still sell it. It's like if I started saying, you know, hey, using Disney in my fucking marketing or whatever. I can't, I can't do that. But if they won't let me, that's not a freedom of speech issue. That's protecting their brand, their trademark. Yeah. I, can, they, I kind of figure, like, the people are going to say, like, oh, I want to buy offensive beer with offensive beer name. That's funny to me. They're probably not going to care that it won an award. I agree. Probably not. I agree. Yeah. So it's a different, well, different, then, different segment. It, well, and to further that analogy, essentially what what bike or uh, what's this proof? Flying dog. Flying dog. <laughs> Somebody going to say bike dog. I'm like, you I know that's not right. Moron. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pale ale. You would stop. TM. You would stop being a annual pass holder because essentially all they're doing, yeah. which is basically a non-issue. It's like, well, okay, if you're not going to let me use your brand, I'm not going to keep paying you to be a part of your club. Um. I don't know. I don't know about that. I got to think about that. <laughs> Silence on the BN. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm okay how, with it. How I, are you I, still a pass holder <laughs> if, if Disneyland won't let you use the brand the way you want it to? How am I a pass holder? Okay, if Disneyland didn't want me to use their brand, well, first of all... Aside from your your weird fallacies of like you know you, just because you're a pass holder doesn't mean you can use the brand. Um, <laughs> let's say let's say I paid what is it like a hundred thousand dollars a year to use their to be licensed right, and I started making Mickey Mouse dildos. Well, no, on some level you're supporting no, 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 the company the, that's the stifling thing. your no, no, know, creativity. But, here, but I'm, I'm I'm reorganizing your your hypothesis into like more of like a relatable situation. So let's say I made Mickey, Minnie Mouse flashlights. Let's let's just get weird on it. Okay. 
Okay. So I made Minnie Mouse flashlights. Just looking right in the eye? Yeah. It's got the ears and everything on it. It's got the ears and everything on it. Grab them by the ears. Can yes. we not? Grab them by the ears. Did she talk dirty? And that's what Warren! And that's what it's called. Grab them by the ears. Yeah. There's a couple of levels of marketing going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good, Warren. And then if Disney, wow. goes, if Disney goes, well, you've already prepaid for your licensing, but you can't call it grab them by the ears. You can make the product... But if you call it grabbing by the ears, you can't say you can't say Disney on Disney it. endorsed product. Right. I would say okay, that's fine because I'm still making money on the thing. That's right. You're making a but would you still pay the money to license to it? license it? Yes, I would. Look, it, the look the analogy needs work. <laughs> it's like eighty percent there. Yeah, we left the tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but I can certainly where you see where flying dog should, is that's the option. Of, of the, they have the option. Yeah, they have the that's association. Their, that's they're totally right. But, well, yeah, they I mean, want out. They're like we're making it very clear yeah. we don't agree with I get, this. I, I can understand I'm, that. I, I, I can see their side as well. I get it. I just think they're being crybabies about it. Yeah, because well, nothing has happened not, yet. I think they're also increasing their brand awareness right now. Exactly. For sure. No, I think it's way more of a marketing ploy well, for on on their part than than a actual like constitutional stance. Are they calling the First Amendment into it and saying freedom of you're attacking my freedom of speech. I think they're being little fucking bitches yeah. about it. I don't see why it's news. They it's only news in our world, yeah. yeah. But well, people on, on well, the even, even in the beer community world, if the TTB yeah. says they can still sell that those beers with the names they have, it's that, fine. Then it's right. not First Amendment, right? The BA said we don't have any issues with your branding, yeah. But still, they go no, <laughs> right? We're gonna just let you know ten grand go to waste. It's fine, yeah, or whatever it is. Fuck that. I don't know. I think, I, I, I don't know. I, I saw it. I thought it was weird. I thought we should definitely talk about it. But, you know, they also have Pearl Necklace. They have a beer yeah. called Pearl Necklace? They have a beer called really? Pearl Necklace. Oh, what? Now ZZ right. Top is, is not allowed? <laughs> never. They're never to be allowed. played in, in pop culture? No. Danielle is still with them now. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I think, uh, Warren, it's almost time for the Twitter game. Great. But I do want to tell you guys to go to Beersmith.com. Go to Beersmith.com. 21-day free trial of Beersmith. It's the best uh, recipe formulation software around. You're going to get everything up to date. Brad works hard. Um, all that kind of lovely stuff that you hear all the time. But just do it. Just stop listening to us and just do it. Go to Beersmith.com. 21 days free. Your life will never be the same. Your brewing life will definitely never be the same. It'll be more organized. Right. Which you'll, you're probably not likely to hit your numbers. Because you're a fucking slob. Right? You can, you can still write question mark next to the 16 pounds at the end of the sheet. <laughs> yeah. you know, when you don't know what it is, <laughs> yeah. you can still do that. It's you, cool. you don't have to label your hops. Right. Yeah. You can change every hop name to question mark if you want. You can still yeah. cross stuff out, put wheat there instead. <laughs> yeah. early. It's cool. Yeah. yeah, do whatever you want, man. Whatever the fuck you want to do. Beersmith.com. Now, Brad's a good dude, and uh, I, I tell you what, he does bust his butt trying to keep that thing up to date. So uh, do him a favor. Throw him a free download, man, and you won't regret it, and you'll end up buying the thing. I swear to God. I swear to God. Um, okay, Warren, are you ready for the Twitter game? Yeah, I, I don't do anything. I like this. I think we should keep doing Twitter game this way. Okay. I don't. Uh, Beverly, are you ready for Warren's Twitter game? Sure, but I have a question. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> How do you spell Australia? <laughs> How do you spell brewing? Shut up. No, am I supposed to say their real name or their Twitter name? Their re- whatever you want. Or both. Baby. Don't ever call me baby again. <laughs> baby. Whatever floats your You're boat. You're going to get yeah. punched now. Yeah, whatever okay, so love. Okay, so... 
let's just wrap this up. Okay. Wait, didn't, didn't you use have the Twitter a name? It's easier. Drunk of the week to call in. Uh, sure. Call in. If you're drunk, call. All right. But I'm not going to answer while I'm talking, so maybe wait till I'm done. Wow. Uh, the Twitter. Fucking what was the Twitter name? Twitter game again? The uh, it. W- I wanted to know what Justin was going to forget to get done before the hop grenade opening party in Colorado this well, weekend. He's going to forget to fire Beverly. Right. This place would burn to the ground. <laughs> uh, Brewlosophy says clean panties. <laughs> Appropriate. Brew law. I don't want to spell Brewlosophy. I'm going to just put panties. Jeff okay. Agnell says, invite J.P. Beardy, Doc, Tasty, and Bevo to the opening. <laughs> <laughs> that actually said uh, all of your names and Scott, but since Scott is there, I replaced it with my name because she ain't been invited. That's probably neither, true. Neither is he, so it's fine. Ian <laughs> Wegner says, enjoy it. <laughs> okay. okay, yeah. That's fine. Uh, Scott Perriera. Not real. Not real. <laughs> not real. No, I can't Made say that. Name. That's not how you say that. No. Uh, who's Justin? <laughs> okay. I that was funny. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Gimme Good Beer says to purchase extra undergarments for when he inevitably sharts right before the ribbon, ribbon cutting. Because there okay. was that whole thing about him sharding. Oh, he did shard a couple yeah, times last year. Fine. Okay. Max... Is a Max is fine. Max, Max is fine. Says, <laughs> there you go. Uh... Justin forgot the copious amount of hand sanitizer needed for all the glad handle, glad handling and baby kissing that's going to go down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, KCB says meet the local homebrew clubs. <laughs> okay. John Barnes says that sounds, that, that sounds like a real life thing. Like he's probably pissed yep. about. Yeah, he probably yeah. lives there. Dude, I Justin, that. I've seen you several. This is my fifth correspondence <laughs> with you. We are a member of the fucking foam top ball sack lovers. And you have not given us the proper respect. We've been a homebrewing club for 49 years. <laughs> you can't just march into Fort Collins and act like you know what you're doing when yeah, you don't yeah. invite us. Yeah, that was my friend Nate. So I thought you might read 140 characters on Twitter. Oh yeah. Their name is the best part. By the uh, way, fuck you. <laughs> Hashtag. Can we give VIP tickets to the thing? Suck a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ron Barnes says he forgot to show up. He was too busy handing out $2 bills at the strip club. Okay. <laughs> I'll give, I'll, I'll write that one down. Yeah, Ron and the, uh, the last one. He wouldn't hand out $2. They'd be singles. Mm. It's true. I have unfortunately been to strip club with him. <laughs> Paul Shanks says, order enough charcuterie to put him over the edge in the death pool. Oh, there, this is, there are multiple layers. Number one, order charcu- enough charcuterie to put him over the edge at the death pole. Two, tell Beardy to shut the F up. And three, order a pale ale on tap to keep JP from crying. Well, Justin's never told me to shut the F up. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I just don't think it's necessary to use that word all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. All the time. I mean, you got to save it and make it really worth something. <laughs> No, like fucking, for marriage. Right. Yeah, yeah, I gotta save that <laughs> like for virginity. My, right. Yeah. Uh, Beverly. That's right. Why are you glaring at me? I don't know. Because I like glaring at you. It's a great it's dynamic going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Real weird. All night. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I just looked out the window and it lo- some guy looks like John Palmer from like 25 years ago. He's like a younger, trimmer John Palmer. He goes, how to brew? Dude, <laughs> have him sign a book, dude. Do you Coleman. know how to brew? Palmer, come on in, dude. What 
what's going on? And he walks like him too as he's walking. Away. He's all fucking lumbering. Hey guys. Uh, okay, so I have three on my list. Uh, Brewlosophy, uh, something about uh, forget to order new panties or fresh panties. Clean panties. Clean panties. Um, which Justin does kind of wear dirty panties. Oh, uh, how do you know that? I've camped with him before. Slept in the same RV several have times. Have you ever seen him change his underwear? <laughs> I've no, never seen him change his fact, panties. No, in fact, I have not. Yeah, yeah, filthy. I've never seen you change your underwear either. Yeah. What do you think the last time I washed them was? <laughs> Gross. Well, I also don't wear panties, so I've never changed my panties. Oh, you should try it. Uh, thank you. Jeff uh, says, invite us all. He's going to forget to invite yeah. everybody. That was here. a good one. And then Ron says he's busy handing out $2 bills at the strip club. Is there anything else that you guys want on there? I, I was sort of a fan of uh, who's Justin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who, yeah, that who said that one, Beth? Um, Scott Perriera. Yeah. Scott. <laughs> Perrieria. Okay. Thank you very much, Beverly. Um, Okay. Well, I think I'll start out the vote. Well, actually, Warren, you started the voting. Which one would you like? The panties, forget about us all, $2, or who's Justin? Uh, Forget us all. Okay. Jace, do you give a shit? Forget us. Forget you guys. Okay. I'm not getting invited yet, so. All right. (laughs) Forget us all, for sure. (laughs) But you just... (laughs) Yeah, hey, who would uh, like to, who's Justin? Second. Anybody like who's Justin? Yeah, that or was going to be number two. See, see? Yeah. Okay, okay. all right. No, you're right, you're right. Doc, what do you think? I'm the one that doesn't give a shit. Okay, and uh, Nate? Doc's probably going. He's definitely yeah, he's the one who There's no invites going out. Yeah. All right, Jeff, you're the winner, dude. Congratulations. Your prize is right along with our invites. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy yeah, it. You'll, be, you'll love it. Yeah. yeah. If you were here, I would uh, I, I, I would tell you to go to Drake's to uh, get uh, some pretty good East Bay beer. Go to Drake's dealership out there in Oakland, or you can go to the brewery there in San Leandro. Um, I would tell you to go and just buy your own beers because we're too broke to buy you beers. But, uh, you know, if you go out, it's a good reward. I'll tell you that, man, right now. They had to put on a good show last week, too. Good time. Yeah. John. Yeah, John's good. Okay, let's... Are we done? We're done, right? We did the Twitter game. We did the Twitter game. We're done? We're done? Done. I'm done. You you were done four hours ago. Stick a fork in him. Yeah. Uh, All right, Jace from August Shell Brewing. Thanks again, man, for coming in. Thank Thank you, you, beers. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know we're going to take you up on your offer to... Stay in the family estate for uh, four weeks. Right? Oh, can we do a sleepover? Did he actually offer that, Beverly? Yes, if you tell him. Sure, I'm, being, so, I'm sorry. There you go. Like it's called a con job. Yeah. Oh. You know what? For the uh, for the uh, grand opening of the Fort Collins Hop Grenade, we're just going to go to Agachelle. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds okay. great. I'm all right with that. Sounds good. I guarantee <laughs> it's you. The, the only invitation better. we're going to receive. So. <laughs> That's right. All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the Brewery Network. Thanks for supporting uh, podcasting. Thanks for supporting everything that you guys support. You're all really great. I'm going to get more beer. Sky and winning the race, JP.